Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 5 of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Hey Brent, it's good to be back in the seat. We're we're sitting here in January of 2014. It's hard to believe that 2013 went as fast as it did. I mean, it's almost like you look up and and just, you know, blam, the the year was gone. But man, we've been very fortunate over 2013 starting the podcast and you know, we're we're sitting here at episode number 5 and uh, Brent, it's awesome if you think about it, we are almost halfway through a year. We're done. <laughs> did, I, did I jinx this, man? I think we're jinxed. Uh, no, no, impossible, impossible. We didn't. But, we didn't. You know, we're not going to make it now. Yeah. Well, dude, I tell you what, we it, we it, got a good record. It, we we got a good record so far. It was and, a good run. You know, and and they they say you know uh, either you know have, have at it and or, or die trying, one of the two. So. Uh, but no, Brent. Like I say, we're we're back for for episode number five, and uh, you know we've we've thawed out a little bit. Thank, thankfully, the cold weather is uh, largely behind us, and and we're we're buckled in for for another episode of the podcast. So yeah, I think we're running strong. I'm. Uh, you're right. 2013 has zipped by. It, it's zipped it, by. It, it it always amazes me. You know how how fast time flies you know you're always told when you're younger just enjoy it while you can because it's going to run a lot quicker and, and you know, it from, does you know from the podcast from the podcast perspective it, you turn around and you know we're ready to kick another episode out we've got a lot of content that we've got lined up things that we want to talk about stuff yeah. we want to cover it's yeah. just it it's just amazing it really is and uh and for everybody out there listening i mean we we appreciate uh we appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting you know on the show and we're we're thankful for everybody that's been that's been tuning into the show and it's been listening to the show downloading it streaming it what, what have you brent we're getting a lot of good feedback on the show as well and and i think at this point We've we've gotten some feedback on uh, on episode number four, and even to the point to where uh, several people have commented. It's like, hey, you know, that was one of the best, you know, that or that was your guys' best episode to date. And you know, it's it's funny, Brent, because when we closed episode number four, we. I, th- I think we talked about this a couple times. How that that episode was was they've all been fun, but that episode clicked and and it was it was good from a content, good from an interview perspective, and everything just kind of fell into place. And uh, so it's it's a it's it's a nice you know high note to to kind of bounce back and 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 do the, you know do another episode all over again. Well, you know so. what they say, retire uh, retire when you're ahead. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means we that means we've either crested or jumped the shark. I don't which know which. <laughs> no, well from. from from the episode perspective, a lot of the growing pains have kind of moved on. I know yeah, we're still young in the process, but we, we I mean, are. everyone gets a little better. Every episode just kind of stacks itself up good. So, so it, it's it's been a lot of fun. But you are right; it it is just the time has just flown. So, um, anything come to mind? You say we've had a little feedback, but what you tend to keep up, Whitney, with the social media side of it a little bit more than I do. So, what have you seen out there? Well, Brenna, I'll tell you, we're we're maintaining uh, we're maintaining threads on on Clov and on Pinside and uh, in CoinOp Space and also on the Twitter feed and on our Twitter feed and in our Facebook page. Uh, we are getting we are getting feedback. We're getting uh, we're getting a lot of people commenting about uh, topics that they'd like to see covered inside the show. And, uh, I put, I put out a, uh, it's kind of an all call, uh, earlier this afternoon before we started uh, recording here tonight for episode number five and, uh, got, got a couple good, uh, really feedback items, uh, on, on some segments that people would like to hear us cover. So we are going to do that as well. And so, uh, 
along with that, we've gotten some some very nice uh, some very nice words about the episode you know, about each episode as well as as we've gone. So the feedback has been generally very positive, Brent, and I'm glad to hear that because it it it's it's energizing and it helps us to to say, hey, let's you know let let's uh, let's hit it again because right after we get an episode out, I mean, there's there's a, a small lull and then the machine has to crank back up again, and so uh, so it's it's really good because the feedback like like I just said, the feedback helps to energize us and, and helps to keep uh, you know helps to keep uh, things you know kind of fresh and kind of rolling on top of everything that we've got slated for what the next three to four months mm-hmm. kind of kind of in, in advance and so that everybody knows out there you know Whitney just mentioned things that we've got slated for the next three to four months we definitely try to look ahead so that we've we've got things ready to go uh, from a feedback perspective you know you may if it's if you've if an idea has been given to us and we look at it we're like yeah that's a really good topic that's something we should discuss you know something we should go after um it may take us a little bit to get it into the show yeah it it may it you know so you know if if uh you know something lives out there in social media and a lot of folks for example may hey say hey that's a great idea i'd love to hear such and such yeah don't think we we're not necessarily paying attention if we don't pick it up within the next show or that next you know the second show after it, yeah. it may take us a little while to kind of get it in, into the mix but you know we're we're we well whitney's paying attention he, he drags me along you know <laughs> somebody's got to carry my water well it, it, it you know it's it's all good man but uh but yeah like i say with all the feedback and uh on especially on on clove which is which seems uh which seems to be where you know the, the line share of the feedback is coming from at this point but monitoring all of them and then uh then on our facebook page i mean we've gotten some really good suggestions and i want to tell everybody uh that that's, that's listening or is, is participating with us on the threads or, or on uh, social media, uh, we read every single comment, and I want to make sure that we respond to every single comment, and we take uh, we take everything uh, you know as seriously as we can, and we're going to do our best to incorporate uh, a lot of what people ask for or suggest in, into the show. So, um, a couple of segments. That Brent and I were talking about for episode number six are going to be a direct reflection on some of the uh, requests that were made even just today, you know, on uh, on talking uh, on talking a little bit about uh, some of the uh, classic consoles and things like that. So that's something that Brent and I have, have been wanting to do for a bit. So yeah, so it, it works itself out, Brent. It's it, it's neat to see it's neat to see the interaction. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what folks can expect out of this episode. Oh yeah, so Brent. We've got uh, we've got quite a bit uh, packed into this episode. We we're going to uh, we're going to hop into the the deep dive segment uh, here in just a little bit after we, after we get our, our game room and, and our uh, project updates uh, kind of uh, squared away and, and balanced out for well, the month. I know I've got a handful of those. If, I do too. If anybody's followed us and you know reach out to us on Facebook. Yeah, uh, Whitney and I both have uh, uh, set up folders of our of our current projects. Whitney's yeah. Whitney's got some work that's going on with his uh, um, his project flip flop, mm-hmm. and I've had some battle zones down here in my shop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're definitely going to highlight all of those. Uh, we've got some new products to cover from a restoration perspective, uh, both on the arcade, uh, both on the arcade and and the pinball side. And then, Brent, uh, this month we we have an interview segment with uh, a gentleman by the name of Larry Pavey, and. Um, it, you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do interviews every single month and and that's I think that's that's something that that Brent and I have have kind of discussed what's the cadence for interviews versus what's the cadence for for different types of material and everything but um, 
But this month we have got uh, we 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 got this interview uh, in kind of uh, kind of done a couple of weeks back, didn't we, Brent? Yeah. And it was so good that we actually, or we thought that it was so good that we're actually going to kind of reorder some of the segments uh, of this of this month's episode and next month's episode to accommodate this interview, because when we wrapped it, uh, Brent, I can remember we both looked over at each other and said that was awesome. You know, it was it was a great interview and we had a lot of fun. Easily one of the best uh, private pinball collections I've I've ever seen in, in my in my limited time in the hobby. But you you know something the old saying is um, you don't have to be a cook to know the food stinks. And it was one of those scenarios where you walk into his basement, see his collection. It was awe inspiring. It, 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 it was amazing. It's an amazing collection. It, it, it was. And here's a, you know another plug for our Facebook page. Uh, Whitney was uh, kind enough to go ahead and snap some pictures and take a walkthrough video while we were there. And um, in in the weeks, um, I guess if that's the best way to put it, kind of or days rather, kind of yeah. coming up to this episode coming out. Um, there's a little photo collage that's yeah. on our Facebook page to kind of give folks an idea of, of, uh, uh, w- of what Larry's collection looks like, an idea of you know of his game room, and then, uh, of course, along with this episode, we'll have additional pictures and you know like a walkthrough video, mm-hmm. ideally. Uh, yeah, to give everybody a real detailed look of 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 Larry of Larry's game room and, and everything we saw and everything we saw. So. Yeah, yeah, because we we did take a, a couple of walkthrough videos and we'll we'll edit those and get those up uh, get those up and posted on on our on our YouTube channel and things our fledgling YouTube channel and 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 some things like that. And plus, Brent, we've also got. Uh, in some of the um, in, in some of the news about some upcoming events, we've got a classic arcade tournament that is uh, actually going on uh, in Chicago uh, in March, and that's something that I've participated in the past two years, and I'm planning on going back up to Chicago and participating in that tournament. So I wanted to give uh, give everybody some some background info on that, and just just talk about you know, just talk about what what that tournament is, where it's held at, because there's there's a lot of really neat and special. Um, special components to that tournament that that come together and make it what it is. So I wanted to talk to everybody about that. Okay, awesome. Whitney, and kind of uh, uh, my add to the episode from the technical perspective is we're going to have a continuation of my deep dive from last month where we okay. talked about uh, PCB, you know, broken neck board and PCB yeah. repair. And we're going to get into PCB finger repair you know when you oh when that's the, cool when the fingers uh on your pac-man or they're your all atari burning, they're all up burned or up lifting and, and or lifting. something yeah, yeah exactly yeah so we'll we'll get into a a, a deeper discussion as to how to how to repair that and, and you know bring a lot of stability back to your game no that's good and, and Brent, I, i'll i'll say that on last month's you know deep dive i learned quite a bit and especially after you posted uh, the the pictures to go along with uh, to, to go along with everything that was discussed. I mean, I was able to to look at the pictures and then tie it back to what we talked about, and and it all made perfect sense. And so that was neat. I really look forward to that. And we're going to repeat that here as well because I'll oh, have that's, to, that's I, I've got we'll have pictures that go along with the episode. You know, so yeah. make sure to check check out the actual home site of the episode www.brokentoken.com yep and you know we'll have pictures of kind of like a before and after and a couple of examples yeah no no that's that that's cool man that's really good and the next time that i do a you know a a flying chuck norris karate chop on a neck board i've i've got the perfect place to start to repair it so it works out well try not to break your own on purpose you know (laughs) i will try not to but you know next time you leave that chassis sitting down you hear that crunch and then you think well i should have picked that up when i thought to pick it up but i didn't or yeah. I, should, I shouldn't have walked 
walked by it. You like got an that. alternative. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then Brent, um, one thing that I'm going to uh, one thing that I'm going to cover in the deep dive is I, I've been fascinated uh, over the past four to six weeks with high score safe kids, and I talked about them last month. And what I've what I've come to realize is. Um, I didn't cover all of them, and I didn't cover them uh, to to the degree that that I think that I I feel like I should based upon some things that I've learned, uh, some things I've learned in addition uh, in addition to what I covered last month. So I'm just going to revisit that uh, and and talk a, a little bit more about some of the high score safe kid options that are that are out there in addition to what we covered last okay. month. Okay, and yeah. you've actually since last month's episode, you've got me thinking with the battle zone that I've got down here now. Um, that we're going to cover a little bit in the next segment yeah. and uh, uh, possibly a couple other projects that, that I kind of have in, in route route, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Uh, they could benefit from a high score safe kit. They, they could. It's something that it's something that I'm now looking at on, on almost everything that, that I have inside the game room in determining whether or not I've got an option because uh, whether or not I've got an option for either high score save or free play. So it's, 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 it's become almost like a, a, a I guess a neo fascination of mine. So, so no, but, I, I want to talk about that. But I do have a nice place right here in the game room for like a uh, you know a dry erase board. So well, that, that's that's always an option. But Brent, that's no fun. Come on, dude. I could have that today. Uh, yeah, I, I know. But man, if it's not complicated, if it doesn't involve an extreme amount of hunting research and and just you know and just being you know somewhat complex, then what good is it? Good point. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brent. So with that, let's uh, let's hear what what you've had going on since uh, since the last month's episode. Brent, we are sitting down here in your game room, uh, what I'd call uh, Broken Token Podcast Central, and so uh, here in the uh, recording studio, as it would be, they refer to as the studio. The, yes, yes. Here for after referred to. I actually as have a the sign studio. that I, I actually have a sign that I reverse. Oh, you do? Yeah, game room or oh, studio. Sweet. Well, I, I need to see that, man. I probably ought to get one for my house. Well, you think I would have like a switchable lighted sign? But well, it'd like be motorized and stuff, you know? And, oh, now and, you're asking for the stuff. That's just that's just crazy. Light talk. operated. That's all just that. crazy talk. Hey, but uh, but yeah, we're so we're down here in your basement, and I'm looking around uh, for evidence of what has uh, changed since last month, and it's pretty easy to see. And uh, I'll, I'll snap a picture it, of this, it, dude. There are uh, two battle zone cabinets looking mighty formidable uh, at this point. Can you believe I got that out? You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough word, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like my dad always used to say, like that, that's like mayonnaise, man. That's one of them hard words, you know. But uh, but looking very formidable, and they look good, Brent. So I can tell that you've been hammering on the battle zones uh since last month because they were not here and we were just kind of talking about them at the wrap of the last episode so uh i, I know you've been working on on those you've been working on uh, a pinball machine so dude uh want to educate us man okay well um first off i want to touch on something that i don't think you're aware of we've had a we've see had that's a, what i love about the show dude i mean you can we can like surprise each other it's great well, you're you, this i'm gonna is turn, my mind gonna I'm, be blown i'm gonna turn that smile upside down oh no Brent, don't. we've had a minor loss in the arcade what? community what we've had a loss what my I'm, I'm gonna i'm getting broken up here whitney i lost my eprom programmer oh dude my, sure. my which one were you using my tried and true 
Pocket Programmer 2. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, I've had it. It's been with me for a long time. Okay. And it finally it finally went away. Really? I mean, so what, what happened? Well, it, it was kind of acting a little odd. I was having some problems verifying some EPROMs, and uh, it just got to the point where um, not only could I, uh, anything I put in it, would it would come back and say I have no EPROM inserted. And oh, I see. I did some basic stuff on it, and, and, and in reality, I'm not 100% sure that it was actually the programmer. Mm-hmm. I've got an XP machine that I have probably ha- I've had built for a decade. Yeah. Prob- at this point, I've said it's probably six hundred times now, and I, so I'm not sure if it's the machine and this the programmer is actually parallel port based, and you know when I converted over to the the current machine that's that's in my shop, okay, I got a motherboard that actually still had a parallel port on it yeah. in hopes of still using the programmer, and it didn't work out. Yeah. The, the software it wouldn't run under one seven. And I didn't want to go through all the hoops of messing with it. It always seemed like it was very sensitive in terms of timing, so I didn't want to emulate. So anyway, yeah. I kept the machine. Yeah. Kept the XP kept machine. Kept the XP machine. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure the XP machine isn't isn't um, isn't the root cause. You know, so I, uh, um, basically I went out and uh, um, I welcomed in the new puppy, and I had picked up a Pocket Programmer 3 USB. Okay. And thus far, it has it's been very nice. Uh, software interface is, is very, very similar, if not almost identical to the, the, the older software. Um, is that one of the Willem units? No, 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 it's it not? is not. Okay, okay. It is not. We'll have I was to, curious. We'll have to grab a, 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 link, a link to it. Okay. And uh, in all honesty, in all honesty, Whitney, I get a little confused on the actual company name because the, the gentleman that runs the company... Um, he's got a couple domain names that'll all actually go back to the same. <laughs> I, it, Forty-two resolved to one. Yeah, right. so, yeah, some of that effect. And, and I think it, if memory serves, off the top of my head, it's a company by the name of Zitronics. Okay. And I, it, I have not heard of them. It, back in the day, the, the the pocket programmer seemed to be the favorite of the folks that were doing uh, uh, chips, chip mods for cars. You know, back when you basically you know the, the chip was an EEPROM. Yeah. And you, before before you could flash. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Before it was an EC, you know the ECM type stuff that we've yeah. got today, where you had to have really specialized software and flash the entire ECM. Yeah. You know, it was it, literally an EEPROM that was in the it, that was in it. And, you know, you get a little software. If you knew where to go in there and poke around, you can change your tuning parameters and write them. So it, he he offers a, a, an array of tools. And um, I've always been happy with, with the two until, you know, here recently. And like I said, I can't blame it on the hardware. Yeah. You know, it, it, it may very well be the computer. And if it's if it was it's time to go, I yeah. can understand it. It served me well for a long time. So I went ahead and I brought in the Pocket Programmer 3. Okay. Which helped with the aforementioned battle zones. So, yeah. yeah, okay. As Whitney mentioned, I've got two battle zones down here that are pulled up back to back. Yeah, yeah, um, sitting back to back. When and, and when when kind of the younger crowd comes in, I tell them they're linked, <laughs> so they don't they don't know any difference. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, to look at them, it wouldn't be a far it wouldn't be a far fetch. It wouldn't know? be far fetched. No, no, it would not. So it. it I'll again plug our Facebook page. You know, yeah. as I've worked through some of the issues with the battle zones uh, from pulling them out of their slumber in my garage to uh, uh, some of the some of the work that I've performed on them. I've tried to catalog a little bit of that on our Facebook yeah. page with a little explanation. You know, there's a few tips and pointers on there and uh, um, and pictures pictures as I go. So basically, Whitney, I've had these battle zones out in the building for quite a while. Okay. And uh, um, the one closest to you I've had a little longer. It's been around oh, probably about three years. 
Okay. And then I was going to ask, yeah. how, how long have you had them? I think I've had the, the one closest to you about three years and then maybe four. And then about a year after I got that battle zone, the one that's behind it, I picked up in a group sale in oh, a group purchase okay. rather. Okay. Okay. So, um, brought them down out of the, out of the garage and, you know, started doing the basic evaluations on them. Um, I've, I got really, I was really fortunate in that at the end of the day, I, I knew I, I had some quote unquote board problems and it turned out that it was just some bad masked ROMs. Okay. So oh, nice. it was pretty easy to identify with the new pocket programmer three Yeah, yeah. and okay. uh, go ahead and, and program up some replacements. Now, one of the interesting things and I, I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit, um, and it's kind of it kind of almost ties into a, a later discussion we're going to have having to do with uh, the the PCB finger repairs. Yeah. But um, the battle zone in the back, uh, farthest from you, which I've referred to on Facebook as the battle zone two. Yeah, BZ two. BZ two. Yep. Yep. Apparently, at some point in time, it was having some voltage issues, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, instead of actually properly addressing them through either a repin depending on your issue a little different a, a repin or, or or a repair of, of the fingers on the board itself whoever had worked on it uh took the ball took both boards out and uh laid a coat of solder over all the fingers on the edge of the boards on both solder and mask side wow so uh, um i didn't particularly care for that yeah and you know I, I, for anyone out there that's, that's ever had that, I don't like it if for anything else, if someone brings me a board and asks me to test it and it's it's been kind of repaired in that manner, I won't put it in my cabinets because it'll end up kind of putting a little additional tension, a little extra flex on your edge connector, uh-huh. and then it'll cause me problems down the road. Yeah. So ended up having to strip all that off, and underneath it was just a, a host of almost perfect fingers on the pcb so why do you think they did that then i'm thinking they were they were they might have had a a voltage issue a reset issue i mean mm-hmm. I, I noticed that i dropped a couple tenths of a volt after i did that uh-huh. but when you looked at how thick the solder was and how the how the pins on the edge connector had literally gouged a track in the solder i know that you know any point any matter of time in that situation those pins were probably bent bent back much further than they needed to be and they they weren't making good contact so i don't know if that was the original problem or if what i what i was seeing there was a side effect so i ended up having to go through and remove all that solder yeah and then um uh, usually i would do this if if the game had a uh the fingers they were burned yeah i knew that i was gonna have issues with the pins so i had to go through and all the pins i had to go ahead and replace um and actually, on the battle zone one, the one that's closest to you, I did the same. You know, okay. at this point, the age of the game, uh, I wasn't having any issues with it. But but, but it wasn't going to hurt a thing. It, it wasn't going to hurt a thing. And I tell you, yeah. I tell you, in all honesty, in, in a situation like that, I at least like to get away with the power in the ground. There's that power word again. Yeah. Uh, the power in the fire ground. Fire power. Fire power. <laughs> the power in the ground connections. Yeah. And uh, especially on the Atari, since you've got the sense lines. Uh, they're very sensitive exactly yeah so uh you know i like to do those as well so i got pretty lucky on the on the boards themselves uh like i said it was just a couple e-proms and uh so are both of them playable oh yeah both well battle zone dude dude, i'll race you tanks (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what you play the one on the far end and i'll play this one (laughs) (laughs) fair enough well the the 
they are playable other than the sticks are out of out of BZ2. Yeah, yeah, it would um, be kind of tough. Yeah, and as part of what I uh, of my work, I went through and uh, I touched all the monitors up, rebuilt the monitors, um, all the headers and the monitors. I had like in, in I think it was actually Battle Zone Two. As I was putting the monitor back together, it hit me. Um, I I didn't retouch the headers back up and sure enough in disassembling and reassembling I found the cold solder joint and I had you know a quadrant of the monitor collapsed Collapse, and I was like yeah. well I should have done that yeah. Yeah. so out they came touched all the headers up uh, like I said went through the monitors um, the P- PCB and, B- and BZ2 and then the header for the interconnect between the boards touched it up. Yeah. You know, everything that I could do to go ahead and make it, it make them pretty reliable. I was happy with the AR2, so we let those fly. Yeah. Um, went ahead and pulled all the sticks out, all four sticks, broke all the sticks down, and cleaned them out. And there's pictures of this up on Facebook. Um, the right stick on BZ2, I could tell that the the grommet was out of it. I mean, it was just it, it was very sloppy. There was it wouldn't recenter. It was it it was gone. Yeah. So I opened it up, and someone had taken it. If you've not seen the original grommet out of a battle zone, I think it's I think it's the same one on a food fight. And uh, um, is it? I think. Okay. I could be wrong, okay. but regardless, the 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 grommet that's in the battle zone stick. It kind of uh, looks like uh, um, you got an outer ring and an inner ring, of course. And then instead of having like a solid rubber body between them, like you would think like on a Wicko grommet or something, it actually almost looks like a half a donut, if that makes sense. Take a donut and cut it in half across it, you know, not um, uh, uh, across its... Slice it like a bagel. Like a bagel. There you go. That's Exactly. Well, someone had filled that, that... with silicone, <laughs> I guess, in an yeah. attempt to kind of strengthen them back up. Well, you know, Brent, when in doubt. <laughs> well, when in doubt is what you do then at step two. They yes. also packed it full of axle grease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So when, when I pulled the stick out, it, you know, over a little time, some of, you know, the grease had started to separate and there was axle a little gre- axle, axle grease. Seriously. Yes. Like, like, wheel, like you would use to pack a wheel bearing. Yeah, axle well, grease. You know, get her done. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone thought it was a good idea. There wasn't a zerk on the side of it, so I couldn't put, uh, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get your grease gun on it. I couldn't get it? my grease gun on it. <laughs> yeah. If you, Try as you may. Yeah. If anybody w- wants to come over, uh, ask me to come over and, and grease their battle. <laughs> grease, the, yeah. grease their battles out. Yeah. Ask them to find the grease fitting. Yeah. But, that's so a, yeah that's hilarious i mean and, that, that's funny and not you know well, it's not funny haha it's funny it's, sad it's funny you know? sad well, I, pulled, yeah. I, I went to to pull the stick out of it and it was it was oily mm. and apparently what had happened over a little time you know the the lighter part of the grease had started to separate and started to kind of seep out through the edges and you know through the through the seams in the in the body of the stick and i thought man this is kind of strange did someone spray wd down in it and yeah. it's like wd-40 did dude you should have called me and asked me what was wrong and i'd have told you oh brent that, that's easy dude they grease the bat yeah, you, you <laughs> <pack laughs> with grease so it, didn't you know that yeah. you pack them with grease oh dude. so the one that does, isn't full of axle grease is the that's the one, one that's your problem brent that's my problem so yeah that was <laughs> needless to say when I looked at that, oh, that's that's funny. I, I spent as much time cleaning oh, that goodness. cleaning that one out as I did on all on the other three. Yeah. I mean, it was just I, when I saw that, I thought, oh man, because I was expecting the other one to be that way. Yeah. But fortunately, it wasn't. Yeah. So anyway, I've got 
I've got grommets on the way from Wizzy's workshop. Do you think that was an operator deal? I, I mean, it, to me, it would almost have to be. Well, yeah. because because who would go far enough to put it back into service to say that's the solution that we ought to use? Well, I'm almost thinking, and, and I actually, I'm glad you said that, Whitney. I need to take a picture of this. There is a sticker on the back of that battle zone. Uh-huh. Bz two. It's a Valvoline sticker. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably quick old change. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a Photoshop work with this with this bat with this battle zone. Yeah, there's a sticker on the back of this machine. It, it, I just know the name of the county. It, it, I I saw the county and I thought I bet that's from Washington State because okay. I I've heard you know a few county names and a few things you know over the years and I thought uh-huh. man that just sounds like that's something out of Washington you know yeah. Uh, or maybe Wisconsin or something to something to that effect. Or yeah. uh, so sure enough, I Google it, and this battle zone w- belonged to an operator that was in a county in the northern part of Washington State. Really, and it was so far north that it seemed like across the street was Canada. Okay. And how it ended up all the way to Louisville, Kentucky, I'm not 100% Man, sure. But it'd be nice to know the story behind that, wouldn't it? What, what It'd I'm, be pretty sweet. What I'm wondering is, I got that, that battle zone in a group of games that came from, a uh, uh, of all places, a gymnastic studio. Okay. Yeah, and if you take a look at the pictures, there's a plug again for on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, take a look at the picture of the monitor. Yeah, because you know? I, I think you actually mentioned that, uh, you know, on the caption on one of the pictures. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not dust. Yeah. It's rosin. Yeah. So uh, it came out pretty easily, but it was tacky. Yeah. And how how they were on the second floor in the back of the office section and how there was that much rosin in that game, I, I don't know. But um, I know that the gentleman that owned the studio, I uh, I bought a bunch of games that were in that studio from a couple that, that owned it at the time. And the gentleman they had bought the games from had eBayed quite a few. So okay. I, I saw the, 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 the stack of, you know, his eBay auctions and stuff that they had in a folder. I didn't get them when I, when I got the games, mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they didn't ship that game from Washington state or someplace close. And that's how it ended up you know, here in Kentucky, but man, that's odd. Let me ask you this. I mean, if, if you don't, if you don't mind, uh, if you don't mind talking about it here on the show, what else was in that buy? Was there anything, you know, like Uber rare or, or anything, you know, high on the collectability list? I mean, you know, did a zookeeper just happen to fall no. out of there or anything? Well, here's what I brought home. And, uh, and, and Brent, I love zookeeper. By the way. <laughs> I love that you? game. I've heard, I, that yeah. comes up quite a bit. <laughs> uh, dude, I'll, I'll talk about Donkey Kong and zookeeper for the next 42 years, dude. I don't know why. Just yeah. I, I episode love six, those. the yes. all zookeeper oh, it's, episode. It's an all zookeeper <laughs> extravaganza, dude. Yeah, we need to get some zookeeper sound effects, man, so, so that I can cue them up. So, back to your this, you know, this was several years back. So, uh, I can't recall exactly what the Craigslist ad. This was a Craigslist buy. Okay. You know? Oh, and okay. There, cool. there were several games that were listed. And uh, what I ended up bringing home, here's what I brought home. And in, in reality, um, I really didn't go after any of them. And here, here's how that worked out. I came home with uh, a Turbo, Sega Turbo. And okay. it was it was DOA. Yeah, I had a, a crystal. I've always liked that game. I, I thought it was. I fun. haven't played it in a yeah. long time. It's, it's been years since I played it, but I always enjoy it. Didn't it have like the wooden, the wooden shifter handle yep. and everything yep. like that? Yeah, sweet dude. And, and the the cabinet was actually pretty nice. Yeah. Um. Um. 
I did I want to say it needed a coin door yeah or the the cash box door yeah cabinet was really nice I just I looked at it and I was thinking I didn't want to spend I didn't want to put a lot of energy into it because yeah, I had some I, other games some other titles I wanted to put that time and, into and, and no matter to me no matter how nice a turbo you have you look at it and you go that's nah, turbo yeah and, and, and I'm, I'm not I don't want to slight the game because I actually like the game but for whatever reason it just doesn't command much and it doesn't seem like it gets mind share you yeah. know I, yeah. I looked for I looked at the board set and uh, um, kind of all that was involved and, and honestly that game it, it had uh, um, a lot of burned connectors, okay. so I had a I had a pretty decent feeling that if you did the old classic check the voltages, yeah, and you uh, uh, just went through and, and repinned a lot of these connectors, that it may have come to life. It may have booted. Yeah, yeah. but so I, I got uh, I got a turbo out of the deal. Uh, I had a Crystal Castle that was the uh, oh, f- yeah good game. Well, that was the Crystal Castle that I actually had out uh, Louisville Arcade Expo oh, last, year. last year. Oh, last year, yeah, I remember that. It was a uh, an Atari factory. Ki- well, not a factory. It was an Atari well factory kit. I guess is probably the best way to put it. It was a yeah. factory kit to convert a, uh, a kangaroo. Oh, a kangaroo. So it was a kangaroo cabinet. Oh, I see. And uh, so it had the kangaroo side art in it. They didn't apply the conversion art. Interesting. But it had. Uh, yeah, um, I remember that now that you yeah, say that. Yeah. yeah it, but it and it was. It, for what it was, it was a nice game. Yeah, so, see, I would always expect it to be in a millipede cabinet. You know, if it was going to be if it was going to be converted from mm-hmm. one thing to another. You but, know, I didn't look a lot into the, what kits they offered. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many kits, how many versions they. I don't either. Uh, or what games? That might be something to kind of. It, it would be. It would. Be, that would be fun to research. Just yeah. to get, just to kind of get nailed. No, down. if anybody out there's got any any links or any research that they've done or, or know, you know, reach out to us. Contact. Oh, that, it, please. That that would be that would be fun to talk conversion yeah. kits. That would be a fun you know a fun segment to cover you know from each one of the each one of the manufacturers because I, I think I've got a pretty good handle on on what on everything that Nintendo did. So mm-hmm. I mean, we we could cover those over time. You know what mark it down brent that that would be some fun stuff to talk about i think it would yeah Yeah. everybody knows or i say that you know most folks know of the the major habit conversion kits you know if you get a tempest or a notebook dude oh my god (laughs) scribble scribble it down scribble it down yeah you you had your major you had a major habit major habit conversion for a tempest and you had it for what was the there was one other cabinet was it a I don't know. Uh, it was another vector cabinet, obviously. But there, there's a couple. Uh, oh, oh, it was. I think was it Gravatar? Or, no, no. Um, I want to say it was the same Black Widow. No, I think I think it was. This, are you talking about a dedicated Major Havoc? No, you, they had a dedicated Major Havoc. Yeah, because then, that was in the same cabinet as like an iRobot. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then they but they had a conversion kit. They had two I, flavors of the conversion oh, kit. Oh, I thought there was only one. No, for, there's like two. a Tempest cabinet. Yeah, okay. there's two. There's one for the Tempest cabinet. Okay. And then there's one for. Maybe it's a space duel or something like uh, that. I don't know. Oh, it might be space duel. Yeah, it might yeah. be. But you know, no, no rag on space duel. It just seems like it gets converted to everything. Yeah, I need a sixty one hundred. Someone find me a space duel. Find me a space duel. Yeah, I need everything out of that space duel except for space duel. <laughs> 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 that's horrible man i'm so i apologize up front to any f- space duel fans Whitney. you know something dude i've tried to like that game i've tried to like that game and i think that I, I think that the only reason why i keep coming back to it is because it's a color vector but every time i play it i, I just I, I i just can't get into it you know it, what dude. else i'm you know what the next note i'm putting here in the old mead notebook <laughs> what's that that the note to 
to uh, uh, once I finish the game that's in my shop now to go get the space duel <laughs> out of my building and just sit it down here right beside me for every episode that we well, record. Well, actually, I think I got an extra board and the I may just go get the board and just smack you with it. <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of people would probably like yeah. to hear you do that <laughs> well, at this point. They're like, "How dare you? How, how dare you rag on space duel?" And it's like, yeah, you know, it just just is what it is. You know, yeah. to me anyway. So. Uh, the Battlezone BZ2 come out of that deal. Okay. The Turbo, um, the uh, Crystal Castle. Yep. My Time Pilot. Oh, sweet game. Love Time Pilot. And uh, um, you've still got that, correct? Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually over here. Is in the that lineup. the one that, that's sitting over yeah, here in the lineup? The, that's yeah, that's the one from the lineup. And <laughs> there was a very well, pretty nice from what I can recall, um, Narc. With no monitor in it. Oh, narc! So the the part of the time I'm there, I'm talking to this this gentleman about you know what's there and what's not working, and yeah. there's there was a couple other games that were in the mix. So part of the narc discussion was, <laughs> you know, are you a big fan of narc? I've never played it. I had a narc, never played it. It yeah. played blind because there was no monitor in it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, fair and, enough. And I said, you know, the the thing about the narc is is. Uh, a lot of it is the monitor. Yeah. If if someone wanted it, and I know there's a lot of folks that are in that that vintage of game. Yeah. It's a medium res 19 inch monitor, and yeah. it's just not something you can come by as easy as as your standard res monitors. Yeah. So in all the the wheeling and dealing about the lot that I ended up taking, it, you know, we kind of kept coming back to the monitor, and and I he it ended up getting figured into the lot, and then as we were loading everything up. And I was about ready to go, and we were shaking hands. He finally it was like, "Okay, I gotta come clean." I need that monitor back. Well, he said, "When when we when we come into the studio, I found what he now knew to be a monitor after talking to me. No, he didn't know if it was a DK's TV. He he didn't really know what it was. Uh-huh. He said, "I found the monitor and I threw it in the dumpster." <laughs> Whoa, really? Yes, I oh, did. So that, that hurts. Man. Yeah, I looked in. Like I said, as literally as I was saying my goodbyes. Yeah, I, it, I, I think he just had this. All right, I've got to come. Clean. I've got to get it off my. I got to get it off my chest. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, I committed sacrilege. I committed sacrilege. Yeah. So um, there, were, what I really gone up had gone up after was in the mix. There was a tubin. Uh-huh. And uh, Tubin's awesome, dude. I I'd love to have one for the for the game room at home. I, I think, you know, I I think that that game would be a lot of fun to own and play. I do. I've played it a few times. I I went I was, that was kind of my primary reason to go up there. You know, yeah. I really enjoy Battlezone. Yeah. Um uh, you know, this is that this is like the uh the other discussion about uh, um what would we just bring up not Zookeeper. Um Oh, someone's out there cursing me because I like that game. We just talked about it like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> this this is the joys of podcasting. Yeah. Just general it, conversation. This, yeah, you know? this, this is live. Yeah. yeah, I'm sitting over here shaking my head going, dude, I I, I got nothing for you, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. So people are out there probably going, I'll just go on with it. People yeah. are out there going, man, <laughs> just why does he like Battlezone? I can't just, stand Battlezone. Battlezone's a terrible game. You know? Oh, Turbo. We're talking about Turbo. Oh, Turbo. Yeah, Turbo. Yes. yeah we're hating okay. on Turbo. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. Not hating on Turbo. <laughs> no. Just, just, you know, talking fondly about, you know. All the things that were on Turbo, like you know, like the gear shift and yeah. just, you know, cool stuff that made Turbo cool. So, 
uh, you know, Turbo was that. If there was that one game, I think I've mentioned this before. Not Turbo. Uh, Battlezone was that. One. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Oh yeah, Battlezone was that one game. And think that, about it, Brandon. It's going to be like seven and a half hours oh, long. Yeah, it's that we're and we're just cranking up. Wait till the end of the year. Exactly. Uh, that was the one game that I remember back in the day that when my dad would take me to the arcade that I'd yeah. play. I think I mentioned that before. Yeah. So yep. you know, by the time this 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 deal come along, if I got if if I could work it in, that was fine. But I already had sitting in the garage ready to be you know kind of gone through a really nice battle zone mm-hmm. which is the battles bz1 which yeah. is what you're looking at right now and and once i cleaned up bz2 it's it's pretty darn nice well too. And, and you know something Here, here's the thing not not to sideline the conversation but I, but i do want to do want to ask this i mean I, i've walked around them looked at them both they're they're very nice looking cabinets brent cosmetically cosmetically as well as uh from, from an operational standpoint they look like they will play fine so have you done anything to the cosmetics or is this pretty much you know how how the battle zones were uh bz2 is well they've both been scrubbed down okay and bz2 had a couple little uh little, with, with what like a magic eraser yeah just or what? light magic eraser and a little bit of a uh, a little bit of ammonia in warm water you know and okay if, if i had a little a little extra you know tough spot you know my my go-to is windex yeah yeah you know, so and then on bz2 um, there are there is a little touch up work. There were a few little little dog ears from where it had been bumped somewhere along the way. Yeah. So, um, I, so I went in just you know with a little white paint and just kind of touched it up and and That's helped cool. blend it out as best I can. And they they both look fantastic. Yeah. Well, I was they really do. surprised. the The second battle's on BZ two as we've you know lovingly referred to it. Yeah. It 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 really just needed a good from a cosmetic perspective a good cleaning yeah and actually this is covered on the facebook page too i did recover the step the step was worn yeah uh for folks looking to do it um the step material i don't know if you've got a lowe's nearby yeah you know the broken token classic arcade and pinball podcast is not sponsored no. by lowe's no not in any way shape or form. so it just happens to be where i was able to find the material yeah. locally yeah and I took a, a, there's actually a picture up on the Facebook page where I took the original material and overlapped the material that I got um, at Lowe's and I just got it back in the flooring area. It was, I think it's like hallway or, or stair runner, you know, and um, it, if it's not an exact match, it's so close that it's, you really can't, it it should be. be. Yeah. 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 You know, you could write off the differences to the stuff that's almost 30 years old and it's worn and, and whatever. You so. know, that's that's really pretty amazing, though, when you think about you know, what did Atari use uh, from, from a source material perspective. And then you just kind of, you know, traipse yourself into a Lowe's. Uh, saying, and there I, it is. I need a part from my battle zone. And, you know, and then there it is. You know, well, that, I, that's, that, that's pretty cool. I, I went into another uh, another home improvement store and I actually had a picture of it on my phone with my hand laid over it just so that if i had a couple options i could say okay well this is closest by you know size you know i laid my hand on it and it's so many ribs across three of my fingers or whatever yeah. so i go into another home improvement store here in town and uh, um it, as trying to be helpful as they can they try to well we've got this they try to not upsell me but they want to make me happy a yeah happy customer. I, I understand and, and i had, to, I had but to a lot of times you leave with with not what you're after exactly yes. yeah yes. so the 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 guy that's helping me out is obviously a few years younger than than me you know uh-huh. i'm going mid 20s yeah so um it gets to the point where i just have to kind of say look I, I appreciate it yeah and i don't i'm trying to get something like this because and then then that 
took us into a whole other conversation. And he's like, Oh no, that's cool. And, oh yeah. And then, yeah. and then it was, he, he wouldn't go as far as saying, well, you might want to walk down the street and try such and such. Yeah. But he was very polite in realizing that he wasn't going to be able to help me. Yeah. And no, at that understood, point, so, understood. So he, the, the, there was a tubing in the deal and there was a uh, space invaders deluxe upright. Oh, so I get yeah. up, uh, I get up to where, uh, actually even before that, the, the guy had been, had been really good about communication and you know the, your your typical non craigslist story where you actually hear from the guy and you're working with the guy they actually and, follow through it. yeah yeah and, and i get down to literally minutes before i'm going to leave and i told him you know i try to communicate i'm going to touch base with you and he disappears off the face of the earth mm-hmm. and it i was thought, dark on you yeah and i started yeah. getting oh man what something's happened so i finally hear from him you know maybe 20 minutes or so after i was supposed to leave and he's he's beating around the bush, beating around the bush, beating around the bush. And I just, I knew what the story was. I said, all right, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. Uh, I know you've got the stuff advertised. That's how I found you. So my guess is, is uh, you were talking to somebody else in case I didn't work out or some, you looked at someone else's email and someone offered you stupid money <laughs> for yeah. something or all of which you've got there. Yeah. And he got real quiet. Yeah. And, and hope, you know, I'm betting there's some people out there kind of laughing because either they've had this happen to them or they've done it. So, so he was going to go native on you and yeah. by, by going native. I mean, he was going to do the whole Indian giver thing yeah. and uh, try to try to finagle more money on the deal. Yeah. Well, no, I don't even know if he was going to get that far. To oh, be honest really? with you. Okay. Cause I, 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 I recall saying, here's what I guess has happened. Yeah. And then, and, I, and then I finished it up with, now let me tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. If, if that's the case and someone's offered you, just an unbelievable amount of money sight unseen for one or all those pieces they're doing that so you'll hold the games uh-huh and and it, that's a carrot and then they'll show up and then they'll you'll get the story of oh i didn't expect this i didn't expect that and they'll talk it all down. they'll talk it all down yep and they'll walk away for what you've asked for it but you've held it for them mm-hmm. or they'll walk away for less mm-hmm. and then and then i kind of Almost, if you could imagine hearing it wash over someone, yes. you know, on the other yeah. end of a phone, and he 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 came clean on me, kind of yeah. like he did with a monitor, and he said, "Well, I was going to. I got an offer on that tubing because yeah. I'd already talked to him. I, I said I, I'd come up and I want to look at it all as a package. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I get up, I get up there, and the tubing was pretty nice. I was real helpful with him. Have uh, you played tubing a lot? No, I haven't. See, I haven't either. But, but dude, here's the thing. Um, Tubin's been talked about pretty hard uh, by uh, by Jow and John over on the Arcade Outsiders podcast, and they they've talked Tubin up pretty good. Oh, really? I'm yeah, not yeah. up on their current episode. Yeah, oh so. yeah, yeah. They they've talked Tubin up pretty good, and it sounds like it. It sounds like it would be fun. You know, they. It, it's funny because. Uh, and, and for everybody uh, out there listening, I mean, Brent and I listen to a lot of other podcasts as well and big fan of the Arcade Outsiders and, and, and what they do. But they, you know, they, they've talked they've talked about Tube and, and it's kind of made me want one, if you want to know the truth of it. it because I've never really given it a lot of consideration, but uh, Jal uh, on the show, he, he had, uh, he had talked about... Now, did one of them have a Tube? Uh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they have one right now, but they've talked, I think both... Both uh both Joe or, or Jow and John have had one in the past, and they've talked about you know owning it and everything, and it just it just sounds like a really fun game to play. So you know it, it's one of those, it's kind of made me want one, you know, but I, I don't know that I would ever, 
I don't know that I'll ever follow through with it because it's a lot of it's it's space it's a lot of space to dedicate to something that I don't have an inherent I don't have like inherent, a huge draw to a huge it, yeah. draw to but I but my curiosity is extremely peaked on the game at this point. Well, if you get to play it, you, you know that may flip. You, you, I, have to, I have uh, to it's have like a tube. I, I got to have a tube. You know, tube tube yeah. might be the zookeeper of 2014. Well, you know, it's it's hard to say, dude. <laughs> no, I tell you what, man, nothing takes place as zookeeper, bro. <laughs> Turbo. <laughs> so, <laughs> Turbo. So I get up there, and this this is a sh- this should have been a short story that's gotten rather long, but I get up there. Hey, and, dude, it is our podcast. Yeah, that's after true. All, yeah, you pause. Know? Yeah, I get up there, and uh, uh, n- now suddenly the uh, the Space Vader's Deluxe is out of the mix okay. because there's a lady that works there, and she just loved the game, and he wanted he wanted to give it to her. It wasn't working, and I just I said. I understand, you know, and I said, let's just be realistic. You know, I can put you in contact with someone that, that that's willing to work on it. You know, I, I, I'm not necessarily willing to take it on unless yeah. it's mine per yeah. se. Yeah. But it is, are you going to give it to this person and it's just going to set here or there not fixed mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's just, it's going to be, you know, uh, taking up space, the space of a refrigerator, you yeah. know? So he ended up keeping, he ended up keeping the, uh, the space invaders. And I, in all honesty, I did try to find out what the offer was on the tubing. Yeah, and uh, um, he wouldn't. He would not tell me. <laughs> I even said, "Well, you know, can you give me a name?" You know, yeah. just cause I was just kind of interested yeah. to, just to see. I mean, if that's how someone wants to do their business, what am I? To, I mean, you, but, you're, you're just you're just a potential buyer. At that yeah, point. you know. Yeah. But um, in all honesty, the we all know the community is somewhat large but it's not mm-hmm. so it, it's helpful to kind of know let's just be honest it's helpful to know who you might be dealing with yeah, someday yeah. but you know he wasn't off he wasn't willing to, to offer that information and um i ended up going through i i, I told him a lot about his games yeah. a lot of the games uh he couldn't get into he didn't have the keys so i got into him for him you know yeah. opened all, got all the locks kind of uh picked open and uh, you know it's not too too difficult to do with a lot of these single bit locks and um, then I ended up coming out of it with the pieces that I came out of it with, and oh, one cool. of them was that battle zone. Yeah, so yeah. it sounds like a nice haul, uh, all things considered. So yeah, uh, it, it worked out. You know, yeah. I, um, um, I, I, it worked out. I, like I said, I, it, I'd never heard back from him. I asked him, I said, you know, if if this turns out like I said it turned out, and you decide to walk away from it, I, I'm. I can't recall what I did, but I'm fairly certain that I, that I offered him, you know, this is what I'd give you for it. Yeah. And if you hold this thing and, you know, you show up and you're going to get that and you're just irritated with it, you know, just I'll come back out here and get this game yeah. at this cost, yeah. at this price. I never heard from him, so I don't know if he settled for that, for more, for less, what the deal was. Well, but it, it still sounds like you made out okay. Though. Yeah. You I know, mean, I made, it, I made out all right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you made out okay regardless. So, but, so we've been rolling on. Uh, with the battle zones, and yeah. I'm waiting on some parts. Um, uh, like I said, I ordered the grommets from Wizzy's, and I needed uh, one of the color gels. Wizzy's workshop. Wizzy's workshop. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not, I've not ordered from Wizzy's before. Yeah, I've done one order from him you? in the past. Yeah. So, I, I've had a little communication with him just in, in the process of the order, and that seems like it's gone very well. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I, I haven't had any of the products in my hands. I know a couple people talk about the the battle zone grommets, uh, in particular, being a little on the stiff side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I'm like, well, what, what's a fair comparison? Because 
if you've got it's an original thirty years yeah, old, yeah. If you've got an original Atari grommet, yeah. You know, it's thirty years old. I, yeah. Now those are original Atari grommets in the Battlezone One, uh-huh. and it, they're actually pretty stout. Yeah. So, um, when I got that game, I was told uh, I got it. Uh, not working you know we already discussed that a little bit and and i was told that the sticks had recently been rebuilt and and i didn't know what that meant in terms of because they felt the 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 centering grommets felt great so my my actual assumption was that there was Wizzy's workshop you know replacement grommets in it but when i cracked them open there was atari grommets in it so i don't know if whoever did it scored some new old stock grommets or what the deal was they may have but to me though even new old stock at this point because it's 30 years old new uh, and 30 years old old yeah uh, it's not going to it it probably will not be the same as it was when it was zero years new yeah i agree i agree and and i I admit when i when i uh had the sticks apart i flexed flexed the grommets and looked at them for cracks and yeah uh who wherever they came from i I would have to say they were stored correctly or is uh, you know luckily stored in a a manner that 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 saved them yeah no that's that's good that's good well the the battle zones look good brent i mean it looks like you've made good progress on them and what so with with two of them you know sitting here kind of side by side you know unless we're going to host the you know the greater kentucky battle zone you know knockdown drag out tournament or something (laughs) like that i mean what's your what's your plans for both of them are you keeping both selling both what's the deal i told you i'm going to bring them in i'm going to when the younger crowd comes, I won't tell them they're linked. Like I told <laughs> when I had a pole position one and a pole position two sitting here, yeah. Yeah, they're linked. You know, <laughs> you figure it out. Um, Battlezone one is staying. Yeah, yeah, and, and I figured it. I figured that'd be the case. Yeah, Battlezone yeah. one is staying. Uh, Battlezone two, which is the one that's going to have you know the rebuilt sticks, it's got the stuff that I just recovered. Yeah, uh, and then all the rest of the electronic touch up stuff that's been done to both of them. That's actually going to go out to the uh, Louisville Arcade Expo with me this year. So. Well, that'll be cool because here's the thing: not to not to derail, but I'm going to derail and not to plug, but I, I you know I kind of. But uh, we're going to have you know we're going to have a table set up at the at the arcade expo this year and um maybe, maybe we could get it in line you know fairly close to the table and people could you know could come out and play it and uh you know see see the results of some of your work i think that i think that would be pretty cool i think that'd be awesome yeah so, it really would I, i'm gonna take uh, um and, and things are always subject to change mm-hmm. so uh, but right now on my list is battle zone two it's going with me yeah um, I have down here. If you look over there to your right, Whitney, there's the that that Tron, that. Well, speaking of factory conversions, yeah, there is a two tigers down there, which yeah. was originally a Tron cabinet, and then there was a, a factory conversion kit to the two tigers game. So, um, you know, it's which is odd because the game because the two tigers still looks like halfway like a Tron. It, oh yeah, it, absolutely. It's, it's weird. Well, look, even at, even to the artwork and stuff, it's it's like wow, they didn't really try that hard. From from your angle, can look under the control panel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I still see some of the black light art. That's you know? that's still the Tron art. Yeah. And then if you look at the uh, um, the uh, spinners, uh-huh. the uh, um, the the control panel actually has two spinners in it. And uh, this is an assumption, you know, based on what what's there without having looked at the directions. Mm-hmm. But the art on the spinner is the same art from the Tron. So, yeah. you know. Take the one spinner, put it in this panel. We'll include another spinner. Yeah. And if you look at the spinners under the uh, under the panel you can tell the 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 the, the bracketry is slightly different like yeah. maybe it was a different release level or how you know revision or whatever yeah but um so you could sell it as a tron yeah spinner. yeah well, it's yeah. all the same it all yeah. it all still works you know yeah. it's just it's maybe slightly different but 
um, uh, but the art on the second spinner is the Tron art. So it's like, okay, well, we're, you know, to kind of cut costs and help you out as an operator, we're going to include a spinner and you don't have to, we're going to cut our costs because we're not going to have to, you know, make new art. Make new art. Yeah. yeah. We'll just have this reprinted or pull some out of stock. And then there you go. There's yeah. your artwork on your spinner. So anyway, um, I've had some folks down here to play the game. The game is, it's interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun to play. You can do a, you can do a two player head to head thing. You can do a two player cooperative type thing or a single player type type game. It's got actually three games kind of in one, if you will. Um, I've had some folks down here that to play it and they've really enjoyed it. And, you know, my plans for it in, in all, in all honesty was, uh, um, kind of just as a, a filler in, in reality. Yeah. Um, when I've got a little space, it's nice to have down here, you know, the, my, the kids in the family it's something that i can sit down and play with my niece or my nephew yeah, you know head cool. to head it's not overly complex yeah uh they didn't even change the the the, the conversion kit it actually uses the tron sound rom so when you play it it's all tron sounds it's that's funny um and it's a good test bed because it's an mcr2 based game yeah so i can take any the parts are actually worth more than the sum yes they are yes you yeah. you, you cut right to it yeah yeah, and, that's that's what that turns into. Yeah, and it and in all reality, at the end of the day, that's how I ended up owning it. Okay. So, and, and I've already used it, you know, as a test fixture to more than pay for the game. Yeah, no, that, that's so, that's cool. Yeah, so that, that's pretty cool. Since since it's just something that you kind of don't you don't see yeah. that often. You know, it falls into that. Well, it was a flash in the pan sort of a deal, yeah. and there was a dedicated version of the game. Figure that'll go out to the expo with me, and then. Right now, the third thing, which is uh, in the shop right now, is a Gottlieb Roller Disco Pinball. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about that, Brent, because I, I had never seen I had never seen a roller disco in person, so it, it was interesting to see the artwork on it. You know, to see how to see how the you know the cabinet was painted and what the what the playfield was you know was sorted out like and everything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, what's your I mean, what's your history with the game? Is that is that is that a title that you played before you no. you picked it up or that, what? That was literally another Craigslist deal okay. for, for one of the whatever reason I happened to get. You know, I'm sure it's happened to everyone that's listening. Hopefully, yeah. You just happen to catch something right when it comes on Craigslist, and, yeah. and the price was right. It was a pretty darn cheap, yeah. And I can't recall. I, I want to say that, that that there was a number listed in the ad, and uh, uh, I, I or maybe just a general area, and it was I could tell right off it was real local. I, I yeah. do remember that that feeling, so to speak. So I called the guy up. And literally within minutes of him posting it, I said, I am literally four minutes from your house. Yeah. And he was, he was kind of surprised. I was like, I'll come over right now. So I drove over and took a look at it. And, um, <laughs> it, the, the, my history of it is, is, uh, um, I know that it had gone through a shop here in Louisville at one point in time and, uh, um, it, it was sold to whoever. You know, it it was whoever had it in a shop here in Louisville had it and did some repair work on it. Okay. You know, and uh, uh, the the guy I got it from, his boss had it. Now, whether he he was the person that had it at the time that I had seen it cross through a shop, I, I don't know. But the the guy I got it from, his boss had it. It had failed. It had broken, and it, he'd he'd literally given it to him. Oh. 
So uh, uh, nice. Uh, I took a look at it. It's gifted a, pinball is yeah, the best pinball. pinball. Even yeah. if it's not a good pinball. Uh, even if it's not good, that's right. So it's a Gottlob System One. It's a wide body. Oh, it's it, a tank, it's man. A, it's it a, is a tank. It's, a, it's stout. Yes, it is. It's stout. Um, it uh um the color. We'll have to. I, I, I don't know if I can take pictures of it per se right now because the way I've kind of got it apart. But if anything, we'll have the 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 pinball database link to it. The, yes. The, yep. the, the art is, let's just go with period. Oh, it's definitely that. Yeah, and it's I, definitely of it, the time. It, it is, but it, I, it's cool, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it really it's kitschy is. cool. It's, 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 it's that 70s kind of... kind of kitschy, but... It is, but it's it's neat. It's the primary color of the cabinet's yellow. Yeah. It's painted with a lot of pinks and limes. Yes. Yes. Uh, when I when I brought it into the game room, I did turn on the black lights, and a lot of it will, will fluoresce under black light. Yeah. You know the back glass probably just a, pops right up. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. Well, and I thought that was that was cool because as soon as I saw it, the color scheme. The, the color scheme made me think of a Saturday night, kind of like a Saturday night party, even yeah. even before I thought anything else about it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of got it going on. That's pretty neat. So it's got you know, it's got two banks of drop targets. It's got um, I think it's three pops. Okay, you know your your typical slings, and then you've got some uh, uh, an out um, and um, some you know, some targets in the, up the center of the play field. And I think a hole for capture on the left side and then a target on the right side. So it's interesting layout. It's a four flipper game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder how, I wonder how fast it's going to play. I mean, I I definitely want to play it before, you know, before you decide whether it stays or whether it goes, I, I I would, I would, I'd like to get the opportunity just to give it a shot. I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It it looks like a, it looks like a fun game. So I, I haven't even gotten to play it yet. It, yeah. it was DOA, and I tell you that when I opened the head of the game, there two things jumped out at me: a squirrel, um, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> no, actually, but there was a zookeeper in it. <laughs> Did you catch it, Brent? It was the, fast. The, they're elusive, man. Elusive they, I, I tell you, they run away faster than faster than you can catch them, dude. So, <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude, I would have done a body tackle on that. Two things, two things jumped out at me. Yeah. One. Um, it you know the the typical kind of pinball thing where a lot of them you've got to deal with uh, uh, batteries leaking on the the CPU board of choice CPU MPU whatever the manufacturer called it okay and uh, the Gottlieb system ones not only did they have like a corrosion issue if memory serves I do know they they definitely had um, the proprietary Rockwell quote-unquote spider chips and if you don't know what those are you know I, I won't bore everyone necessarily at this moment but uh go out and google them it was it was rockwell designed the cpu for Gottlieb at, at that era uh, they were okay. kind of behind the game getting into solid state mm-hmm. and uh since rockwell could not only design it and produce the chip they uh they combined a lot of the 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 logic they need into some proprietary devices okay so it makes it more difficult uh, to troubleshoot and then you know probably the, even to source parts and, and to source parts i mean because yeah. literally you know they made what they needed to make plus some spares and what's out there is out there and it's not like a you know some yeah. other 74 series logic where you're you're done yeah. you know you, yeah. can, you you can go find it you're done in this situation so. well l- let me ask you i mean what is you know for anybody uh for anybody listening who uh who thinks that they would be interested in in that vintage machine What's the best place? What's the, to, op- what, what's the options for finding well, a replacement for those chips? Well, that's funny because that's one of the things that leapt out at me. Okay. Uh, the other thing that leapt out at me was 
a side effect of the CPU going south and, you know, through corrosion was uh, the connectors, uh, the edge connectors that were on the CPU board that was in it, well, it was obvious that they were kind of just, you know, uh, kind of just hash and trash put together. Okay. One of the they were both robbed from somewhere else and they were spliced in. And they were soldered in. And <laughs> oh, each I, of the, I saw the electric yeah, tape. Yeah, it was all job. electric tape. Yeah, the, and, and one the, of the connectors holding is, it together. One one of the one of the uh, connectors needs to be a seventeen pin, and someone robbed an eighteen pin somewhere. And then they put a note on it that said, "Make sure you offset this." So <laughs> yeah, yes. so. Then to answer your question, well, this at least, was, you, at least you got a note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to answer your question, the second thing that jumped out at me uh-huh. was a nice shiny aftermarket CPU board. Oh, yeah, nice. So it, it, okay, I, I don't know the history of this name. There's a couple folks, a uh, couple companies that make uh, drop-in CPU boards for the Gottlieb okay. System ones. Okay, and one of them, and I'm looking at it, and I'm. It's nine month, n i nine month, nine n i dash w u m p f That and that rolls off the tongue pretty Once good. Once you kind of get it, I don't know yeah. why I always put an n in front of it. Okay. So, um, I yeah, mean, the, I mean that's a, that's that's an education to me. I'll, I'll have yeah. to go, I'll have to go look that so up. So this this board, if you look at the board, and, and actually. The site right now, as it sets, and it, it, hopefully it's corrected by the time um, by the time this this episode gets out. Uh, I, I've swapped some emails with the gentleman that actually runs the site, produces the board. Oh, he, excellent, they, excellent! So it's actively supported. Oh yes, yes. He yeah. actually just like within the last few days of uh-huh. this recording, yeah, uh, just released a new rev of the board. So, you know, I went out there looking for documentation, which I actually ended up finding on Pinside. But I went looking for documentation. Gotta, dude, you got to love yeah, Pinside. Pinside had so it. so much on Pinside. Yeah. It's, it's and, and great. The, the, the guy that runs the site got back with me and said, yeah, we just re- we literally released the new board just days ago. And I have got to go back and fix the site to get in the, the legacy type information. Uh-huh. And <laughs> another kind of kicker is, is that... Uh, about a month or so, two months ago, whatever it was, he had a code update that actually had a fix for roller disco. <laughs> oh, did it really? Yeah, and no. that, he hadn't gotten that out there yet. No, so, I see. Uh, so yes, it's it's still supported. This one board, it's a dip switch selectable to support. I think it was the s- sixteen games that were on that system one platform. Okay. So you get the one board, you dip switch select the game, and yeah. it, it it runs the game. You know, yeah. you, you literally plug in plug in the connectors and away you go so so it virtually indistinguishable or indistinguishable from the actual from the actual uh gottlieb issued hardware yeah, that, I, that was in that was in the pen if you read his documentation he he strives for that because what he ends up doing is if i read if i understood correctly he would follow the how the game played and uh-huh. he recreated that in his code base, as opposed to just like taking all the ROMs and then dips, you know, dip switch selection, selecting which area of the main ROM he pulls. So that he actually, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't reverse engineer what Rockwell had done. Yeah. He knew here's my ins, here's my outs. And then he figured out in the middle what he needed to do 
to make those connect. Okay. And when this, when you roll over here, that's a hundred, you know, this, this pin is switch X, this yeah. pin is switch Y. Yeah. And then he rolled his own in the middle to figure out how to make the ins and the outs line up. Okay. okay. So, you know, he, he isn't, he isn't emulating what was there. He, it was just as easy to recreate his own. He just recreated. The right. Game. So he recreated the game logic. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So then that's why there was a roller disco fix. You know, he, he, he'd realize that he had Actually, something correct. I'd, I'd be good with that. Oh, I, I, I because it, that, that means the game lives on. Yeah, and in reality, I mean, I, I could see that. I'd do that. And it, the game, the games of those vintage, it wasn't like you're. It's not like you're dealing with a a later DMD game, a you know Date East game or something where there's just so many rules and so much stuff that you have to go and hit every switch and every combination and try to figure yeah. if you were trying to do that, yes. reverse engineer it, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So <laughs> roll the ball around everywhere. Yeah, you know? in every yeah. possible way. You know, this yeah. this these games are relatively simple. You know, it is yeah. what it is. So, um, yeah, the the boards are still out there. They're still supported. They're still, you know, he just released a new a new version. You know, cool. one board will support all the systems. The system one one games. I think he may even have a board for like the the system eighty stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, this is my first run at Gottlieb. Yeah. So, um, I've always enjoyed every Gottlieb game that I've played, and I've played quite a few of them. I I know a lot of people say that you know they're they're kind of they're they're maybe not as modern as other uh, as the other manufacturers mm-hmm. of the same time period but to me they've always been very solid very uh maybe not maybe not extremely flashy but very uh fun games to play just just good kind of quality games to I'm going to have to spend some more time on them yeah. playing them yeah yeah so What's the street on one of those boards? Just out of curiosity, uh, I believe it's one ninety nine. Okay, two hundred dollars, right around two hundred bucks. And, okay, and, um, I believe that holds true even with with the new release. Okay, so and, and you know, in a quick, when I was looking for the documentation, it. it I don't. I won't mention any off the top of my head because I'll go ahead and I'll grab the ones that don't. But let's just say that you know your some of your major suppliers they resell the board. So it's not like you have to go just to him. You, if memory serves, you can get it right off his site. You can go to, you know, supplier A, supplier B, you know, the, the, he has some distributors. Okay. Too, so. that, that's cool. That's cool. So, so it's attainable. It's, oh yeah, it's attainable. Yeah. It's attainable. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one real quick kind of pseudo techie note. And here's, here's the tip of the, a tip of the uh, the night, so to speak, having to do or the, or the segment, so to speak, yeah. having to do with this. What, what it, what, made this game fail at least as best as i can tell to this point because i've not even gotten it to boot yeah when whoever swapped in this nywump board yeah when they did it they obviously replaced the two connectors that you saw they uh-huh. were probably eaten up with corrosion yeah as the battery leaked and uh, um they cut the connectors spliced in what's there there was another connector that they didn't do this to. <laughs> okay. So when, when I got the game, uh, it had two or three wires just flying. Yeah. And by the time I got it into the, you know, I, I've had it sitting out in the building for a little while. By the time I got it down into the, into the basement and looked it over a little bit, I another wire ended up breaking off out of the, this connector. Yeah. And it, it was it was apparent that the connector, the wires were corroded. They were, you know, very discolored. Um, so I started to replace the pins and when you get into a situation like this and you know you can translate this into uh, a video game this, I, I, I had this exact same thing happen with the Adams family that I've got down here I know I've talked about it mm-hmm. the, the 
the corrosion in, in from 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 a leaking battery that that substance and everyone says acid and, it, and I, technically I don't believe it's actually acid so that's it's, why I'm it's kinda, what's left over yeah, after the acid yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of walking that's why I'm I'm hesitant to say battery acid yeah you know because yeah. no, it's I, it's not I, acid I understand I understand um if it gets in a connector if it gets to the pins of the connector that stuff like it will creep down a trace on a PCB it mm-hmm. will creep right into the wire and down the wire really from the inside from the inside so like yeah. on the atoms that i've got sitting over here i had one of them um one of the wires that i actually had to go all the way down into uh, the body and i just i just i kept pulling it cutting it stripping it still it, it just wasn't you can you can look at it and tell it's not shiny it's not clean there's something else going on yeah here. it's it's all it's all dull yeah, yeah i had to go down into the body cut it and then run a new wire from the body and and in this roller disco you know, there's, I think there was six, maybe seven wires that were in this connector. Yeah. Um, one of them, I cut back three inches. Yeah. Two of them thus far, I've had to go from where, where the connector resides in the head all the way down to the body to, there's a junction point basically in the body where Gottlieb put their diodes instead of putting like a diode on a switch like a lot of the other manufacturers did they actually had them laid out on a uh, like a a little board if you will and you know one side was the the wire that leads into the the head up to the cpu the other side goes up to the play field so you had one little one little place if you will where all the diodes were lined up okay so I had one where the corrosion had gone all the way down the wire from the head, wow. uh, three quarters of the way up the body, and had actually gone through and chewed, eaten the diode out. Yeah. And then I had one that's wire. Ama- that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Had, but, but if you think about it, it probably takes years for this to happen. Oh, yeah. It probably takes, but, yeah. But if it, if it just sits there for, for 10, 15 years, yep. it's got all the time in the world for that to take place. So I, uh, I had... Exactly. You know, yeah. so I had I had two of them that had gone all the way back to the to that little the board where the diodes were. I had two of them that were I had to cut back half the length of the wire till I got clean wire. So, you know, if you're ever in that situation, don't just cut the wire and throw a pin on it, stick it back in a in a in a edge connector. Actually look at it yeah. and then start going back, start cutting back until you find clean wire. Yeah. And uh, you know, I solder them together and I heat shrink them and then Here's another little tip. You know, you don't have this massive array of colors. And like this Gottlieb, (laughs) this Gottlieb. (laughs) I'm sure it's easy to get mixed up. This Gottlieb, I'm fairly certain someone had told me at one point in time, I think it was Edward mentioned, Gottlieb had their own. Ed Lutz. Ed Lutz. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've interviewed interviewed. previously. And actually, I think this has come up on maybe an interview I've heard with some of the the Gottlieb interviews I've heard with some of the Gottlieb folks, factory folks. They bought all white wire and they had their own striping machine. Oh, geez. So, you know... That would just make me mad. And it's just not... It's, you know, some some manufacturers will do like... It's like... like I mean, I get it, but I don't like it. You know, these are like three stripe wires, like red, red, brown, red, red, orange, or black, black, brown. And yeah. so what yeah. I, what I do, you I, know, I had to back away from the mic just so I could shake my <laughs> head, I, just, just in frustration. It's like, ah. Uh. So you know what I do when I'm cutting a wire that's going to be, you know, six, ten inches, a foot, two foot, or five foot from the header, I'll take some of that original wire, and I'll, I'll heat shrink. You know, I'll take a little sleeve of heat shrink tube and I'll heat shrink 
tube or I'll zip tie a loop of it up by the header. Mm-hmm. And if somebody might look at it and they're like, what is that? Well, if you have to go back and troubleshoot the game mm-hmm. and all the wires are blue, mm-hmm. it, you're, it, it just makes it that much more difficult. Yeah. But if all the wires are blue and there's a, there's a three or four inch section of the original wire with the original stripe hanging off of it yeah you real really quick know oh okay well that's that's that, that used to be this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that exactly. was this or that corresponds to this yeah yeah okay no so that, 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 that's fair that's a you know one of the little things that i do is just so that if i ever have to get back in it or the next person yeah you know you're not just looking at you know all blue wires it's uh, I think uh, I actually think this was Edward it's standing there just cussing it till the day is done. I actually think I'd have to ask him again next time we have him on the show. We'll have to try to remember to ask him. I think Edward had told me that he's actually been into Gottlieb's and the the they had been so well used uh-huh. the, that the, the striping had come off and he had all white wire. Yeah. You know, and at, and at that point, you just have to take a meter and go at it. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you so. just, just got to figure it out. Well, I'll say this, Brent. It it is it is a good looking machine. To me, it to me it's it's like Survivor class, you know, or like Survivor class plus. But it's it looks like it's going to clean up really really well. You know, when you're done with it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for. We ought to grab some pictures, post it to the Facebook page because it'll be neat to see what it looks like when it's done versus where it sits right now. And it's not. And, and to me, it's not just not that any restoration or refurb is run of the mill. But uh, but you know, I, I mean, you see a lot of people work on you know the the mainstream arcade games, you know the classics like you know Donkey Kong, Miss Pac Pac, or whatever, and you already know what you're going to get when you're done. You know, it's like how close can this get to my mental image of of what it what we all know it's it should look like? But a title like this. It's intriguing because it's not one that you see every day, and uh, it, it it just be neat to see how it turns out. I think it's going to turn out real well. If, yeah, if, if it anything, looks like it will. If anything, just looking at the back glass and the color, yeah, it'll get it'll catch your eye and you're. It'll make you walk up to it and take yeah. a look at it. Well, so. I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing it right now at, at this point, and, and it really caught my interest as soon as I, you know, got to, you know, got to rub my eyes over it there. Well, so well the glass it, is off sweet. of it. If you just want to roll some balls up, I'll get underneath the, the body and I'll go, I'll make noise. Yeah, go like, pew, ding, pew, ding, pew, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, like that. That'd be sweet, Brent. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a lot going on. So, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the update. Yeah, grab, we'll have to grab Grab some more pictures and, and post them. Post them uh, uh, up to our Facebook feed, so so that everybody can see what uh, you know what what progress you've made. All right, so Whitney, um, let's flip the coin. Yeah, I think we're going to flip the coin and we're going to slide into what I've been working. What you've on. been working, man. On. Well, dude, I'll tell you. Um, the The past month is the past month has been a lot of fun for me. I mean, we've had Christmas break. Uh, kind of you know factored in you know factored into the last uh, you know to the last time period from from episode number four. So uh, I think I'd mentioned in episode number four that one of the things that I wanted to get done over the Christmas break was uh, a project that I've uh, had kind of on my plate for a bit uh, is to do a centipede restoration uh, both both mine and my brothers at the same time. 
Well, Brent, uh, despite me talking about that last month, uh, it didn't happen. So I didn't even get close. But it is still next up on the docket. Okay? Now, was that a Christmas gift? Did it he, was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be a surprise gift? Uh, no, 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 no. No, okay. it, no it was one. My, my brother's known about it for quite some time. We've been amassing, you know, amassing and collecting parts to do, you know, to essentially refurb both of them side by side. That's my goal, to essentially do two centipedes at once. So you didn't, okay? uh, so you didn't give me like a big box and then and it was a picture of a centipede. And like a like, centipede keychain or it's, something it's like that. It's coming. It's coming. Just I'll, wait. Yeah, it'll be here in September or something like that. No, but I mean, I had wanted to try to start on those and, and hopefully get them done by Christmas. But, uh, dude, it, it just it just wasn't going to – it just didn't happen. So – I've I've been uh, I've been you know kind of knee deep in this whole project flip flop deal okay and for uh, for anybody who doesn't who doesn't know or is kind of catching this for the first time uh, this is a side by side Nintendo cabinet restoration or, or refurbishment or refurb I guess you could say um, where I'm taking uh, my Donkey Kong Junior and my Donkey Kong Three and I'm moving them moving the games between cabinets. Uh, and then going through and cleaning them up, putting on new artwork and, and uh, you know, monitor service and everything like that. So, Brent, in, in classic... So, at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a red junior... No, in, or, in or, uh, no, I'm sorry, an orange Donkey Kong 3 and a blue junior. Okay. Yes. Because okay. the 3 was in a blue cabinet. The 3 was in a blue okay. cabinet, and it was dirty, dude. And the Donkey Kong Jr. was in an orange cabinet, as it should be, uh, it, 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 I guess, or as, as it, it, you know, as it was in the factory. Okay. As most people, people would think that it should be. Um, but it was dirty as well. I mean, both of these cabinets, they're, they're they were extremely solid, but extremely dirty. Okay. So fast forward a month and, and me thinking that I can get so much done in four weekends and in four weekends, I got done about, uh, what I thought I thought I should have gotten done in about a day. You know, it, it just worked out like that. Brent. Life it, catches up with you. Life catches yeah. up with you, man. And I, I've been lucky these, uh, these past few weeks, if not months where I've, I've had some time that I could dedicate. Well, so. and, and that, and that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I've had a little bit of time as well, but you know, over the Christmas break, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to spend time with family and 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 do do a lot of other stuff, but uh, but I was able to squirrel away, you know, some time to work on on Project Flip Flop over the break, and and it worked out. It's it's worked out pretty well. I'm done with half of it. Uh, the Donkey Kong Junior is done. It's in the blue cabinet. Uh, everything's cleaned up. I mean, dude, I think you could pretty much eat off that cabinet inside or out. I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet, even if I did it. And I've got a picture, uh, got a couple pictures of it up on on the Facebook feed for anybody who's interested in taking a look at it. Now, did you go through the joysticks as well? I did. I, I completely, I, I I ripped everything apart, Brent. I mean, I, I completely serviced the the joystick, uh, the uh, the joystick. I completely serviced the buttons. I uh, completely serviced the monitor from from you know top to bottom. Uh, went through, uh, you know, cleaned up the power supply, uh, you know, cleaned up the boards, you know, as, as best as you can without, you know, taking a working board and making it non-working. But, you know, just, just kind of, you know. You didn't just, use a wire wheel. No, 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 I did not. I did not. But I, I was I was genteel with them there, Brent. But but got everything uh, got everything up to up to my standards as far as as far as having a nice clean game because Brent, you know, a lot of people probably have no problem playing, you know, playing, you know, quote unquote, uh, you know, 
dirt, dirty or unclean games, but to me it bothers me. And I actually, in I, my enjoyment of the game is it, it is heightened by having the game nice and clean and pretty fresh. You know, I, I just I just enjoy it more, and I don't really know why. I just it's just a it's just a weird thing about me. You know, so uh, no, I I can relate to that. I mean, yeah. if you look, some of the games that I've got down here aren't the best from a cosmetic perspective yes. if they're if they're here they're solid yeah, I mean, the, and, that, and that's all the it, pack it, that i've got over there is a good example it's yep. it's it's it, from a from the car world we'd call that a rat rod yeah well okay, it, it's enough. not a conglomeration of parts jammed together to make it but you know it's um um it, it's it's well worn yeah. it shows its age but it, it doesn't look like it has just been just absolutely out of abused. a barn yeah. yeah but it's clean yes. i'm with well, you you know i like to go through and i give them a good a good going cleaning. through a good, right. good going through buddy yeah and um and and i've gone through and and previously and previously uh over the course of the summer i'd uh sandblasted a lot of nintendo coin doors so i went to my to my pile got out a couple of nintendo coin doors uh you know shot them with primer shot them with uh with paint and man, the the coin doors turned out looking good. So, uh, you know, Brennan, now, did you blast them or did you ha- take them, send no, them out? No, I blasted them myself. Do you have, uh, did you have a cabinet? Do you have a cabinet? I do not at this point in time, but I have I have a friend who does. Oh, okay. And so, okay. so, so right. if, as long as I get all my parts together uh, and and kind of batch my trips, he doesn't mind me going over and sandblasting. And I I pretty much have to make like a day of it, but I can, I can clean some serious, I can clean some metal dude in a day that way. So uh, I've got a pile uh, of excess Nintendo coin doors. I sandblasted every single one of them. And then I I just wrapped them and put them in a cardboard box until the day that I knew that I was going to need them. Because Brent, I have been planning on doing projects flip-flop for about three years now it's just getting the time and getting a couple of other projects off my plate where i could dedicate to these two machines but brent i've wanted a blue donkey kong jr for years <laughs> as, did, as a child he dreamt of a blue donkey kong jr <laughs> it, it was my seventh it was my seventh birthday brent <laughs> no but but it, i mean I think if you go and look at the pictures, it, it, it turned out well. And to me, when I look at it, the color scheme and the art and everything fits for, for, for a blue Donkey Kong Jr. And I know a lot, a lot of people will say, you know, they'll say, well, that's not that's not how it was. And I understand that, but that's how I like it. It's your game. And, well, I like It's how I like it. It's your and, game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. And. And so when you see it, it it doesn't it doesn't look um, it, it doesn't you know look out of place. It's just it's just Junior in a blue cabinet. So I'm 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 pretty happy with it, man. So uh, installed a high score save kit on it. Like I say, went through went through the entire. I've not heard of those. What do those do? We're, we're going to talk about okay. them a bunch here soon. All right, and um, and it went through the monitor and everything. And, and Brent, I'll, I'll tell you one of the one of the things that caused me to be so slow at this project is the monitor repairs. And so I've been talking in the past couple of episodes about, you know, about doing some bulk Sanyo repairs and the, the repair itself is not what is not really what slows me down because, you know, doing the cap kits are just a function of time and, and the, you know, 433 caps that are on a Sanyo chassis, you know, just kind of muscling through those. And, and the fact that it's just like, you know, wired. Dude, dude. It, it's 
it's, it's like an octopus. Yeah. It's like an octopus tied to a squid hanging off of a fishing yeah. net. It's, it's, it, it's, it's like they use bailing wire to it, put that thing on. I mean, it is attached. It, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because if I've often heard people say that if you can if you can successfully work on on a Sanyo chassis, getting it out of the monitor, working on it and putting it back in, then you can work on any other monitor out there. And I think that's by and large true because. It, it, working on the Sanyo monitors, uh, the Sanyo chassis, you know, in, in the Nintendo cabinets, it's an exercise in frustration. But when you get them done and they work right, it's very rewarding. Okay, but because they have so many wires and they have so many adjustment points, I mean, Brent, the things a Sanyo chassis has got three points of adjustment just for brightness alone. Okay, it kind of it, it kind of makes you wonder how uh, you know Electra Home come up came up with what's. You know, I'm sure from yeah. an engineering perspective, there, there's obvious massive differences in the monitor. <laughs> yes. But I'm just like, why it, does it have fi- to? It's just firing a tube. Bro. Why does it have to be so complex? Why does it have to be so complex? Yeah, like on, on a Sanyo chassis, so for, for for brightness, the master brightness on the flyback. Okay, there's a sub brightness that's on the chassis itself, and then there's there's the fine tune brightness that's on that's on, on on the remote card. Okay, and so it, it's it, yeah, it, it's they they can be so frustrating, but when they're dialed in. They're, they're awesome. Beautiful. They're, beautiful. they're beautiful. And so, so where a lot of my time has been spent is troubleshooting the dialing in, the convergence, and and just the the little things on what you have to do uh, after a cap kit is installed on those. And and so everybody listening may say, well, Whitney, what do you have to do after a cap kit is installed on those? And it's it's not that it's a lot. I mean, it's it's definitely you know getting all the controls uh, all the controls adjusted properly. The biggest thing, Brent, that I have run into though, is uh, setting convergence on those on those tubes after uh, after the cap kit is installed. And a lot of people out there listening may say, "Well, why does it change between taking the chassis out and putting the chassis back in?" And I don't think I don't think it actually changes per se from a physical standpoint, but but it's additive, okay? And what I what I have found is whether whether the the rings are a little loose, okay, and they take a little bit of a bump and they and they nudge. Or I yeah, had, that, that glue will dry out the, the after glue dries thirty out, years, and, and it loses its it loses its grip. Okay, a, well, a lot of monitors that I do. I mean, uh-huh. if you look at the glue, you can tell it's just you could almost blow on, it and it'll just crack and come crack. right off. Well, and I'll, before they start getting in that, okay, well they've moved. You know, you move the game, they bump, and they, I'll usually hot glue them. Well, I I'm, I want to talk about that because that's that's something that I that I had to resort to because. Brent, one of the uh, one of the monitors that I was working on um, that that uh, I'd swapped, to, I'd done a tube swap, okay, but it was a Sanyo, a Sanyo for a Sanyo, okay. So I I swapped I swapped from a um, not a bad burned tube on on the Donkey Kong Junior, uh, definitely very usable, but in my inventory I had a completely burn free tube, okay, out of a Popeye. All right, that I'd acquired in a group by some time back. The Popeye never worked, okay, and or at least I never saw it work. But the the monitor was beautiful on it, and I was like, man, I'm buying the Popeye just for for that almost that alone. So 
I, I did the tube swap uh, in, in trying to get the most burn-free tube in in back into the game. And Brent, that actually it, that actually wound wound up costing me easily a day and a half or so because of troubleshooting that tube after after I got everything back and in, installed back in, into the all uh, that glittered was not gold. All the glittered Brent was not gold, and I tell you, and I learned a lot by that because here's here's what i found out um and and hopefully this hopefully this helps some other people out that that's listening here Brent, what i found out is um what you're talking about with the glue is exactly true because when i when i powered the monitor up it was extremely dim okay and i thought okay not a problem i can i can adjust that out the picture's there okay it's it, so so it works my my work is good it, now it's just adjusting it out Brent, no matter what i did no matter what I did and how much I adjusted uh, any combination of the three points on, on the Sanyo chassis, I could not get that that picture tube to give me a bright enough picture that I would be satisfied with. And it's amazing, though. So the, the thing, the, the tube, the face of the tube was literally beautiful, beautiful, beautiful burn-free. Brent, I'm telling you, you would look at it and go, my gosh, I don't even think that thing's been turned on. And so here's the interesting thing about Sanyo's, at least the ones that I've i've had um you just don't see a lot of burn on them and and they typically had that 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 pack-esque type game where there was like donkey kong that you you pac-man was always running uh, you know uh, the majority of time that maze yes donkey kong had if memory serves some attract mode to it oh it it does but they're You've you've got the girders. You've got and the, they're well, pretty fixed and, and, and Popeye. Well, and, and, and Junior. And th- that's true. The vines. That's true. The vines because you, like in Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior, the attract mode is just the first is just the first level, and that's okay. all it ever is. And it switches between the first level, the attract mode, the title screen, and then uh, and then the high score table, and then it just rotates. And, okay. And given that, so it's the same sprites over and over and I, over again. I've I've seen slightly burned uh-huh. yeah. N- Tanyos. Oh, yeah. But nothing yeah. as heavy as you would see like out of a, a whatever tube Electrohome used or Wells Gardner yeah, used. Yeah, so, a Geo so 7 the, you know, stuck in... A, well, something that, that I see that gets a lot of burn are centipedes and froggers. You know, okay. they, they just... Oh, yeah, I, centipede, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Centipedes and froggers I see burned a lot. So, so. Th- so this thing, this tube was beautiful. Oh, this tube was so beautiful, and I was so jazzed, man, because I knew exactly where that tube was going to go. It was inside this junior uh, to replace the tube that, that did have a considerable... Uh, some some burn. I, I don't want to say considerable is not... not, the, not um, that's not doing it justice because that implies that it had more than it actually did. But it had uh, it for had, a Sanyo, it had a lot. It had distinguishable burn for right. a Sanyo. Okay, so here, so here's the deal: power this thing up can adjust the, it cannot adjust the brightness up to the point to where I'm satisfied with it. I get it. I get it reasonably close. Okay, and it's it's bad. It's bad when it, it, and I had it close enough to where I was almost satisfied with it. Okay, but it but Brent, it it wasn't giving me the pop. It wasn't giving me that that crisp, ultra clean. Like I'm just done with a cab kit. This thing is so when be- you're rocking beautiful. When you're telling me close, I'm assuming that you close to your visually meaning would, would that's telling me you couldn't go any further. You pretty much had the pots. I, I was I was maxed to the point where it was actually bleeding. Okay, and gotcha. I got it to the point where the picture would bleed and then back it off, and it's like that's as far as I can go. And I'm like, well. 
I know it's not the chassis. I know it's not the chassis. So what's going on? And it, it's tough because my daughter, uh, my daughter, you know, uh, watches me and, and, you know, God love her. She's the best helper in the world. She, she, she hangs with me a lot of times while I'm Is doing this going to turn and, into a story like from the Christmas story where Ralphie drops the lug nuts and he says the, the word. No, 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 and no. Where did you they, hear it? Now Brent, Dad. Brent, this is a family show. <laughs> okay, that's why I'm not saying it. <laughs> and, and they don't, he says fudge. He does say fudge, but it's, it's a protracted fudge. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. And it's a three minute fudge. Is this is where, is. is this where your wife says, where does she learn that? And then she lies and said it was, you know, no, no, it was little Susie. No, okay, no, okay, I tell you, right. I tell you, I, tell you, I my, wanted to make sure I knew where we were going. No, here. I, I'm telling you what, my daughter, she would give me the stink eye if, if, if she if she heard me do that. So I, I, I watch my P's and my Q's around her. So um, so nonetheless, um, she she looked at the screen, and, and here she is, Brent. She's eight years old, and she goes, Daddy, that doesn't look very, very good. And I'm like, daggone it, she's right. You know, <laughs> it's one of those deals where I was, I was kind of denying it, you know, because I put so much work into it. And, and, and it was like I wanted it to be good, even though subconsciously I knew that it really wasn't. You but talked I, yourself into I, it. I had I had almost talked myself into it. I bet it. if you put it next to a good-looking game, that's, ex- that's when you... Well, th- that's exactly what I did man is is i i went i took the i took the machine uh you know set the monitor in inside the cabinet just you know attached a couple of screws so that it wouldn't flop out on me or anything i wheeled it down the hall and set it right next to my donkey kong which my donkey kong has beautiful a beautiful picture okay and brent you fire the two ne- up next to i fired the two you know up next to each other and my daughter looked, and I looked, and she goes, see, Daddy, not even close. And I'm like, golly, she's right. And I'm like, okay. Probably, well, at that point, you probably couldn't see the forest for the trees. Well, you looked that, at it so long. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I had looked past it. Lost frame, it, of, re- frame yeah, of reference. Yeah, I'd lost my frame of reference. It, but but then when, when my 8-year-old says, no good, Daddy, I'm like, yep, that's it. So wheel it back into my workroom, proceed to take the take the monitor back out of the cabinet, and I thought, okay, it's time for a rejuve on this baby. Okay, so when I set it down back down on on the uh, on, on the work shelf, I had uh, you know I, I had I had been trying to get the convergence correct on 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 the game as part of adjusting trying to adjust the picture up to the point where I was faking myself out, <laughs> and I noticed that the I noticed that that the rings were a little loose, but I thought, well, at this point, I'm going to rejuve it. You know, what have I got to lose? So I actually actually you know kind of grabbed the entire ring, you know, the the, the yoke the whole assembly, the, the whole ring ring assembly there on on the yoke, and Brent the entire the entire thing just rotated so free and so loose i wasn't at that point i really didn't care if you want to know the yeah. truth of it because i now, I kinda, now that wouldn't have anything to do with the brightness no no it doesn't but, but you already you're like something's up with so, this. something's up i knew yeah. something was going on with the tube because it just it just didn't look the way that it should and and even though um even though i was at that point i, I was almost at the point where even though i was at the point where i was going to hook it up to the rejuvenator i was like and eh, i don't really care at this point let's see what's going on and brent it was it was odd because 
I was adjusting the, the convergence, static convergence on it, and I could never get the convergence to stick for any more than 10 or 15 minutes at a time. And I, I apologize because I've gone down this whole rat hole about the brightness of the tube, but the other issue was is no matter where I was adjusting the, the rings, I could get the blues and the reds to line up, and then literally, literally, I'd get them to line up. I would get the, I'd get the static convergence pretty good, get up walk out of the room go go use the go use the bathroom go get something to drink or whatever come back in 10 minutes later convergence is out again it, it drifts okay it was drifting out and so now you had mentioned a tube to me was this the same tube where half of the screen that's it half half was converged properly and the other half i could not get and converged that's, properly and, and that or, or converged to stay and proper. that just seems because it, it's it's odd any, any of the any of the tubes that i've had to i've wanted to touch up the convert or if i've had a situation where i could tell the rings had been spun uh-huh. you know that that's just not the way that it acts you i know, know your rings well, tend to affect the outer edges it, yes exactly and it's, that is just it, it's, it's weird because so so i so all add all that together and i know the tubes the tubes behaving oddly okay so I, like i say fast forward to getting it back out of the machine uh, discharging it and everything like that, setting it down on on my workbench, and the two and the ring assembly would not only all three all three sets of rings would not only spin like you like you like the wheel of fortune, but they would move up and down <laughs> up and uh, down the length of the neck uh, up and down the length of the neck, and I thought, okay, well this is you know there th- this thing has been has been cranked on before one way shape or form, so. I hook it up to my rejuvenator, and I've at this point, Brent, I've got uh, as of right now, I've got a uh, a BK four ninety, okay, very very fine, very fine rejuvenator, and uh, and I went through the setup on the tube and everything like that, you know, double checked everything, and ran through the tests, okay, and and all three guns on the tube failed miserably, failed miserably, and I'm like, really, it, it, it that was just so odd to me because the tube was so nice looking from 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 the front facing so okay now, now you bring up a a, a a question to my mind okay whenever you have a monitor out and you're working on it i, w- I will now brent <laughs> <laughs> you'll put it on a rejuvenator uh, every single time going See, forward brent even if even if i take a working mon okay i'm going to clean this monitor up it's working yeah i can tell it's it it you know i can probably adjust that out but i'm yeah. just going to go ahead and, and you know if i'm putting it if I'm putting in my game room or even to be honest with you, a game that I know I'm going to let go of at some point in time. Yeah. I, I try to make it look from, you know, the mod, that's, that's kind of the eye into the game. Oh, it's, it's the most important so, part of and this. It's, and it's so easy to do. and so expensive. I'll rebuild yeah. them. You know, yeah. I just don't want them fly. No, no, no. And, I understand. And I, I, if I've got a monitor out, yeah. apart, open, whatever, I'll put my rejuvenator on. It. Oh, yeah. Well, let's put it this way, Brent. I, I had I had kind of shied away from you from using the rejuvenator. Oh, uh, just hit it. Just well, <laughs> see, and and I'm I'm gonna tell you what, Brent. I wound up hitting that thing like it owed me money. Okay, <laughs> multiple times. It, it would get up and say, "Is my jaw broken enough?" And I'm like, <laughs> no. "Not yet." I'm getting ready to kick it again. <laughs> but but here here's the thing, though, Brent. Um, I mean, if it's broke. It can't get any broker. The only way it can get any brokers is is if it had a ball bat run through the front of it at this point. Okay, so so here I am, 
So I've got the rejuvenator hooked up to it. All three guns are failing miserably. And my daughter's sitting there looking at it. And she goes, Daddy, that red's bad. Isn't it? And I'm like, oh, yes, honey, it's really bad. She's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. She, I mean, she sat there and watched me the entire time, Aww. you know, hooking everything up and going through it, setting it all up. And she doesn't understand what it all what it all you know amounts to. But she, but she's intrigued. And, and you know what, Brent? That's cool. Yeah. So that's so cool. anyway, so so we're sitting there, and she's like, "Daddy, that that's pretty bad." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, baby, that's uh, that's that's not good." And so, so Brent, I you know I go through the, like the clean and the balance steps on on the BK. The BK's got got two options for for rejuvenation. Okay, you can either do what's considered a, a clean and a balance or a rejuvenation. All right. So either. You know, either you know the walk through the park, or you know, you know, get dragged under, get dragged under the truck, you know, across the driveway. One of the two. So I started with the the clean and the balance, and, and Brent, I might as well just had. I wish I'd given. I wish I could get my ten minutes of my life back because it did <laughs> nothing. Okay, and so so I step up and and I go to, through the rejuve, and and Brent not only could not only did multiple cycles of rejuvenation not do anything. And I would wait, you know, probably five or six minutes, uh, you know, to let, you know, let the filaments cool and everything like that. I wouldn't just leaning on it, you know, like waiting for, you know, if, if I press this button long enough, the red will go to green. You know, it wasn't that. I mean, I was very. <laughs> or I'll burn the rejuvenator or, or I'll just smoke it, one of the two. No, I, Brent, I was, I was being very methodical and very intentional about what I was doing. But even even through several repeated cycles, I could not get I could not get the guns, uh, I could not get the tracking on the guns right at all. I think it, we're gonna have to have a follow up report on this because well, you and I have talked about this a little bit, Whitney, and we're gonna yeah. try to. I use uh, I've got Sincor rejuvenators. Well, and, and now Brent, now, now we're we're gonna go down. Uh, if we keep going talking about the sin, we're gonna go down a whole nother yeah, good I know. path. Okay. And, and, uh, so we're going to take a look at we're at least going to take a look at this monitor from a little different piece of equipment. Well, and you know what, Brent? Here, here's what we ought to do. If if we um, and I don't want to make a promise, but if we can get the time, we probably ought to set up uh, a camera and film and just make a video on going through the BK. And I, I ought to do it from my side. And we because here's the thing, Brent. We got this tube. We might as well get get something out of it at this point. We, okay, we may fix it. We may fix it. You know, here's the thing. If we work on it wrong 42 times on the 43rd time, it just it, it just goes good. You know, who, who knows? <laughs> but um, but he, here's the thing. It would be neat to stack the different rejuvenators against each other and just do kind of like a comparison between what does the BK do, how does it report it, and then what does the Syncor do, and how does it report it, and, and just just see see what we get. But now on your tube, let me ask you. A, yeah. Here's a here's a question. Does it still have the labels on the back of the tube? Oh, the factory labels. Sure. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. For the numbers and all that. Well, oh yeah. Where yeah. I was going is. Um, at least here in Louisville. Now I don't know where, where the tube came from. Ultimately, Man, I, you know, er, earlier we were talking. We earlier we were talking about my battle zone. Japan. <laughs> Japan. Japan. That's well, like that's like once I was on an island and someone asked me which way to the water and I just pointed and turned 360 degrees. Yes, exactly. Literally, I, yeah. I've done that. Um, you know. I, I asked you where that if you knew the history of the tube and here I am having discussed a battle zone that came from you know the the northern over corner there. yeah the yeah. northern corner as Whitney of, points to the left yeah. yeah it came from over there the northern corner of Washington State and <laughs> yeah. we're in Kentucky um, I know here in Louisville we act, there was a company that would uh, when these things were uber expensive uh-huh. as if they'd never been but 
uber uber expensive and it, it was well, cost it, effective you know, to repair it, a tube in one in one at one day at one point in the past these things were uh i mean what what did a new what did a new donkey kong cost at one point in, in the, well, in the three past? grand three or four thousand dollars and i bet and i bet the monitor was the monitor and the pcb were these significant intellectual pieces of intellectual property inside that there's machine. there's a site out um there's a site out there it's got a lot of atari docs uh-huh. and they've got like the bill of uh bill materials, of materials. Yeah, the B- for the, a lot of yeah the boms on for them. a lot of your atari games and you know the 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 costs and you're right on it you know your monitor and your pcb yeah that's where a lot of your money was that's where your money was there there was a company here in louisville and i'm sure there were several throughout the country that would take a tube and they would literally cut the neck off they would replace the guns yeah pardon me they would pull a vacuum back on the tube they would they would uh, uh quote i think they even called it welding quote unquote weld it up uh-huh. you know so yeah. they, they would uh reattach the glass yeah and the tubes that i've seen that have been done like that they'll have the stickers pulled off of them and then they'll have a um the, the sticker from the company on it with you know this tube is equivalent to like a like a more generic part number yeah, on it. so it's okay i was just wondering if it had been open no th- this so. one this one has and not they'll pull the factory stuff off because yeah. yeah yeah no no this this one this one has not i mean the the model number on the tube was inside the bk manual and everything like that so it w- wasn't any problem when, when it comes to that it, it had the you know it had the manufacturer stickers on it and all that so so yeah brent so I, so no no matter what I did with the BK I was not able to to even get the I couldn't set the tracking on it at all the tracking failed miserably in the emission test just continually to just just you know it is far left did, on did the you shake the tube could. did it sound like it was like a washer no. in there you, floating you, around? you know something I, I'll tell you what as funny as that is it's a very valid question um, did the hippie hippie shake and there were there was nothing going on with the tube like a screen so, come loose yeah or... no it, it it was fine so so at that point I'm sitting there looking at my looking at my rejuvenator going is it you or is it the tube because one of the two of you is wrong okay there there's something not right. So I got. So this tube has you questioning your trusty B and K. It does. It really, really does because Brent. Nothing this tube has done thus far has been good. It's the bad apple. It really is because it's 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 literally like that thing is is dressed up like a Corvette with no motor in it. You know, you walk (laughs) up to it and it's like, oh, that uh, look at that. It's a beautiful Corvette, and then then you know you get in to start it, and it's I mean it's nothing. You know, there's just (laughs) nothing there, and it just doesn't make sense. It's like why that, but um. But but here here's the thing. So I get out two more tubes, okay, and I'm like, I've got to have a control. I've got to have a, a control specimen at this point, as now I've got to verify that my that my rejuvenator is working properly. And so I I got out two more tubes, set them. I, I did like a little assembly line, had all three tubes sitting there, and I systematically went through all three tubes with the rejuvenator. And the other two that I knew to be good were fine. The rejuvenator tested them. The emissions were fine. I set the tracking on yeah I, I, I adjusted the tracking on on the guns fine no problem whatsoever and um so this tube still survives you haven't adjusted it with a hammer yet no you? no no it is okay. not it is not met the 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 ultimate adjustment so <laughs> so i i'm planning on brent we'll bring it over we'll, we'll say you've got a syncor right i've got a syncor yeah okay so a cr70 a cr70 okay gotcha so we'll bring it over we'll put it on your syncor and see what we get at some point 
we'll uh, and, and you know something I'll even um, it, well I did take pictures so it's it's up on the project flip-flop Facebook uh, photo album of what this tube was doing before I ultimately decided to swap it out so so at, at the end of all of that okay if if uh, if anybody <laughs> if anybody's still hanging on to this but I, I think it's been a fairly interesting ride because of what I went through in order to finally get this Donkey Kong Jr. done so if anything, it might be a lesson on yeah. when to, when, when to, when call to concede it, or at when, least compare. When, 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 to, when to realize you've started to pound sand because mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's the point that I'd gotten to. But I, I, think it's still, I think it's still salient here because you know, it, it, we, we invest so much time and sweat equity in these machines and getting them right. Brent, you'll, you'll, even, you know, you'll even get to the point where you do. You look past the trees and, and still think it's right. Well, you, you, know, know? you, just, you just hit on a point that, that I think, if memory serves, we discussed in the last episode in relation to uh, a listener question. And you might have not realized you were doing this, but you just can't go and get these parts. And, and when you get them, you want to the make fr- them work and, and you want to hold on to them. And that's the frustrating part because I didn't want to to tell, I didn't want to concede to the point to where I say, here I've got this beautiful, completely burn-free Sanyo tube. I don't want to put it out to pasture because that just doesn't feel right at all. Nothing about retiring that tube was right to me. Not a thing. But Brent, when you go by when you go by what the reju- what the rejuvenator said, and when I go by my my inability to keep the convergence right or even get the adjustment up, you know the tube had a had a had a dim picture and the convergence would walk on it. I know that was caused by how the rings were, but at the same point, the ring like like what you were talking about, the rings only do so much, you know. And and, and, and the drifting over time, that's and just, the drifting over time, and and you could you could literally get it converged to some point, and like I say, walk away, and then ten minutes later, you're back to where you started. Extremely frustrating. So um, so anyway, Brent, uh, to make a to make a, a, what what has turned into a very long story uh, short. I just had to pull the chassis off off the off the frame, uh, set the tube to the side, go back up to my garage, get another tube out. Uh, I picked the next least burned Sanyo tube that I had, which which actually has very little burn. Brought it down to the brought it back in the house, down into my workroom, put it on, let it warm up because it was cold. I let it warm up, hooked it up to the rejuvenator, and it uh, it tested fine. I, I was able to adjust the tracking on it, got everything lined up a okay, and installed the chassis. And um, all right, I'm gonna ask you, a, yeah, why didn't you just set the two frames side by side and then just pull the tubes out and move the tubes? Was there something else you were trying to? Well, was the was the one frame just you well, wanted a really it was really nice and really clean. It, 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 was, and it was a very clean frame. There, and, and, that and, makes sense. And, and you know something, I needed that chassis anyway to rebuild it. So I, I go up to my I go up to my garage, get get a tube out of inventory or monitor out of inventory, bring it back down to the house, and it's like you know, I, I it had a very dirty chassis on it, and it's it's like you know what, I'll just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll no, just, that, okay, yeah, that I, makes I'll, sense. I'll rebuild that. The frame was nice and rust free, and it's like I'll just hit that with some simple green, and hopefully all this works out. And yeah. it did. So Brent, I, so I I did a clean and a balance on on the tube, and installed the chassis, and uh, fired it all, hooked it all back up, fired it up, and dude, I was greeted with what I would consider to be eight bit. 
perfection. Okay. And dude, and at that point I was here, hang, hang on for one second, Brent here, listen to this. He's patting himself. On that the back. was the sound of me uh, <laughs> congratulating myself because, dude, I was so ecstatic. Well, what was the I was so happy? What was the opinion of the uh, of, of my guy, daughter of the ultimate decision maker? Oh, the in ultimate the decision yeah. maker. Yeah, no, I I brought my daughter back downstairs. Uh, you know, the next day after all, because uh, as I've been talking about this, you know, a, a day transpires. Yeah. Okay, and between you know between doing stuff, getting ready for Christmas, and this and that, and you know, Brent, I'm working on this stuff as I can as I can squirrel away twenty minutes here, thirty minutes there, or whatever. And so, um, so get all this done. Next day rolls around, bring my daughter back downstairs to take a look at it. And she looks at me and she gives me the thumbs up just, <laughs> just, 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 just like that. She just gives me the big old thumbs up and she goes, you fixed it, daddy. And I'm like, sweet, you know, and Brent, I'll tell you what daughter approved daughter approved. And, and I will say this when, when it was all said and done, uh, you know, got everything adjusted. Uh, I just had to tweak the convergence on that one just ever so slightly, uh, but Brent, what I did was when, uh, after I got the convergence adjusted on it and I got it dialed in dead nuts on, uh, Brent, I did exactly what, what you're talking about with a hot glue gun. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. When, when, when I got it, when I got the convergence done, I powered it down and then I discharged the tube one last time. And then I got the I got the heat gun all uh, or the glue gun all nice and heated up. And then before I put before I got the glue gun around the tube, I unplugged the glue gun and then just did a nice little bead right across those rings. And were you afraid of like a little ESD or something between? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I was because Brent. Here's the thing. I'm probably a little overkill on precautions, but I will say that uh, that that it's probably uh, well founded and it's pr- it's probably better safe than sorry. But yes, I discharged the tube and then uh, and then unplugged the hot glue gun and then immediately walked it over to the neck and then just you know then just laid a nice little bead of glue right down the neck after you know after i'd marked everything mm-hmm. you know re- redrew my white line and everything like that and that your white line the white what i use the white line that i'm talking about is uh and, and you can use any color you want but I, i've got a set and i would highly suggest that everybody working on monitors get these go to michael's or or, or you know walmart what whatever menards whatever you have and get some paint markers and then when you get the convergence set exactly where you want it Take that paint marker, prime it real good, and then put a nice little, uh, you know, put a nice steady line down the convergence rings so that you you have a reference point if they get bumped sometime in the future. So you can always go back to home, okay? Now, here, here's something. I, now, before you started adjusting convergence, what yeah. I like to do, too... I'll use a Sharpie yeah. because when it's all said and done, you can remove the Sharpie. Yeah, you can take a little alcohol and a swab and, and remove the Sharpie. And that's very, that's a good point, but dude. Before I, if I, it, and I get this a lot, you know, I get a monitor and you look at it and you know that it's, it's the, the factory glue is still on there yeah, and it's good enough for good enough, so yeah. to speak. But yeah. you look at it and you're like, ah, I could get this a little better. Yeah. You know, it's it's not the assembly line time now it's i'm going to dial it in i'm going to dial it in so before i crack the glue off of it i'll put a, a straight line on it with a sharpie and then i'll put a point on the tube uh-huh. so i know i've got a, an external reference point yep and then i can go 
crazy. You, you can do anything I could go want. Nuts on yeah. changing it, but I could put it you right can, back to where it was. You can always put it right back to right. where it was. And yes. then when it's done, just I'll, remove it. I'll remove it. Yeah, and, and that's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, but um, but I, I went. But yeah. But so you we, use a paint marker when, you, when it's all when said, it's, when it's all said and done. When it's all said and done, get a paint marker. Draw your line so that so that if you come back to that come back to that tube a year and a half from now, and um and you need to you need to adjust it a little bit or what or it gets knocked or something like that, um you you've you've got a reference point that where you can go back to. So I, I drew the line, uh and then uh and you know and then laid the uh, laid the hot glue stripe on it and now man, do, do that, you glue your neck boards on? No, no, I, I do. I haven't. I haven't at this point. No. Uh, do you? I don't. Okay. Now I, I have. I admit that I've done a couple. Okay. And um, but I, I don't do it any longer. And, I, and if if I sell a game, if a game leaves, um, I'll, I'll tell a person, hey, look, when you get it home, this yeah. is what this is. Yeah. Don't touch this. Stay away from this. <laughs> Open the back door up and make yeah. sure this isn't dangling. Yeah. And, you know? and, that, and that, that's a good point. And, and I know that the glue is electrically inert, so it's not like it's going to make it not. It's, it's not like it would keep it from working. But I, I just know I, I press them on very carefully, mm-hmm. but very firmly. OK, make sure there's make sure that that socket is seated well on the pins at the, at the end of the neck. And then I just put the protect the frame protector back on it and just call it a day as a yeah. collector as a home use now collector type game. You know, we're not yeah. we're not moving location to location. No, we're not. not. It'll go you to know. Expo and it'll come home. Yeah. And, and then and even it. before we turn it on, we'll look. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. You know that's why I don't glue. I, I don't. I don't glue any longer. Yeah. And it, thinking back, the ones I have, it's been ones I've no, I knew that were going to leave. Yeah. And I just didn't want to. I didn't want an issue. Yeah. So. Okay, Brent. So so you know after I finished the, with the whole monitor fiasco, that kind of allowed me to wrap up the the Donkey Kong Junior. I uh, went ahead and uh, cleaned up the PCB, installed a high score save kit on it, uh, one of the Braze kits. Uh, it turned out uh, turned out to work very well. Ran into a small issue with uh, a couple of the uh, socketed, uh, a couple of the chips or the couple of the ICs being socketed around the Z80. So um, that was that was kind of kind of odd. Uh, the 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 board stack that was in that Donkey Kong Junior had. Uh, a couple of those supporting ICs socketed that didn't allow the the brace kit to sit fully inside the the CPU socket, so I actually had to wind up going back to my inventory and finding a uh, a CPU board for the Donkey Kong Junior board stack now, that did, did not have that socket. Did that look like it was? Um it was factory. It was factory. It was it was a hundred percent factory because dude No disruption of the solder, no, no flux from no, like no, a hand no, solder on no, the bottom. Zero, and, zero. And that's what completely and utterly uh threw me for a loop. Huh. Because after because I, after I saw that that after I realized that that was going to be um a blocker for getting the high score save kit installed. Um, I went ahead and pulled the pulled the board stack apart because I'm like, you know, I wonder if that's factory or not. And I pulled the board stack apart and removed the ribbon cables, flipped it over and looked, and it's like, man, that is that that, that was that was machi- that was done by machine. That is not. There's no human hands that have touched yeah. that, and you can tell. Okay, you can tell the difference, and uh, and so I just had to go back to my uh, to my inventory stash, find one that did for whatever reason uh, was not socketed. Like every other Nintendo board I've ever seen, this is the first one I've ever seen. That sounds like socketed. my kind of luck. Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's almost like I, I hit a one-two punch on getting this Donkey Kong Junior so, done. So your thought was, I've got a working board. Do I 
do I risk making it a non-working board by trying to remove this socket and direct it's, soldering? It's not, the, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. So, uh, so, so like I say, I, I just put that board back in, back in inventory as a spare and, uh, got the high score save kit installed and everything buttoned up and fired up. And I've got, uh, I've got what, what is to me, uh, the Donkey Kong Jr. that, that I, that will probably never leave, leave my collection. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It looks good. Uh, the monitor is, uh, just as equally on par with my Donkey Kong. And it, dude, it's just a beautiful, beautiful game. And I've, I've been playing the daylights out of it ever since. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I got, like I say, to, uh, to bring this all back around full circle, half of Project flip-flops done i'm now turning flip, flip is done flip is done flop has still got a ways to go now actually there's, there's not a lot left on the donkey kong 3 i'm at the point now where um i'm going to reassemble the monitor and just and and put everything back uh, back together you know innards on on the uh, on the cabinet and then essentially fire it up so my goal is by by this time next month i'll, I'll have flop uh, flop squared away and, and back in the lineup as well. And then, and then my Nintendo Rose looking pretty good. And then Brent, it's on to, uh, on to working on the two centipedes. So, so the, I'm sure your brother will be happy. Oh yes. I'm sure he will be very happy. So, uh, so that, that's the plan on that. And then, uh, as far as, as far as what I've got going on, it, what else has transpired, Brent, I'll, I'll hit this pretty quick. Um, I got in some uh, some of my pinball armor uh, for my Tron. I had sent that out for powder coating. Okay. Now was that someone? We think we discussed this. I can't we, recall. We did, was we that did, someone yeah. local that did that no, for you? No, you no, sent no, it out. No, no. I I shipped it out. Okay. Uh, to a forum member on Pinside. Oh, okay. okay? okay. And right. uh, he did the powder coating for me. And so uh, so powder coated my Tron armor uh, a very very beautiful orange. And I'll take a picture of it now that I've got it back. And we're talking about it. I'll take a picture of it. And I'll post it. Uh, I'll post it up up on our uh, up on on our Facebook feed for everybody to see. And so I've, I've got the armor back on my Tron ready to install. And so once that goes back on, um, I will then uh, proceed to install the, uh, the the lighted ramp mod that we've talked about a couple episodes back from uh, from Eli Curtis and, and from Pinbit. So so I've got some Tron work that it, that is in the queue at this point. And then um, what I, what I want to do is take the armor off my ACDC and uh, get it powder coated red at some point. But that that that'll have to wait a little bit. I need to I, I need to reassemble some stuff before I start taking more stuff apart. At you this you point. turn around and everything's a project. You turn yeah. around and everything everything's in in some portion of either disassembly or reassembly, and I, I don't want that to be the case because uh, my daughter and I and my wife we love to play ACDC, and my my daughter can easily play uh, play circles around me some some days, and so she's got the bump down, and she she can she can she can just wrangle the machine good so i don't really want to have it down until i got something else for her to play because she she loves to play pinball Brent, i mean she'll, she'll play she'll play easily three times a week and and you know for for an eight-year-old i think that's 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 a pretty good intro to the hobby man. oh absolutely so she loves to go downstairs and play so i don't want to take one i don't want to have both of them down so i'll, I'll just you know it, it can wait but it will get done now the other thing brent before we wrap this uh this portion of the show this segment up and and get into the deep dive is a, a little side project that I've been on, and you and I've kind of talked about this a bit. Yeah, this is 
This is an interesting endeavor. It, this this is an interesting endeavor. I can see uh, where it can drive you crazy and maybe to the poorhouse. Well, it, it all depends upon how you buy, when you buy, and where you buy. Okay? But to me, this has turned into almost as much fun as hunting the games themselves. And maybe this is just another way to, to drive that, that kind of euphoria that you get, you know, from, from the hunt of, of trying to find games. But, Brent, I've been on a quest here over the past... Uh, maybe four months or so to to find and acquire uh, backup PCBs for all my arcade games. Okay, so that if a, if a game were to go down, I can I can flip over and get the game going again. And and people people may ask, well, it's like Whitney, do they really get that much play that you need a backup PCB? I mean, Jiminy Christmas. I mean, is it really that well, important? And and the answer to that is. Truthfully, no. Okay, from that regard, it's not that important. In, in but perspective, yes. In, truthfully, in, in no. That, in, in in that perspective, they are correct. I mean, I can't deny it. But but here's where it matters, though, Brent. Is if you ever want to do your own board repair, if you ever want to become self sufficient, you need to have a reference point, and you need to have something that you can test against. Not not to the point where you make one working board. Uh, along with one non-working board, two dead boards. That's that's not the goal. But but you have something that, that you can compare against, okay? And you can say, well, I, I'll I'll go measure this. How do, how does a working board behave under these conditions? Well, and, you've got the perfect example of that to your right. I know we've talked about the battle zones. That's exactly right. That's one of the reasons I I decided to kind of go through both of them at the same time. Uh-huh. And you have a you have a frame of reference and. I swapped parts. Yes. I, I knew I had yes. I had issues on both sides, uh-huh. and I, I was able to swap parts to get a less of an issue. Yes, to then get a working set. Yes, and then once you have a working set, then you can take whatever else doesn't work and model it after what right. does work. Right, and start work. ruling out. Okay, That's well, exactly and the right. other set in this case, two boards. This yeah. works and this doesn't, yes, and then yes. just start working that, from there. That's exactly right. And, and Brent, so so here's the thing. You're right. It's not an inexpensive endeavor. It, it, there's there's a, there is a cost associated with this, especially for some of the games that I've got. Okay, because when you start looking at um, when you start looking at chasing down. Uh, uh, a duplicate Star Wars PCB and a Tron PCB and a Robotron and Food Fight and Zookeeper and in other games like that, man, you get you get into some money, Brent. Depending upon how you buy, when you buy, yeah. and where you buy. A lot of it, okay? you, a lo- uh, well, not a lot. Or I'm trying to think of a good way to put this, but most things, is if you just look and wait. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll pop up. They'll pop up. They'll come by, and you'll be comfortable with with, with the situation. Well, with you can the go situation. for it. Yeah, and then others, you know, that they don't pop up, or if they do, they pop up once every three or five years. And you say, okay, well, is the opportunity cost of now versus five years worth the extra fifty bucks? A lot of times, to me, the answer is yes. Okay, it's like let's just go ahead and get it and knock it off the list. So, um, so, so since last episode or over the last month, I've been able to acquire um, a food fight PCB. I talked to you about that, and I was uh, I was extremely happy to pick up a, a spare working food fight PCB. 
um, was able to pick up uh, one for Rally X, which is one of my uh, one of my all time favorite games. Extremely uh, hard, challenging, and frustrating game, but I, I love it nonetheless. Um, it'll be one that that does not leave the collection. has has no plans on leaving the collection, and uh, was also able to pick up a uh, spare working uh, Mappy. PCB as well. So those are the three that I've been able to to add to the list. Um, and like I say, I, all three of them are actually kind of hard to come by in their own right because they're all rare, but they're rare for different reasons, and um, and they have completely different cost structures associated with so them. I'm too. trying to think if I've um, if I've seen those for sale. <laughs> you know, and if, if and admit it, I'll admit if I've seen them for sale, it's just happened to wander past my past my you know whatever i'm looking at person yeah. line of sight yeah well and, and you know it's funny because to hunt them and then just to see them on sale or see them for sale or, or to a point where you can acquire them it they're, they're almost in two different cost structures at the same time as well you know uh now two of them wandered past me and i picked them up the other one uh the food fight in particular um it was uh, I was able to track that down uh, and actually find two of them up for sale, um, but uh, you know I, I I don't need two spare food fights, so it's just one of those things. But I was, I was able to get it in the money to the point to where I'm satisfied with it, and it crosses it off the list. And uh, food fight is another you know perennial favorite of mine, and so I, I'm. Very, very happy to, uh, very happy to have picked up the PCB. So, like I say, it's a side project. I, you know, and Brent, I'll tell you what, I'll report back on it as I, as I'm picking up other PCBs and everything. Uh, eventually, like I say, I, I want, you know, I want a working spare for everything that I've got, uh, just for, you know, just for that reason. See, now, so. now you've got me thinking, you know, I, I will admit that coming into the end of the year when I had some gatherings here. Yeah. Um, there were certain Make, pieces. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Well, the, like the Tempest, or my Tempest. <laughs> do, do you have a spare Tempest board? I do, but it's not working. Well, you know something? Join the club because I have a spare Tempest board and it doesn't work either. And, so and, and it's, I, it's funny. And I say it's not working. I've never, I've not plugged it into the cab, cabinet. It may play blind. I know that there's there's a lot of hokey stuff kind of going on in the uh, uh, the final, the output section, the vector, the yeah. vector, the final stage. I'll spit it out here in a second. Yeah. So I can just tell that that there's been a lot of work <laughs> and uh, um i know i've i've robbed at least one part from it for this tempest yeah so I will admit that coming into the end of the year, getting ready for the last final bash, yeah, um, that game set turned off. Yeah, you know, I, oh yeah, because because you're sitting there thinking it's like, well, if um if the wrong things happen at the right time, I, I won't be able to get it back up. You know, mm -hmm. at least not. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. At least not within the next two months. You know, or something like that. Yeah, I could get the monitor going really quick, quickly. Knock on something. Knock mm -hmm. on wood. But yeah, if I had, I've, I've had some problems in the vector section of that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it, it, yes, exactly. So, you know, I, I've still got I've still got quite a few boards that I need to get, and so I, you know I'm going to have to hunt you know a spare gra another gravitar board, a, another tempest board, or at least repair the one that I've you know the spare that I've got. Um, you know, and, and like I say, you know another you know another burger time board, moon patrol, missile command. You know, there's there's a lot of boards that I that I need. 
um, and, and a lot that I already have, but at the same point, uh, you know, it's, it, it's almost as fun, you know, hunting those as it is, you know, as it is the games themselves. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's just been, it's just been something kind of, kind of fun to, kind of fun to do. So. Kind of like my uh, elusive back to the future pinball. That's mm-hmm. not on the other side of the country. <laughs> exactly. Dude, you've been wanting one of those for a while. Yeah, I'd like you? to have one. Yeah. And yeah. I've never played one. That's, that's to me, that's. I, I like the theme. Yeah, no, you know? I understand. I mean, I understand the game isn't that deep, but yeah. Well, you know, something I'm not that deep of a person. Uh, well, you know, and, and here the other side of the table isn't either. So, you know, it's all it's all good. <laughs> but uh dude, that that's that's me in like white water, you know. I've I've for whatever reason, I, I just I want a white water and I've not played it to any length it's i mean i've played it before but nothing to the point to where i really understand the rule set and things like that but i just like it you know hey i just i just want i just kind of want white water you know? you know that's that's fine yeah yeah, and so you know, it's, it's it's just it's just one of those things. But uh, but nonetheless, Brent, that's what I've had going on, dude. So um, you know, I think uh, I think with that, uh, everybody's got a good picture as to what uh, what the last thirty days have done for us. So, man, dude, why don't we uh, why don't we wrap this and then uh, transition to the deep dive? Yeah, let's, let's get into the deep dive. Hey everybody, we are back uh, for this month's uh, deep dive segment, and so I just wanted to uh, kind of pull the covers back here a little bit on the production of the show. Um, Brent's going to get into the first part of the segment uh, before I talk about, uh, I guess, kind of part two of the uh, high score save kit uh, universe. Brent's going to get into uh, PCB finger repair. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know, Brent has been under the weather the past week, and we uh, we wrapped up recording. Uh, the first part of the uh, of this episode about a week ago, and we we recorded into the wee hours of the night, and we uh, it's just too late to to wrap all the episode in one day or in, in one recording session. So we we had to take a break. And uh, Brent's like I say he's been under weather a little bit, so uh, he sounds like he swallowed uh, two boots, a bag of gravel, and he's been chewing on a pack of halls. But he Brent told me the show must go on, so uh, he's he's uh, he's in the saddle and ready to go. So. Um, he doesn't sound bad. Well, and, I, don't, I don't sound good. Yeah, well, you know, it, hey, Brent, we don't look good. So, you know. <laughs> well, you, I, I don't have a, I've got a face for radio. And, but, oh, I've, I've, but got, now I've got the face for radio. But, now you have the voice to match. Now, <laughs> I've got something. <laughs> but like you said, the show must go on. The show, so. the show must go on. So listen, uh, you know, like I say, everybody, we, we appreciate you hanging hanging tight with us. So Brent, why don't, you, uh, why don't you lead in? Let's talk about some PCB finger repair. All right. I think I can do that. All right. So first off, uh, excuse me if there's any kind of sneeze or anything that kind of comes up in the process, but we'll, I think we'll muddle through it just I fine. I will kazoo and so. tight you, no problem, dude. <laughs> All right, so I've seen uh, seen this topic come up quite a bit over the years, and actually there was a thread about it not too long ago on KLOV having to do with, you know, ways to, f- to fix a finger or fingers on a PCB. So first of all, what is that? Open the back of most any game, your wiring harness comes in, down out of the side of the game, out of mm-hmm. whatever portions of the game, power supply and all that fun stuff. It's got to connect to the PCB somehow. The majority of your games, um, you've got uh, a fingerboard. If you've seen a Pac-Man, uh, all of your Ataris, yeah. 
Uh, yep. A handful of games actually use like a pinned header, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a .100 or .156 header. Yeah. Most all of your games are actually going to have a fingerboard. Yeah, and, and where I immediately thought about this being applicable, Brent, was on a Pac-Man, it, which, which to me tends to be a very common board that has that has burn problems in the in in, in the connector area exactly yes pac-man and uh, several of your ataris are pretty bad about it yeah. um, what's just, probably the worst atari that, that you've seen uh, uh, over the years pole position i was going to ask if it was pole position and if you look yeah. look around the room uh the pac-man that's sitting over there it's actually had what, what i'm about to discuss done to it the pole position behind me has when i had a pole position too it had it uh the tempest is, to your left here has had it done um, I think that's pretty much it. That's in okay. this room right now. Okay, so so you've done this operation on a lot of your games that I've are done, that yes. are working now. So okay, that okay, good deal, good deal. So no, basically, what happens? It, it, several things will happen. Whether you get a little corrosion, um, little age, uh, that corrosion causes heat, mm-hmm. and then you know that that point of contact between the finger and the connector off the main harness. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that as it starts to build heat, more does it, does it weaken? Is is that what is that the best way to say it? That's probably the best way to put it. You talking about the contact or the, the the contact? And I would guess probably resistance builds, and that and that causes the heat it, to right. build up. As you're starting yeah. to, pull, you know, typically where you're going to see this is you're going to see it on the power pins. Okay, so uh, you're going to get a little heat if you're pulling a little current, especially you know if you think about the games. A lot of the things that, that go wrong in these games, it's because. Um, they weren't engineered to run for 30 years. Yeah. You know, they yep. had a four or five year lifespan and that's it. Yeah. There's a couple games and this is sort of a related side topic. Um, there's a couple games that when I work on them, either the edge connectors, it can, comes off the harness to the PCB. Okay. Or uh, even some, uh, some games at the power supply where whoever engineered the game They've got multiple pins that will carry either a ground or one of the one of the voltages. Okay. But my assumption is is that when they went to cost the game out, they said, "Well, we don't need two pins and two wires. We'll use one wire and one pin." So um, the engineer designed A, and then the build out was B, and that that causes what ends up being a point of failure. Okay. So, so is it that too much voltage goes across just one just one line? Is that is that it or why? Well, you, you get in the case with uh, um, with uh, like your packs and a lot of your Ataris where you're, you're pulling a lot of current, especially on the larger boards like a pole position. Uh-huh. And uh, um, as that starts to heat up, it builds some resistance. Yeah. And then the AR2 in the case of an Atari will compensate and it'll run the voltage up. And then it just kind of gets into this snowball type snowball of effect. effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you just start for lack of a better term, you start to kind of cook things. Yeah. Things just, they become brittle. The, the fingers, they'll start to delaminate off the board material. Yeah. And then if you take the connector on and off the edge connector on and off a couple of times, you'll start to peel that, that <laughs> finger back and then you have nothing. And then the board just doesn't work after that. Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of a good point, a good thing to remember if you're not familiar with the terms, the the connector the the connector that comes off of your harness that's the edge connector uh-huh. and then the place that it plugs into the board that's what's just generally termed as the fingerboard yeah okay okay so there's some matching work to be done done on both sides so w- what I like to do is well first of all you got to have a couple things handy okay. you know you, you can't just do this with some solder and and an iron okay and that's kind of a quick uh, a quick point there I've seen people try to fix this in several ways I've seen folks 
okay, well, the, the, look at it and say, okay, the pins are starting to get a little iffy, the uh-huh. fingers rather. So they'll heat them up and they'll lay a, a bead of solder on them. And I've also seen folks uh, get some kind of copper material, whether it's um, some, you know, PCB repair type trace fixing material okay. or uh, something that you might even run around a window for like an alarm system or you know, like a, a, a glass break type thing. Yeah. And they'll try to use that and glue it to the board okay. and remake the finger. Remake the finger. Right. Put the finger, put a new finger on top of the existing exactly. or something along those so, lines. Yeah. And, and I would or say. Or give it the finger. Or give it the finger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're going to give it a new finger. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to lay it in there. I, I would really discourage folks from doing that. If anyone if anyone brings me a board that that's been done to, yeah, and they say, "Hey, can you plug this in your cabinet?" T- I won't do it. I won't test it. And so, I'll, do you undo that repair? Oh yes, I'll okay, undo good. it in a heartbeat. All I've, right, good deal. Actually, earlier in the episode, we were talking about the battle zones. And if you go out and take a look at our Facebook page, uh, one of the board sets in in battle zone, uh, I think it was battle zone two. The board set in it, both boards. Someone had gone over every finger and laid down a layer of of solder. Jeez. Now. When I cleaned it off, that board actually, it, it didn't have any issues with the fingers. So my, my feeling is is that it kind of went the opposite way and that over time, the uh, uh, we lost a little tension on the pins and the edge connector. Okay. And it was having perhaps a voltage problem. So they compensated on the fingerboard. Exactly. Yeah, okay. You know, well, I can get in there. I, I've seen folks say, well, I can get in there and I can get a, a, a pick or something and bend the pins out and put a little <laughs> more tension, you know? Yeah. You ever stretched a spring beyond its... A, beyond its a built capacity. Yeah. I, it's still a spring, but it's not a useful spring. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I, after I did that, I, I plugged it all up just to see what it would do. And it, it ran, I don't know how long it would have ran, but mm-hmm. I was dropping a couple tents okay. from what I was reading on the back side of the edge connector uh-huh. to just right inside, uh, on the finger on the board. I'd lost two tents, just two tenths of a volt, two tenths of a volt, yeah. just in that junction. Yeah. So, um, Wow. That's, yeah, I mean that, that's considerable for just that. And if I'd let it set and run, I could imagine that um, probably would have dropped more. Would you? Well, with, the, with the heat buildup, I would have thought it would have heated up. Yeah. You know, it the AR may have tried to compensate. I'm I'm not going to pretend to be a, an expert as to how quickly it'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. I would assume pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I I probably should. I ne- I didn't look at the sense pin to see what it was sending back. I just I just did it for kicks and I shut it off and I fixed it the right way. But, I see. I see. Um, if someone brings me a board like that with copper wrapped around it and soldered on it, yeah. I, I won't test it because if I put it in the, in, in one of my games, my feeling is that it's going to spread the pins in my edge con- in my edge connector out, uh-huh. and then I'm going to have problems on my game, my board down the road. Down the road, because yeah. I'm going to be in that situation like I was with the battle zone. Yeah, create a compromise. It could it would, it could compromise it. Yeah. If you think about it, the term that is always bantied around and that I've read from Molex and, and all the other, you know, companies, the, the type of pins that we have, these 10 plated pins, they're rated for about 25 removals and insertions, that's, you know, 25. That's it? That's it. Now, if everybody could see my face, first of all, they'd say, he does have a face for radio. Yeah. <laughs> but then the second thing they'd say is, man, he has a really perplexed look on his face. And then they'd say again, he does have a face yeah. for radio. <laughs> now, but seriously, I, that just kind of surprises me. That few of duty cycles for for something that was even supposed to last four or five years, that that I, that had to be a cost-cutting measure. I don't... Well, I'd almost, I don't know. I'd almost look at it like if you, if you read 
tech docs from Molex. I would look at it as this. I don't care whether you're you're doing the uh, um, you're doing like an edge connector type situation where you've got those split Molex pins and you've got a fingerboard on a PCB, uh-huh. or you're doing like uh, um, uh, 156 headers, or, or even like look at a look at any pinball, open up any pinball, and a lot of them are. Dot one hundred, dot one fifty six headers right. of some yeah. type. Those seem to be like the most too common. Exactly. If, 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 that's where I see the, the the pusher, you know, like the IDC pushers and everything like right. that. They're they're sized that way. Yeah. Um, if if you think about it, their their thought was not only cost cutting, but you're not going to be pulling these boards in and out. I, I can see that, but at the same point, they've got to they they've got to come out sometime. And they're, if they come out once, they're probably going to come out more than once. Yeah. You know, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I don't necessarily know that that I agree with it, but you know, hey, that was an industry decision. Yeah, that made. was an industry decision. I mean, yes. Think of, think about all the stuff that you've taken apart. Uh, yeah. Not related, but related. I've taken. I, I've broke had to break down a dishwasher before. Oh yeah. There's Molex connectors inside the door. Yeah. And the first time it probably ever came apart was when I took it apart. Yeah, and and I, I think that's you know I think that's fair. I just knowing what I know now after being in the hobby for as long as I have been, as long as you you have been, and so on down the line. To me now, I see it as this is something that probably happens more times than anybody ever thought that it would though. So oh, yeah, I'm sure. So now today, trying to keep these things alive, thirty years, thirty five years down the road. I don't see a twenty or twenty-five, uh, a twenty or twenty-five duty cycle on on rip and replace as being you know is being um, serviceable myself. Right. But yeah. yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So um, here, here's the stuff that you that you need to have on okay. hand to, to do this. All right. You need a good iron, uh-huh. a fairly nice temperature adjustable iron. You know, we're not dealing with just like a pin on an IC. We're dealing with a, a pretty decent sized trace. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get into the ground traces, it's going to be a big heat sink because they'll tie in generally to a big ground plane that goes around the board. So you need to have something that can hold some heat, okay. transfer some heat, and has some quick recovery time. So, now, for, for everybody <laughs> out there listening, what would be the recommended, what's the recommended um Let's say heat range that you're that you're working with on like your in degrees. iron in degrees as you're as you're doing this type of repair. I mean, do they need an iron? Do people need an iron that can heat up to 650, 700 degrees or what? See, that's that's interesting that you bring that up. There's a thread that was running by the time everyone hears us. It was running mid January on KLOV, and it okay. was what iron? What heat do you run your iron at on cloth? I I know for me, Brent, I run mine around 650 degrees. See that that seems to be what everyone else runs. I yes. run mine at seven. Do you really? I've always run it at seven. Okay. And yeah. I, whether I'm capping a monitor or, a, um, which tend to be heavier traces. Yeah, that, that's true. Or yeah. I'm, or I'm doing sockets and ICs and, yeah. and finer type work. I run mine at seven. And, and you know, I've often thought maybe I should run mine a little hotter because uh, I, I have. Uh, I have cooked a couple of traces on on uh, on on monitor on monitor chassis boards, and I wonder if it's because I left the I, I I had to leave the iron there just a little too long to get everything heated up, and instead of spot heating the point that I was going after, it seems to have heated the area at the same time that it was heating what I was going after. So I, I've often thought about 
cranking mine up another 25 or 50 degrees. I just, I, I just never have because sometimes I think, well, I wonder if it's my technique more as, as much as it is the, the iron setting. But in all fairness, I've only had that happen to me like twice and neither time did it, did it create a service? Uh, neither time did it create an, an operability issue. So well, I, I've just gone forward. Anytime I've ever lifted a pad, yeah, I've done it on the desolder side where yeah. I've, where I've had to really <laughs> fight, yes. you know, yes. flow, flow fresh shot in it a couple of times, get yes. it out. And you've got to work to get it right. all out. And yes. That's the only time I've ever ended up burning a pad yeah. or, a, or a via, like yeah. a through, uh-huh. goes through the hole. Yeah. But yeah, I run mine. If you want to flip the iron on right now, it'll jump right up to 695, 700, okay. 697 right now. Okay, that range. cool. Well, it, it, I think it's an interesting point. Um, and I, I think everybody who's listening to this that would that would have interest in this would, would want to be able to to say, hey, I wonder what the guys, you know, I wonder what Brenton mm-hmm. and Whitney run theirs at. So, so okay. Cool. Of course, you're going to need some solder. I've got uh-huh. a couple different sizes I keep on my bench, and I, I'll use a thicker, thicker size to do this type of repair. So, like a 47 or 62 thousandths. That's pretty common size, you know, so just whatever company you like, Kester or... I keep Kester on here. Radio Shack. I know a lot of folks love the Radio Shack. Radio Shack, I'm, I'm running through a spool of Radio Shack as we speak, but I've got a lot of Kester in my desk. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't want to go at it with the real thin stuff because you're just, you're going to end up throwing the whole, you know, a foot of solder at mm-hmm. it because we're yeah. going to put a lot of solder down. Um, you need a solder eyelet edge connector. Okay. Now, Brent, we need to include in the show notes uh, and possibly even just some pictures of this for everybody because I know a picture is worth a thousand words. Oh, absolutely. But, but you know something? I, I'm, I'm going to freely admit I've not done this type of repair before. I'm going to go out and buy the stuff that, that you're talking about because uh, I, I know it's just a matter of time. You know our favorite guy, Bob Roberts? Yeah, he's the man. He's got... Uh, now, you can, you can buy solder eyelet edge connectors of various widths. Okay. From, I, I bought them from Mauser. Okay. Um, Bob has them as well. And actually he's already kind of got a little kits his world famous Bob Robert kit. He's got one made up already for a pack. Okay. So you need a, you need an edge connector of the correct pin count. So like a Pac-Man's a 2244. Okay. 44 total fingers, 22 on either side of the board. Okay. Bob already has a little kit made up with the, the connector and what's called, I guess what he generically just terms, uh, a fingerboard. So if you look at, and we'll provide links to this in the show notes, but if you look at what Bob's got, imagine that fingerboard that's on the edge of your board, but maybe twice the width and the fingers just connect straight through. Okay. So what we're going to end up doing is think of the fingerboard as, as a male connector. Mm-hmm. We're going to take this edge connector with solder eyelets on it, and we're going to straddle that, that edge connector, that male side, we're going to solder those little eyelets on. Instead of soldering wires to the eyelets, we're going to solder it right to the fingers. It's going to make it female. Okay. So you got a female edge connector in your cabinet. So you basically need uh, an adapter. Uh-huh. And that's what these straight through fingerboards that Bob has does. Okay. So he'll sell them in various lengths. You cut it down to fit, put it in. Now you turn it back to male and then you can put the 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 edge connector from the cabinet right back on it. Oh, I see. So fair enough. So that's kind of what the end result looks like. Think, think of that. So in, if we'll, we'll include some pictures, but if you're trying to figure out what's a solder eyelet edge connector, so you're looking at the harness in your game, the wire harness comes through, you know, out of the cabinet, it's hanging there. Mm-hmm. That's your edge connector. Most every, and I, I'm going to 
qualified with most every factory game I, I can imagine anyone I've ever seen the pins that connect to the wires are crimped on mm-hmm. and then they push through the back of that edge connector mm-hmm. a solder eyelet version imagine that the back of it is solid mm-hmm. and there's a little eyelet that comes out of the back and each one represents a pin mm-hmm. that's inside the connector completely so yeah, what you would, what you would do in that situation is you would take your wire strip your wire back you'd hook it through the eyelet and you'd solder and solder, it, it in place. solder it in place yeah now if you're uh if you're working on like a uh, on a monitor chassis and you're replacing the hot or something like that uh that this this is done in much the same this is done in much the same way where you actually wrap the wire around the uh, around the terminal and then you saw then you solder it in place so yeah Yep. So that, that's totally what you would it. do if you were using that edge connector. You're like, I, anytime I've ever seen that in a game, yeah. it was a conversion game. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm going to take what's here. I'm going to cut off the edge connector. Yeah. This goes to the coin door, and I'm just going to get a solder eyelet edge connector, uh-huh. and I'm going to hook them up because it's quicker for an operator to do than it is yeah. to crimp connect, you know, crimp pins on and then put it in another housing. Okay, another connector. gotcha. So, gotcha. All right, so you're getting ready to do the repair. Take your board out. Good, get yourself a good work area, obviously. You will clean, just, we need to clean it up, first of all. So, you know, I talked about earlier repairs where someone had either ran the entire finger in solder. I've gotten them where they've wrapped them in some kind of copper trace material and soldered that on. Mm-hmm. Remove all of that. Get it back down to the bare essentials. Get it to where all of that um, additional repair work has it's, been removed. It's gone, yeah. Yep. Clean it up real good, a little alcohol to get any extra flux off of it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, try to get a little shine back to it. You know, I might hit it with an eraser. Like pencil, a, pencil, pencil eraser. Pencil eraser. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go at it real heavy and sand on it. Yeah. Now, I have had boards where I probably, I have seen boards that would have benefited from doing this. They've had, they've got good fingers on them. But someone's taken sandpaper to them and and cleaned off the the tin plating. Yeah, and it's just kind of a matter of time before they start to, you know, they start to get a little bit of corrosion on them. Yeah, and then that causes resistance and that causes heat and then here we are back in the cycle. But okay, so yeah, you don't really want to go after it with sandpaper. Okay, so um, so really, a pencil eraser is the preferred tool to to do that to do that cleanup. Then yeah, that's what yeah. I, I just I I go after it with a, a pencil eraser. I mean, that, that's nice what, and shiny. That's what I use to clean you know to clean. Uh, you know, parts on PCBs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it does. It seems like it does the job. Like removing ROMs and things like that. I'll, I'll hit them with a pencil eraser, shine the legs back up, and then yep. reinstall them. And that seems to help. I tell you, if you can come across one, uh, I know Radio Shack has these, and Harbor Freight used to carry them. Um, fiberglass pencil. A fiberglass pencil. Yes, sir, buddy. Yep. Yeah, that's a big help too. They're used. If you got like a paint supply store, like automotive paint, they're uh-huh. used a lot in that in that arena because you can spot sand like a nick yeah. with them. Yeah. Uh, just got to be careful with them because you want to talk about if you get one of those little pieces of fiberglass in a finger, it's a splinter you can't see. It's a, but, yes, understood. Oh yeah, they're they're wonderful little yeah, tools. Yeah, great tool though. You're right. So you've got the board, you've got it cleaned up. You've obviously got a, a finger problem somewhere because that's why we're here. You got your pieces and parts in front of you. So take your solder eyelet edge connector and just fit it over the end of the board. So when you look down the eyelets, there's going to be a gap down the center. You know, you got one side or the other, just like you've got with a PCB. you got fingers on either side. You're just literally going to straddle the edge of the board with the edge connector. Mm-hmm. You're going to turn that male edge uh, fingerboard into a female via that edge connector. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice, too, that the gap between the eyes is going to be much wider than the width of the board. 
twice, if not three times. Okay. So what I like to do is I like to start on the solder side. And invariably, what I've seen is you're only going to have a handful of damaged pins. They're going to be the power pins. So you've got plenty of non-damaged pins that you can use as a starting point to solder to. So like I said, I like to start on the solder side. And that'll bias that that edge connector a little bit toward the part side. Okay. Which... Once you realize what it, how it'll set in the cabinet, you know, if the board wants to sit real close to the wall of the cabinet, sometimes it's not helpful if you've got that edge connector biased to the, the solder side because then you're starting to interfere with things. You might get into the, the edge of the cabinet, might make things a little, a little more tight than they need to be. So anyway, I like to flip it over. I start with the solder side, straddle the, the fingerboard with the edge connector, and line up the eyelets with the fingers. And the tricky part is is getting the first one. You kind of almost have to develop your own technique. What I tend to like to do, <laughs> okay, I've glob solder up on an iron uh-huh. and just kind of spotted one eyelet to one finger, uh-huh. just to kind of so to hold itself. Yeah, I have taken alligator clips and I have clipped the the ends to hold the whole assembly there so yeah. that I can start to solder. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you kind of have to develop your own technique. Both of those work for me. Yeah, I don't I don't see where like a helping hand is going to work in this scenario at, at all other than maybe just holding, you know, may, maybe just hold, holding that, that eyelet connector I, outside I, of that. I, I mean, tell have the, you found it to be helpful? The the most use I've ever gotten out of a help with those little helping hand things, uh-huh. then you're talking about the little... It's got a little like cast iron stand. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. an articulate couple articulated Our articulating alligator ag- clips. Ag- yeah. The most help I've ever got of a helping hand is pulling the alligator clips off and uh-huh. using them somewhere else. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So like in this case, I've got a couple alligator clips in there that come off of a, a helping hand that had just gotten worn out in the base. Yeah. And that's what I'd use to clip the the last two eyelets onto the last two fingers just to hold the assembly in place. Okay. Okay. So now here's the next little bit of technique you're going to lay down a lot of solder so you what you want to do is you just want to go down the each of the fingers each of the good fingers uh-huh. let's leave the damaged fingers to the side for a minute and you're going to have to heat the finger and the eyelet that's on the edge connector and apply solder okay all right what i like to do is i just take the tip of the iron yeah and i put it right through the eyelet i mean it's a it's got a literally like an eyelet it's okay. a piece of metal that comes out of the the top of the edge connector that connects to the internal finger and there's a hole in it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll put my iron through the hole. So I'm hitting the eyelet itself and I'm also getting some heat down to the finger and I'll just start applying the solder. And once it starts to melt, I'll just take that iron and I'll, I'll slowly make my way up the finger and then back down mm-hmm. and then I'll run the length of the solder. Okay. I mean, excuse me, the finger. Yeah, exactly. So you're pretty much laying down like almost like a little tube, like a little tube or a little tunnel of solder. Just a little right, track. little track. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I'm not just, I'm not just putting a, a ball of solder on it and yeah. just kind of hitting it in one place. You're shaping it and forming it. I, right. And I'm, I'm going to run solder the entire length of the finger. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, don't think it like you just tack each one. Yeah. At the end of the day, 
that's going to take a lot of stress. Yes. And you know, plugging, unplugging, moving, and, it's and the like. Got to have a lot of solder to support. Right. So yeah. you're going to you're going to use this. You're you're going to have to build a little strength into it. So yeah, I guess the real takeaway there is is you're not just dropping a ball on it and then moving on. Yeah. You are going to lay solder up that eyelet mm-hmm. and the length of the entire finger. Yeah. It's almost like you're welding the two pieces together, for lack of a better term, in, in, at least in my mind. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And let me ask you, Brent, what? And if I'm jumping ahead, let me know. But what is the long-term reliability of this repair when done when done the way you're doing it, when done correctly? I mean, how how much sturdier is this repair than the original fingerboard itself, if any? I would say when you look at the entire system, it's it's equal. Okay. Because we're still going to have to adapt that female to male. And we're still back into a uh, a PCB type situation where we've got that trace, that okay. finger. Okay. So. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I, it, but it's new. It's like it would have been in my mind thirty years ago when the name came out. I mean, when the game came out. And worst case, all of the abuse of any connects and disconnects is going to happen on that that adapter board that yeah. goes into this edge connector. If people can visualize this, yeah. Because solder's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just chuck that if you yeah. have, if you rip a trace on that yeah big deal. a finger you big just deal. take it out and put another one in it hey, i mean bingo. it's a buck yeah yeah so once you've once you've got it tacked on you've got one run da- one run then i just run through the rest of all the good fingers okay both sides finish up the solder side flip yeah. it over now you've kind of got a little interesting twist in that when you're looking at the parts side you've got a gap now because the width of the board is less than the distance between the two rows of fingers right so um <laughs> what you true, do yeah true. what yes. you do here is you know you got all of the part side soldered or excuse me the solder side soldered on it's nice and, and sturdy take a small screwdriver mm-hmm. and what i do is i just put it right up against to the, the body of the edge connector that i'm soldering on and i just push it straight down okay and that'll put a little kink in that pin and make it like a little step down Okay. And what will end up happening is you'll get a step down in the pin right up by the body of the edge connector, and then the, the rest of the eyelet will lay flat on the finger. It's interesting. This is this is really shaping up to be two repairs in one, or two different types of repair in one when, when I think about this. You're you're able to lay down the solder on one side, mm-hmm. okay, and, and that's flush and that's oh, flat, yeah. but then when you flip it over, you've actually got to compensate exactly. for the repair you just did and you have to devise a little bit of a different oh, way to get saying. the other exactly. side of the board done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're actually you're actually doing two different types of repair to to get one repair done. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So now we're back in that same situation where you've got right. all your eyelets now touching all your fingers. Uh-huh. Go back and take that same technique. You know, try to equally heat that finger uh, and the eyelet, and lay down a nice track of solder on all the good fingers. Okay. So now we're back to what got us here, which was the damaged fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Generally, there's not going to be a lot to solder to. Okay. Um, See, this is what I'm curious about. It's like, how do you make something out of nothing? And, and that's that's what's always interested me about this type of repair. Well, um, a lot of times I'll get a board and half of the finger is gone. Okay. All right. And w- when you when you make a repair like this, that eyelet that's coming off the top of the edge connector tends to be a little longer than the depth of the edge connector. So you might actually have an eyelet now that can reach that little nubbin 
that little nub of that finger <laughs> nubbin nubbin yeah this is all this this is all southern words folks it's all <laughs> southern and you know what brent i love it <laughs> so <laughs> w- what i do not sure not sure all the listeners not sure, love well, it, but yeah, we, i think we do all right uh, you know our vernacular big word vernacular is what it is brent well you know the the i think the magic of the internet is that it brings uh it brings us all together it brings us so all together brent. maybe if we get someone out in california using yeah. nub and yeah. our our, hey, our job's done our job is done our job's done so what i what i'll do in this situation and i've mentioned this the wonder tool kind of okay. you know the fix all i'll go over and get my handy dandy drawer of capacitor Capacitor legs. Capacitor and resistor legs. And ever since you've mentioned that, knowing that there's been a gap between recording sessions, I've been saving them, dude. I I mean, I've got like a little, like, like a little tray of those legs. And it's like, man, Brent, Brent, you know, he's like Santa Claus, man. He delivers. And so, (laughs) so I, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been saving those. So yeah, that's cool. What you'll find on a lot of boards is just, just inside the finger, right uh-huh. where it comes into the PCB, yeah. a lot of boards will have a hole right there, a via. Okay. And you can clean that hole out and get right into that trace. Okay. <clears throat> so you can take one of those legs, put a little bend in it, set it down in there, Bingo. bring it up so that and it... And then lock it in place. So it overlaps that eyelet and lock it all in place. Yes, sir. I get it. Okay. That, answer, that answers a question. So that's how you tie it all together. Yeah. Cool. And that's, you know, that's how you... Like I said, even when I've got a case where the eyelet is long enough to now touch that what's left of the finger, I still go ahead and do that. And I'll, I'll bring that eyelet up, you know, excuse me, that little piece of wire, that little piece of capacitor leg all the way up into the eyelet. Mm-hmm. And I'll tie it all together mm-hmm. so it's nice and strong and I've got a good connection. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's how you kind of make, I guess, something out of nothing. Yeah, and like I say, that that's been that's been the the magic question out of all this for me is when when you've got uh, you know one of the fingers that is just burnt. I mean, it's crispy, dude. It looks like it looks like you know bacon on that was on the skillet for far too long, and you can tell thirty thirty you know twenty to thirty years of abuse has uh or neglect and they both wind up being the same thing mm-hmm. has led it to where it is how do you how do you fix something when there's nothing there yeah yeah you could use a piece of solid wire yeah i'd stay away from stranded because it, you're just going to end up with little bits of it everywhere and it always wants to kind of splinter out see, so. to, see to me the stranded it, it'd be almost like trying to push uh push water around yeah. it's just it's pointless you know so far, far more trouble than it's now I, I will tell you one of the things i have done um to bridge a gap like this on occasion and this goes back to even like the broken neck port neck board repair mm-hmm. <clears throat> pardon me is uh um, i'll take a piece of stranded wire strip it about an inch of it off yeah twist it i'll tin it with solder you know heat it up and just walk down it with a solder so that basically i impregnate it with solder now it for all intents and purposes it's like a piece of solid yeah it's a piece of it's a a junction or a jumper if you will with a handle because i've still got a piece of wire behind it that's got the insulation on it okay and i'll use that i'll lay that over my fix and i may even take that little tail and wrap it around something to kind of stabilize it since i've only got two hands Mm -hmm. i'll solder it down and I'll take a pair of flesh cutters and cut the cut the back end of it off. Okay, I've now, done that too. Now let me ask you, Brent. How many of your games uh, are you doing this to proactively? Any, or is this just something? Because because this, this sounds like a lot of work, and it sounds like some exacting work, and it sounds like 
maybe it's a scenario where you don't want to fix what's not broken on 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 games that 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 um, are working properly right now. Do you ever employ this technique as preventive maintenance? No. It, okay. If if it's damaged, okay. You know, if I've got a game and one of the fingers is already even if it's just one, if it's starting to lift or peel, yeah, then I'll do it. Okay, but I'm not just gonna. I don't just do it to do it. Okay, okay, fair enough. So I'm just it, curious. it sounds a little involved. Once you do the first one, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like anything else. It's really not that bad. Not, it gets to be a little bit of just like you know, lame brain type. Let's just go through it and do yeah. it type work. Yeah. But, um, you know, knock on knock on wood. If anybody, let's see if anybody can hear this. The uh, pole. Preacher dog just looked up. Yeah, like, who that? As soon as I knocked, I thought, oh, she's gonna get up. <laughs> um, the pole position that's behind me. Yeah. When I got it, the little knock that I just did to it, it yeah. would reboot it. Is that right? And it needed this work done on both boards. Now, let me ask you: Have you, um, since doing that, have you found it to be pretty much rock solid at this point? Uh, that's why I knocked on wood. Yes. Yes. Okay. That, that, this game has been very rock solid. <laughs> we ought to fire it, baby, up and see if she still starts <laughs> Let's up. See what man. she's gonna do. This yeah. will be the night. Yeah. This this will be the night. So, you know, it's had it done. This, like I said, this tempest has had it had it done. Okay. And uh, uh, the pack over here has had it done. Yeah. So that yeah. of the games that are down here now. Now we've got a female. Okay. Now how do we adapt it? And as I mentioned, Bob has basically fingerboards that are just straight through. Uh huh. So he'll sell them in various lengths, and actually he's even got one that I've used on occasion that you use to make JAMA adapters. It's, it, it looks like two JAMA fingerboards, and then you could use it to jump with wires across a gap and make yourself a JAMA adapter. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is, and I hadn't thought about this until just now, if you're going to make a JAMA adapter, you actually have to employ this technique. Because the board Bob has is, is two males with a gap down the middle, so um, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I think I think a jam is like 56 pin. Well, say you're gonna do something like um, I don't know, just some other lower pin count, R- whatever it is. You're gonna have a board that's also male, so you have to have a way to plug that into this adapter that you're making. Okay. So like I was talking about the Pac-Man, which is a uh, much narrower at a, a twenty-two forty-four. So say you're going to a twenty-two forty-four to this like a fifty-six. I think it's a fifty-six pin on the Jamma. Yeah. And if yeah. I, I'm just pulling these out of there, so if I'm getting that wrong. No, I no, no. I mean there, there there is a there is a fifty-six pin Jamma Jamma connector. 50, so yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. So you're good. Bob sells this connector to make a Jamma adapter. Okay. And if you if I've got a twenty-two pin or forty-four pin board, twenty-two forty-four like a pack. What you have to do is you've got to get a 2244 edge connector and you do this exact same technique and you solder it to one of the male sides of his JAMA, his blank JAMA adapter blank. Yeah. That's how you plug it into the, your adapter into your board that you're adapting to JAMA. Okay. Then through the gap in the board, you make all your jumps and the board, the other side of the board is already male, so it'll plug into the female edge connector that's in your JAMA cabinet. Okay. So, you know, you've got to employ the same technique to make, you know, from scratch a JAMA adapter. Okay. All right, so, you know, we got the edge connector on. We're all soldered. We fixed all of our, our bad burnt-up traces. So now we've got to adapt it, and that's where this, like I said, that's where this fingerboard comes in. So they're in various lengths, and the JAMA one that I brought up, I've taken that to kind of get a twofer 
and I'll just cut it in half and that'll give me two, you know, like 56 pin pieces. Okay. Whatever, however you end up with it, basically what you're going to do is you're just going to measure out, count out the number of pins that you need, take a cutoff wheel on a Dremel. Okay. Now I've not tried to do this with anything other than a Dremel. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you go at it with a set of shears or, you know, what your look's going to be. Yeah. But take a Dremel. Mark well, I, I know what your luck would be, Brent. You'd come up uh, one finger short, probably. Would you? Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, no pun wants, nobody wants that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a pun, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't even. Wow, Brent. You're on top of it, dude. That's that's good. Yeah. But <laughs> to me, the, she, the shears just seem dangerous. <laughs> they just man. seem dangerous. Just, anytime somebody says the word shears, I automatically think of somebody going, ah. And then a trip to the hospital. Seriously, and, and, and somebody wrapped in a band in a, in a kitchen dish towel. In a kitchen dish soaked towel, soaked in blood. Yeah, soaked in blood with the other part in a bag. You know, so yeah, I vote Dremel. Dremel. Yes. So I, I know that seems pretty straightforward, but here's something. Here's here's a lesson learned. Yeah. When you look down in that edge connector, yeah. And I don't care what edge connector. Look at the one on your cabinet. Look at look at the the solder island edge connector. You've got a little space out to either end of the last pin yeah look at yep. any pcb that last pin doesn't end flush with the little bit of the board that's sticking out where the fingers are laid down so when you uh <coughs> pardon me so when you uh um when you cut that when you cut your new fingerboard off make sure you account for a little extra space on the end what will end up happening if you don't pay attention you can put it in and then you basically end up with half a finger you okay. know, you, you're you're half a finger off. Yeah. So you're not getting the best contact that you possibly can get with one side of the harness or the other. Okay. All right. Okay. So like I know, like in this Tempest over here, one of them's a little sloppy. So whenever I take the board out of it to do anything, I actually have to put a good eye on it to make sure that that I haven't let it slide a little too far, and that I'm actually just riding the edge of a finger. Okay. So just a little something to pay attention to. I mean. It just makes things a little easier in the long run. Okay, understood. Now, and, and the last part of this is probably just as important as the first part. While you're in the cabinet, take a flashlight and look down in the edge connector itself. Okay. And it'll be pretty apparent the the pins that were pulling power, they're, they're going to be discolored. So um, In relation to everything in else. In relation yeah. to everything else. Yeah, okay. So at a minimum, what I'll do is repin the edge connector for okay. all the ground wires, anything that carries current, any uh -huh. any voltage, and on the Ataris, make sure you get all the all the sense pins. Uh -huh. One of the situations that can happen. Can, can you explain what those do? What those do? That's the feedback to the AR2. Okay. They are. AR2 boards will have um, which which are the, which are essentially the power the power boards, supplies the power supply boards yeah they'll, they, they'll yeah. have a, a, they'll have the ability to adjust based on um, what it is getting as feedback as power from the board uh -huh. so more or less you know you've got a board say it say a pole position pole position is a nice long board a lot of components a lot yeah. of draw much like a gauntlet board yeah, okay very long board <clears throat> yeah so uh, the AR is putting power out. And it's got a sense pin that's on, say, the 5-volt rail. Uh -huh. So the board's drawing all this current, 
And then it's the AR is getting feedback that says, okay, I'm putting out X, but I'm getting out Y. I'm getting Y back. I'm uh-huh. reading Y at this other point on the board. Yeah. A lower voltage, a sub X voltage. Yeah. So I need to step it up. I need to step it up. Yep. I can't recall the resistor number. I think it's, it's R29 that people always say burns up on an AR. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I think it's R29. Don't okay. Again, don't hold me to that. But yep. There's there's one resistor that says in the scent circuit. And, what, you know, you'll see it on forums all the time. This resistor is burning up. Or mm-hmm. um, uh, can I just step it up to a, a watt resistor or, or whatever? So w- what's basically happening is because of the additional current that's coming out of the, the, the AR yeah. to try to compensate yeah. for a voltage drop, uh-huh. current drop. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm 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 intermixing my my terms here. Voltage and current they're actually two different things. But what'll end up happening is is you'll I believe you draw you draw power you draw current out of the sense circuit. Uh huh. And the weakest point happens to be that resistor. Okay. So, and, and this this goes back to I've gotten some corrosion. Yep. I've got I've built up heat. Yeah. That raises resistance. Yeah. That causes um, a drop across the edge connector and the fingerboard. And then in the case of the Ataris, the ARs read that as a voltage drop, so they step the voltage up. Okay. And then it starts, it, that causes more heat. It's just a cascading effect. It's this cascading effect. Well, the reason I ask, Brent, is because it, it seems to me that it's tough to talk about this in relation to Atari games without also talking about the infamous sense mod as well. So it would be, it would be good if we did, uh, you know, if we did a segment on just the, uh, you know, a deep dive on just that and, uh, and, and what that is, why it's important, how it's done and things like oh, that. I don't do them. Okay. Yeah. And matter, as a matter of fact, um, the last game I had that had it done, I took it up. I took it out. Well, the, well, that's good to know. So we, we ought to cover that. Okay. We ought to talk about that because I, I, I don't want to pollute. I, I don't want to mix, you know, deep dives one with yeah. another. But you hear the you hear about the sense mod. You see people talk about it on the forums. Uh, I, I think I think it'd be good if we could uh, if we could talk about that for everybody. And uh, you, you've obviously got a stand on it. Uh, and it sounds to me like uh, you know it's it's different than what than what a lot of people may or may not uh, may or may not do with it. So I, I think it'd be an interesting point to talk about. So okay, we can do that. We we, we will uh, we'll put that on the docket for a later show. How about that? That'll have to be a discussion where I don't. Uh, in it, where I don't mix the voltage and current terms, which are, like I said, two different things. It's all good, yeah. um, I think everybody listening to this understands where where I'm coming from. from. Yeah. So the moral of the story, at least as it comes to the edge connector, is uh, is go through and repin anything that carries a voltage. Uh You know, the Ataris, it's various. It's not just a 5 and a minus 5 and a 12. You know, there's some other voltages some of the Ataris use. Yep. Repin all the grounds and repin all the all the connectors all the sense connectors and when you look at when you look at the manual it's it's pretty obvious which or which it, atari seems to do a pretty good job about spelling it yeah. out i'm sure it's been a while since i've looked at a pac-man manual but i'm sure that it does as well so atari manuals are some of the best in the industry if, if you ask me you know they they read like a book so they're cool you know and it, if, if you're feeling adventuresome going back to the old uh, these things are generally only rated for 25 uh, cycles mm-hmm while you're in there, you can go ahead and repin the rest of the connector if you like. I tend not to unless I'm having some other issue. Uh-huh. 
but uh, I have been known to. You can look, once you put some new pins down in the connector, you can get an idea as to how fatigued any existing pins are. Yeah, you probably just get a feel for it so, while, while they're working on it. You know, and like I said, I, I tend not to always do it, but once, once, I, once I look in there and I've got a point of comparison, I may go ahead and just run through the entire connector at that point. Okay. So that is how... I do fingerboard repair. We'll put a link in the show notes. I know Bob's got an he's article got a, on he's this. He's got a great page dedi- dedicated to this topic on his yep. site. Yeah. And, you know, he's got the parts on his site. Uh-huh. And then I'll go ahead and I'll open up a couple of my games and I'll take pictures of uh, uh, of ones that I've done just to give folks a, a little different view. I think that would be really appreciated by everybody, Brent, because we've talked about a lot in this segment and in we've talked about a lot of visual uh, items without... Uh, you know, without the benefit of being able to show it, but uh, I mean, you did a fantastic job describing it. But I, I think some pictures would really help if we could tie it in. So yeah, yeah that'd be good. I've I've described something visual in an audio format, and I still have some of my voice remaining. It's dude, amazing, dude. I tell you, you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> so no, Brent, that that's good. I mean, I learned a lot. I'm sure everybody listening learned a lot as well. So uh, you know, we, we appreciate that, and definitely want to cover the, the whole sense mod scenario too. I think that. You know, there's there's some urban myth associated, some urban urban myth, urban legend, I guess, kind of associated with that mod. It'd be good to kind of dispel it. I'm sure everybody would love to hear why you have the stance on it that you do. Okay, I mean, cool. it's something that we can definitely bring up uh, yeah. in a in a future episode. All right, well, that's cool. Well, hey, Brent, listen, thank thank you for that. And Brent, for my portion of the deep dive, what I wanted to cover was, uh, I guess, what has essentially turned into a continuation of a topic that, that I covered in last month's episode. So just uh, just to serve as a refresher for everybody, last month uh, in the deep dive, I went through some high score save kits and we had covered uh, the kits that are offered up from uh, from Braze and from Matt Osborne. Both take a little bit of, of, a, of a different approach to the kits that they offer, but they are both what I would consider to be necessities, Brent. Uh, you know, for kind of rounding out uh, rounding out your games. Now, the reason that I wanted to revisit this is because I, I found out that I wasn't done. All right, I had I put the call out on Clove about uh, Super Pac-Man, okay? And Super Pac-Man is a game that I like, Brent, and I think it's something of a polarizing it, game. Is and, that your Time Pilot? Um, yeah, yeah, And but I love Time Pilot too, man. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it, it, but I, f- I have found that, that people either... They like Super Pac-Man or they just dish it to the bottom of the pile. And for me, I, it... it I like it. Like I say, I like it. And a lot of it probably revolves around the fact that, um, you know, I never really played Pac-Man a lot during the craze. I've really kind of gravitated more towards Mrs. Pac based upon based upon uh, the timing of, uh, of of just that game hitting and I, mean, I was just playing so much Donkey Kong stuff like that back in the day that, that Pac-Man just never really grabbed me okay but when I saw Super Pac I thought oh yeah I mean this is this is neat it's 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 Pac-Man but with a twist and so it intrigued me and it just always has I guess I I, I just I like it so I think it's fun I had uh, started up a thread on Clove about finding out ways to get around the uh, built-in protection mechanism that is that is uh, on Super Pack boards. Okay, and so uh, for everybody, now, I was going to say, is that 
Go ahead. Go ahead. It sounds like you're okay. going to explain, answer yeah, my yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting ready to explain. Yeah, so I'm getting ready, getting ready to go into that because uh, if you don't have a super pack, uh, you probably wouldn't know about this. Okay, so so what Bally had, uh, Bally Midway had done with super pack is they had devised a way to try to get around uh, cheating the game with a quarter on a string or uh, running up the credits real fast or, or anything along those lines. Kind of like a, a copy protection mechanism if you think about it in computer terms, meaning that they wanted they built in a mechanism so that uh, the um, the customer, the player, had to pay for every single credit that they got on the machine. Okay. So the way this the way that this works is that the super pack board it, it when you when you pop open the uh coin door and try to run you know try to try to um you know flick the wire for the for the coin max if you don't if you hold down that wire just a couple of milliseconds too long the game essentially uh bends okay you can almost think of it as like uh you know a, an operating system kernel just uh, essentially a bending and just for, for non-computer people a bend yeah. means abnormal Ab- end. abnormal end it just, and it, it just locks tight it just locks tight and what happens with super pack is that it will it will um repeat the same sound kind of like the you know kind of like the waka waka sound and it, it repeats it endlessly and uh in the screen uh the screen just goes to a just goes essentially to a pattern and the game stays locked with that sound effect and that pattern on the screen until you hard cycle the game and what i mean by hard cycle is you switch it off and then you switch it on to reboot it okay so putting credits on a super pack is 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 something of a fine art unless you use the service switch that is inside the coin door uh it's it's uh, it's it's attached to the cabinet of the game itself but you have to know that's there and it's not in plain sight when you open the coin door so you have to know to reach in the machine uh, reach over to the right and then hit the service switch button and then you can put credits in at your leisure okay so i was asking i asked the the, the collective on clove or posted on clove and said hey is there a free play is there is there a free play mod to this game that would allow you to get around that and oh by the way does anybody know if there's a high score save kit for Super Pack? Because I get tired of every time I reboot it, it the, the high score is set to thirty thousand. Okay, and the high score table is wiped out. So in that thread discussing that, as it turns out, there is there there is no um, solution to the to the credit to what I consider the, you know the credit issue on it. You just have to you know you just have to put the credits in either very quickly with the Coinmax, or or you have to put the credits in. Um, Via uh, via operating the service switch, there's there's no improvement to that. That's just the way it is. Thirty years later, and that's still the way it is, which is fine. Do you want me to tell you how I'd fix that? How would you fix that, Brent? <laughs> I'd pull the pins uh-huh. for the switches below the coin max out uh-huh. of the harness. Yeah, and I would jumper the credit button to to the service to switch. The, to the service, I would jump for the service switch over yeah. to those, uh, or over, over to those, yeah. and then that way it largely solves solves that issue. But that doesn't that doesn't do your high score. No, no. So <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Th- thank you. Th- so, then I would buy you a, a dry erase board. There, there. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So, uh, so so the hunt continues. Okay, and and I was sitting there thinking, okay. I, I, w- I want to find a way to, uh, you know, to address the high score save issue. And someone uh, posted uh, back in, in the thread that I that I had started. There is a website 
called the Save Our High Scores Project. And this, and, and Brent, you know something. This is what's great about this this hobby is you don't know it all, even after years. And this is I, I've known about Matt, Matt Osborne's score save site for years, and uh, the Braze uh, Scott Brazington's work for years. Never ever knew about the Save Our High Scores Project page, and it happens to be that that uh, that that page is off of um, J Rock's site. And uh, for for anybody who doesn't know, J Rock is um, uh, you know he he is a uh, he's an asset to the to the community. There's no doubt for the work for the engineering work that he does on the William side, and uh, he's just just a I mean a, a virtual bucket load of of good products that he has made you know for the for the arcade industry okay i mean he's he has solved a lot of problems for us over the years with the products that that he has but on his site www.jrock.com there is a save our high scores uh project page we'll have a link to it in the show notes well brent when somebody linked to that and said oh yeah jrock's got a super pack score save and i was like Sweet. This is what I've been after. So I go out to this page, take a look at it, and man, Brent, I was I was shocked because not only does he have um, a high score save kit for Super Pack, he's also got them for Frogger, uh, another favorite of mine, Mappy, which is uh, another favorite of mine. And I guess if you listen to me, they're all favorites. But nonetheless, Brent, I love Mappy. Uh, so he's got a high score save for that. Now, and, are these ready to go? Plug it in. No type kits. No, or? no, and th- and that's what I want to cover. Oh, okay? okay, that's what okay. I want to cover because it's because the way that, the way that J Rock has engineered these kits, uh, it's completely different from the way uh, from the way that the Braze kits work. Okay, and, and that's this, probably this is, related to the hardware. It, it is and the game code. I, I think it's related to the game code and the work that J Rock has had to do to either reverse engineer the code, disassemble the code. And then, uh, and, and then code in the changes uh, in, in order to make the, the high score saves do what they need to do. So, uh, Frogger, Mappy, uh, Super Pac-Man, as, as we discussed, uh, Bosconian. Uh, and Brent, I think Bosconian's a brilliant game. I, I'd lo- love, to have a I love that game. I'd love to find a Bosconian. If anybody out there has uh, has two that they know of, uh, I need. I'm going to be equitable here, Brent. Let us know so we both get one. How about that? <laughs> All right. And um, so on top of Bosconian, Zevius, and uh, Brent. I, I, you know, I've often. Uh, wondered how you say this. I've always referred to it as Galaga Three, but other, but uh, it also goes by another name of Gap Plus, and that's the best word. I don't think it's Gay Plus or anything. I think it's it, it's G A Plus P L U S. So I'm going to call it Gap Plus, but uh, it's uh, it's it's essentially Galaga Three. Okay, <laughs> so uh, that's another game that I would uh, just love to have. I've been on the hunt for a Galaga Three Gap Plus for years and haven't uh, haven't been able to to get it in my hand, my greasy little hands as of yet. But uh, nonetheless, it's good to know there's a high score save for that. Bomb Jack, uh, Mister Do's Castle. Uh, it was cool to see there's one here for Reactor as well. Uh, definitely not not a very common game that I find Bomb in a Jack, lot of... I wonder if Bomb Jack just happens to be one of his favorites. I think the only place I've ever seen it's on a multi-board. I, I, see, and that's just it. I, when I saw when I saw the high score save for Bomb Jack, I was like, huh, Bomb Jack. How about that? Okay, cool. If I ever get a Bomb Jack, I'll know where, you know you where know, to go. I know where to go. And so um, he also has one for Galaga. 
Mr. Do, which I, I which I do have a Mr. Do, and I will be uh, employing that on my Mr. Do at some point in the future. Uh, rounding out the list here, Brent, two more to go. Uh, he's got Pingo, uh, which I think is is a great game as well. Just uh, have never really been able to find one in good enough condition, I think, to own. Um, do you ever see many of those around, Pingo? I've never personally seen. A, 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 a dedicated yeah. pingo, yeah. They're to me, they're they're pretty rare. And I'm with you. I'd like to have one. I, I really like it on the multi the multi board. It's it's a fun game to play. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's I think it's pretty highly underrated. And uh, and then also, uh, Brent, um, a high score save uh, enhancement for Dig Dug Millipede and Centipede. And uh, just real quick, just to get into that, uh, what uh, what J Rock is uh, what J Rock does is he actually improves upon the high score save circuit that is in those games and makes them more reliable okay with uh, with swapping out uh, swapping out essentially what's called an EA ROM it's it's an electric it's called an electric electrically alterable read-only memory it's kind of it's actually kind of it's actually harder to say than I thought it was <laughs> sitting there reading it yeah electrically alterable read-only memory J-Rock says that uh, that is a technology that Atari employed which did not survive the times. He calls it an also-ran technology. So uh, essentially, it's it's obsolete. Okay, the way the way that those three boards uh, save their scores, the the technology or the chips that, that it employs are are essentially obsolete. So what J Rock has done has uh, has devised a way to update update the um, the high score save circuitry on those boards and bring them more current okay to where they're they'll they'll save more scores and they're in they're more, mo- it's That's more I was modernized gonna ask, i think like on centipede i think it'll just save three yeah the top three and i think that now i've not done this to my centipede i'm just going by what i read uh but if memory serves me correctly i think this gets uh, i think this gets it to the 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 top 10 are saved after after uh after um, going through this this the procedure that j-rock outlines on his site so Brent, to kind of bring this back around full circle, um, J-Rock's kits, I wouldn't really consider them a kit. It's more of a process, okay, instructions. Uh, Almost all of his kits, you have to modify a ROM, uh, one or more ROMs on the board. He supplies the code, okay, so you need to be able to burn your own ROMs. It's a little bit more of an advanced installation. This is definitely an advanced installation. And, you know, Brent, now that we're talking about burning ROMs, um, there's... I'm just going to go ahead and lay this out here, and and I'm going to do it so that I remember to uh, devote some time to this at some point. I'd really like to uh, I'd really like to do a segment on uh, burning your own ROMs and the different types of ROM burners that that are out there. Okay, because I have uh, been lucky enough, and and I know you have one of these as well. We've been lucky enough, uh, both of us have, to find uh, working uh, data I/O machines, uh, 29Bs, over the course of of the past few years and those machines are generally regarded as the granddaddy of ROM burners okay uh, and I would say ROM prom so on down the line and uh, they can uh, they can even uh, they can even uh, duplicate or burn uh, bipolar proms as well that are um, that are essentially uh, a one shot a one shot write they are electrically programmed and they can only be programmed one time they're very high they're very expensive uh, in you know in relation to the other ROMs that are out there and they are used on a lot of boards like a lot of Nintendo boards use them for very specific purposes because they're very high performance 
ROMs as far as the read speed uh, in relation to in relation to the the more um, what I would consider uh, run of the mill ROM chips. So they were employed at very certain parts of of the board where it need, where the board uh, needed that access speed for that particular piece of code. And so any, I know I'm sidebarring the conversation. I'll bring it back around, but nonetheless, the data IOs can do a lot. And so I'd, I'd like to cover the use of the data IOs and things at a later point in time because. Like I say, with one of those, I think you've pretty much got uh, got the ability to burn to burn anything that an arcade collector would ever want want or need to burn. So nonetheless, with JROX kits, uh, you, do, you do have to burn your 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 own ROMs, and then uh, typically, uh, Brent, you need to install what's called a a DS twelve twenty, which is a static RAM from Dallas Semiconductor. Okay or semiconductor, <laughs> if I was to say it, uh, uh, the non-Kentucky the way. way. Yeah, the non-Kentucky <laughs> way. Right now, Brent, it's a Dallas semiconductor. So this DS-1220 uh, and this static RAM uh, is what is able to hold the uh, hold the, the high-score save table even though the power has been removed from the machine and it can survive uh, what I'd consider to be an indefinite amount of time with no power applied. And then with JROC's updated code, the DS-1220, this this uh, static RAM installed in the machine, following JROC's instructions, he has them for every game that, that is listed on his uh, High Score Save project page, then you can give all of those machines the uh, a high score save kit. So is is he just giving us a set of directions and here's the parts list? Yes, it's not as much a kit. So yes, no, he he give he gives the directions with pictures. He gives the a link on each high score save kit. He gives a link to the downloadable code that you would either need to patch your existing ROMs, and what I mean by patch is you need to read your existing ROMs then apply this patch to change only the code in the ROMs that he has changed, and then you burn that patched ROM back to, to a new ROM, then install it on your machine, okay? And then uh, and then other, other kits may have the actual full contents of the ROM itself, and then you just download it, burn it to a new one, and then, and then, um, and then install it on your machine. The net, Brent, is that you are installing a new ROM chip or uh, or your existing ROM chip um, with you know, with the, uh, the the updated contents as supplied the, by the JROC. Update, the updated code. The to updated deal code. With that's the other modifications that you make as part of the, that's exactly the quote right. unquote kit. That's exactly right. So so you've got the static RAM. You've got the changed ROMs. Those two are the main components in every kit that that he has on his site. There's nothing to buy from JROC. This is all free. So it's it's really cool that he's done this. So like on the Mappy page, you go to that, he's, he has pictures of of the Mappy PCB and determining which revision of the PCB that you have. And based upon which revision of the PCB you have, he supplies the, the code for the ROMs that you need to change depending upon the board that you have. So so this so his kits are more towards the advanced side of the spectrum whereas like the Braze kits are sen- are essentially just a rip and a replace. You pull the CPU, install the C- the Z like the Z80 CPU, pull it off the board, install it on the Braze kit and then and then take the Braze kit with the CPU and then install it back in the CPU socket. There's nothing you have to know there outside of 
just you know basic chip removal skills and, and have a nice long screwdriver to get the CPU out. So so it's it's two ends of the spectrum, okay, but they accomplish the same thing. Okay. Usually the brace kits have free play, high score, uh, board diagnostics, you know, you know, boot di- boot time diagnostics and the ability to like select different options like it overrides the dip switch settings on the board itself, so you get to you get to alter all of the dip switch settings that were originally on the board, uh, alterable by the dip switches themselves. Like brace, the brace kits will promote those settings into the kit itself, so you can use the joystick and the jump button or the fire button to to alter all the settings that you would normally have to get uh, into the back of the machine with a flashlight and a very you know long thin screwdriver and flip the dip switches with the game off in order to affect those changes. Uh, you know, like the number of lives you're, when, you're doing when, it in software. You're now. doing it in software instead of hardware. Okay, but with uh, but with J Rock's kits, it's really just high score save okay with with a couple of additions uh as noted on dig dug millipede and centipede when when he provides a an updated uh alternative to the the parts of of that circuit that are now uh unserviceable by modern means so on the uh super pack side you'd mentioned earlier um the the protection that they put in for credits yes does J-Rock's no. code address that? No, it does not. It does not address that. So for Super Pack, even after uh, installing the high score kit, okay, and, and I use the word kit with with air quotes sitting over here uh, on my side of the uh, podcasting studio, but um, it gives you high score save. It does not defeat the circuitry that that is the uh, the credit protection mechanism. Okay. So that that still that still remains, but that's okay. I mean, it's not a big deal, Bryn. If you if you really want to go to the level, you can do what you were talking about about jumping to the service switch and taking the coin mex the, the coin mex uh, wires out of the equation, or just do what I do, Brent. Just flop open the coin door and uh, you know just add add you know thirty credits with the uh, with the service switch, and uh, I'll, I'll try to break uh, break my high score. You in, know? in that's a what home I do. arcade, I mean, I can in a home arcade, that. it works fine. I, I know that the uh, Louisville Arcade Expo, which we will be at this yes. year with a yes. booth. Yep. I know. I know you were having some problems with uh, since you don't have free play. You were ha- you had a super pack out. I think yeah. it was last year or yeah. two years ago. It was uh, it was two years ago. Yes, and it, it was frustrating. We, we kept locking it up, uh-huh. and I wish I'd now sitting here. I'm kicking myself. I wish I'd have thought of that, and I'd have jumpered jumpered the free play button that we had hanging out of it over to the. Yeah, well, and, and you know something, Brent. Hindsight being 2020, exactly. I wish I had thought of that as well. But at the same point, I had uh, I. It was funny. I had just acquired that super pack that I took to the expo literally two weeks before the expo. Got the Super Pack home, cleaned it up. Did I, I'd done absolutely no research on Super Pac Man outside of the fact that I knew I loved the game and I and I'd come across a fairly nice one um, that uh, th- that is that's actually now in the hands of of another podcast listener, another local listener here, uh, and um, and so that particular machine that was at the expo. Uh, like I say, a good machine, but I, I just uh, brought it home and cleaned it up and played it and never really had run into that problem because I was just putting like one or two credits on it at a time. And, uh, and like I say, I was, I was not tripping that mechanism over. So I didn't even really know it existed at that time, Brent, but it proved to be a big problem when we got to the expo. So, uh, if I ever take super pack back to the expo, I'll make sure that, uh, it gets 99 credits on it, uh, with the service switch 
and then people can just play the 99 credits down, and then you just walk by it every now and again and credit it back, back up. Yeah, and once you do that, Brent, it's not a problem, but what people were doing is uh, they were putting their credits in three or four at a time, and they weren't doing it. You know, they weren't doing it fast enough, and they were tripping the the mechanism, and then uh, and then the, the game would just lock up like a drum. So, yep, that's it. So, like I say, Brent, I I wanted to revisit the whole J Rock side of uh, saving our high scores because this is uh like like I said at the onset of uh, of my portion of this segment this was a portion this was a part of uh high score save kits that I didn't even know existed even after being you know years in the hobby Brent so I wanted to make sure that I, I did the topic due diligence uh and for whatever reason I just have a I, I just geek out on high score save kits man and I love them so so well, here we are. We it, had, we you had, know, you've got me thinking about that here as of late with uh, with the battle zones. Oh yeah, I think I've said it in the in the past. I've never really paid attention. Yeah. And, and there's one out there for a battle zone. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, as I've been playing the battle zones, and I've been, Man, you I know, wonder, who makes that? You know, uh, that's Braze, isn't it? I thought Braze made a. Did they make one for battle zone? I'm pretty sure there's one for battle zone. Man. I thought it was Braze. Oh, okay, dude, keep talking. I'm gonna go check. All right. I, I'm I'm fairly Brent, certain. This is the power of the internet. <laughs> We're gonna do this live. Yeah, live. Recorded. Yeah, live action. <laughs> so uh, I've never paid attention in the past, but now as I'm playing, and of course it's been years since I've played any any amount of battle zone. As I'm kind of building that skill up and get a little farther each time. It's kind of a bummer that I know that once I turn the game off, it's gone. Daggum, Brent, you're right. And I'll tell you what, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, Battle Zone, Congo Bongo. Uh, he, of course, uh, Scott has one for Frogger as well. We mentioned that uh, with the J Rock kids. But uh, real quick, Mario Brothers, and I covered all, all the Nintendo ones. And I, I guess, Brent, I apologize. And listeners, I apologize. I guess that was just the fanboy in me, but the, the Nintendo fanboy in me. But where, where we sit on this, Brent, Zaxxon, Red Baron, um, uh, Battlezone, Asteroids, Congo Bongo, and then the host of the Nintendo games, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Mario Brothers, and Popeye. And then for multi-games, we've got the Asteroids multi-game, Centipede Millipede multi-game, Missile Command, Super Missile Attack, and then the Space Invaders 8 and 1. Although I hate to hate on Space Invaders, I just don't know how any eight-game eight, eight game variant of Space Invaders makes Space Invaders any more interesting. <laughs> any more interesting than it's not, you know? But, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna that's have, just me. I'm okay. going to have to read on that because I think his kit... Well, okay, I, I don't, yeah. ba- back to Battle Zone. Yeah, yeah. I say I don't want to... I think that Space Invaders kit brings something else to the table, and I'll, I'll just wait on that because I, yeah. I, I need to do some research on it because I'm, yeah. I'm considering it. Well, it. I'm looking at a site right now, Brent. The Battlezone <clears throat> kit installs in exactly the same way as the Nintendo kits and, and everything else. You yank the CPU, install it onto the, um, you know, inst- install it onto um, the braze board, and then put the braze board back in the CPU socket. And I think you go ahead. You pull all the ROMs too. Well, it, the EPROMs, don't you? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you can because his particular kit uh, has what's called a ROM saver, which means that um, he he actually has a copy of the ROMs on the high score save kit that it reads off of, and and all of his kits actually do this. And uh, then this way, if you have faulty sockets or anything, his ROM saver feature, uh, you, you don't have to worry about it. You know, you, you don't even have to do the socket repair as long as this kit is installed on the board. Yeah. I think on the uh, um, you said all the other kits do that. And they, I, they do. They do. Go ahead and take a look at the the Space Invaders kit. I, I think it introduces uh, a RAM test as well. 
Let's see. Let's 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 take a look at this. Uh, and like I say, everybody, this is this this is live recorded. <laughs> this is live, and this Pe- is people, this is what having no show notes does. For we've got show for, notes. I know. But Whitney and I just tend to fork <laughs> off into well, various conversations. And, see, and, and that's just the thing, man. You know, one thing leads to another. Um, yeah, th- this actually uh, has quite a few games on it. Space Invaders, Space Invaders Deluxe. Uh, Jatre Spectre. I've never heard of that. Uh, Lunar. I think that's a. Uh, I thought that was an XE game. Is it okay? Jatre Spectre. It's interesting. Lunar Rescue, Space Laser, Balloon Bomber, Galaxy Wars, and Solar Flight. Or Spectre is. I don't know about the whatever you said. Uh, which one? The, the Jatre Spectre. Yeah, it's yeah. The, so that's one game. That is one game. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game, Jotre Specter. So I'm like I said, I'm gonna have to look that up. I, I don't know anything anything about that. So yep. So yeah, yeah, on screen uh, on screen configuration settings, high score save for all eight games that are that are on there. And um I'm sure that this uh I'm sure that this this has the ROM this promotes the ROMs onto the high score save kit. It has to, Brent, because otherwise it's bringing, all that, it's bringing all that extra content to the game. And and I know it I know it does it on the Nintendo games because I have it installed I have the D2K multi kit installed um, installed on on my machine and um, that that actually has the the D2K uh, Jumpman returns code in it as well as the original Donkey Kong code in it and you can flip flop back and forth between the two with with a specific keystroke combination and uh, it doesn't it doesn't depend upon the ROMs that are inside the, that are on the board itself yeah so yeah. Anyway, back, so back to Battle Zone, Brent. Yeah, my apologies. So let let me um, um, let's loop back to Battle Zone for a second. Not yeah. necessarily high score save. While uh, Whitney was talking about the save kits, that made me think of the Battle Zone, and that reminded me that we have kind of an interesting opportunity right here in the, the studio slash my arcade. Yeah. Um, I have two Battle Zones sitting here, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I know earlier in, in the episode we talked a little bit about the Battle Zone breakdown and some of the work that I've been doing, and uh, this this actually kind of would fit in the deep dive section, yeah. so I don't think we're too far out. Okay. But um, as Whitney mentioned earlier to kind of explain what's going on with my voice, we've had a little gap in recording time, and yeah. in, in that downtime when I can't uh, speak... Brent turns a wrench. Brent, Yeah, Brent turns a wrench, you know. I have a battle zone with factory, quote unquote, joystick centering bellows in it. Uh-huh. And I have a battle zone right behind it with the Wizzy's Workshop replacement bellows in it. Okay. So, uh, here I'm going to put Whitney on the spot. What's the comment that you have heard most about the, the replacement Wizzy's wor- Workshop bellows? They're just a little, st- they're a little stiff. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think we talked about that uh-huh. in, in, in an earlier segment. So, yeah. do you remember which is which yes i do I well do. Uh, well you just blew part of the test oh my bad so okay well why, I, why don't you hop up and then okay. i'm going to entertain everyone with my with my wonderful my wonderful kind of gravelly voice okay what do you want me to do brent just go over to each of the battle zones now they're off the yeah they're off okay. and just kind of give them a feel so you know as we mentioned the uh the, the battle zone that i've got that's got the atari factory bellows I'm testing the stick. <laughs> He's giving them a good workout. Um, it doesn't sound right, Brent. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, the, the battle zone that I've got that's got factory bellows in it, I've had all four sticks apart. The uh, the bellows actually look really good. You know, the, the rubber's not dried out, no cracking, no tearing. To me, they look like, uh, obviously, they're, they're 
original because no one's reproduced him in their original form. Coming back, Brent. He's on his way back. Okay. He's sitting back down. Putting the headphones on, Brent. Um, when I okay. got the game, kind I'm, of, I'm back. Brent. He's back. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> kind of as a quick recap, when yeah. I got the game, the sticks with the Atari bellows were rebuilt so i don't know the source of the bellows my assumption is looking at them that they were new stock and they were probably well cared for because you know like i said the 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 rubber's still nice and shiny and bright it's not discolored it's not cracked it's not ripped but they still are 30-ish years old well the one one thing i'll say brent is there's a definite difference between between bz1 and bz2 uh one of them definitely definitely felt a lot stiffer than than the other i will say that but well i when i say there's there's a lot of difference it, i'm probably i'm probably kind of blowing it up in my mind a little bit because i i know there's a difference okay mm-hmm. but uh there there is a definite difference in the stiffness of of how the sticks move and and how quickly they kind of snap back to center okay now the battle zone that is closest to us now that's uh, if on the Every, all the pictures that I've got on Facebook yep. and all that, that's what I have called BZ1. BZ1, Battle one. yeah. Battle Zone 1, BZ1 feels feels stiffer uh, to me than BZ2 does. Okay. Okay, so that's, so that's it. Well, BZ1 has the Atari centering bellows. See, in isn't that interesting? Because BZ2 did not feel, did not have the... Uh, the uh, what I'd say the springiness to it. I mean, it was. I mean, it definitely was very acceptable, and everything was definitely there. But it just didn't have that snap now, to it that BZ One had. I will. I will say this on on BZ Two. Uh huh. If anyone's ever had one of these sticks apart, or if they just find a picture of one online, or take yeah. a look at our Facebook page because I yeah. got pictures of them torn apart. Yeah. It kind of you know right below the grip, if you will. There's a ball uh-huh. that is on the stick with a roll pin. And that's basically the point of pivot. Yeah. And the games were played. So BZ2 has a little bit uh, more wear at that ball uh-huh. and at its point of contact in the body of the stick than BZ1 does. Okay. So there, there's a little just, there's just, and, and, and I've noticed this mainly because I've had them apart and I can definitely see, okay, yeah, this is worn a little bit more than this one. Uh-huh. And just my own testing, I know there's a little bit of additional slack yeah, that's in BZ2. There, there, there is, and you can feel it. But like I say, if that was the only battle zone that you were playing, you would it would never even enter your mind. It's just because I had something to compare it against. Right, and you could have two, um, you could have two with. Uh, Atari bellows in them, and they yeah. could play entirely different. Yeah. They could yeah. feel different. Based I, I, on, I believe that. T- to me. Um, I agree. I think that the the, the Atari bellows are, are have got a little bit more stiffness to them. Yeah, they they do. They're they, a little quicker to spring back. Uh huh. Um, but uh, in terms of the Wizzy's bellows, they're, they're they're great. I mean, they're they're great. They're great. And, and here's the thing. Um, not not to not to sound uh, you know not not to sound entitled or anything like that, but uh, or, or not not to sound like I don't appreciate it. But geez, dude, I mean. It's either the Wizzy's bellows or you're stuck trying to find new old stock or NOS. And so what, what other options do you have? Yeah. I mean, it's either it's either you get the Wizzy's and we're thankful that, that Wiz does what he does in producing those bellows or it's nothing. I, you know, personally, I think they're great. I, I do too, it, man. If, they work good. 
I think they work just fine. And to me, I would have no problem using them. I was yeah. I was expecting to actually, after what I had read. And, and, and see, and that's it. This is the lesson on the Internet is full of opinion. It's full of opinion. Yes, it I, is. I was expecting on BZ2 to take those sticks completely apart again. I really watch what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I, t- I tend to just, I'm, I'm really kind of detail-oriented. I just envisioned that that game, it was going to be like, having to almost pull the game over yeah. to, to operate, actuate the sticks. And I was just thinking, man, I am going to end up taking both of these sticks out 14 times and drilling two holes and four yeah. holes and eight yeah. holes, yeah. Yeah. trying just, to lighten just, them just up. Just loosen them up. And now I would say, don't, don't do anything. No, just I install them great. and go. Yeah, I think yeah. they're great. Yeah. Well, see, that that's a scenario where whiz knew best. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't understand if if someone if if folks out there have thought and I've seen this sentiment too if folks out there thought that they were stiffer because you had played really worn factory bellows that that's my opinion as well side by side yeah you can tell that the just as Whitney said here with the setup that I've got in in a controlled environment in a controlled environment yeah and and still even it's that's not that controlled because BZ two it you know I know that the pivot balls. And the housings have a little additional wear, which which could account for some of that springiness. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, to me, I mean, I think they're great. Yeah. So so the moral of this, Brent, everything you buy at Wizz's, it's good. I, I mean, it, it is because he's got bellows um, for other joysticks as well. And uh, I think you own some of those. I do. Yes, I have uh, his uh, his centering spider for the uh, forty nine way uh, opto joystick that's uh, that you find in like a Cinestar, William Cinestar. And uh, man, I tell you, it's a perfect replacement. I, I've done the replacement and uh, since, and and it's good. I tell you, yeah, also what else? Well. Uh, he also offers uh, the gels for the overlay gels for the battle zone monitor okay so bz2 is actually missing the red gel excuse me no the green gel which is the lower like two-thirds of the screen mm-hmm. and you know you look around online there's 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 a site or two out there that say hey look you go to any stage supply company and there's a couple here in louisville yeah and here here's the gel numbers for the for the correct colors so, uh, uh, and I'm, I bet that's probably what he's done. He's just had an opportunity to go ahead and say either he's matched him up himself or whatever. And he's, he's, he's played this game and Hey, look, I've got a web store and I've got access. So I'll go ahead and, and offer him. I went ahead and ordered a set. It kept me from having to run all around town. The cost was negligible to me. It was, you know, it was a complete wash, if not cheaper. The one thing that you, that you'll notice and I think I'd I'd run into this anywhere because I've seen those I've seen gels. That, I mean, it's just it's it's basically plastic of a color, a yeah. shade. I, I've got several shades of red, several shades of green, several shades of whatever. There, it's thinner than whatever Atari used back in the day. Okay. So when you go to put it on, it just takes a little bit more attention to detail on the try, installation on the installation yeah. because you're trying to fit that flat gel. Uh-huh. It's basically a square cut piece of plastic or rectangular cut piece of plastic on that convex screen yeah so i've got them on there took me it took me longer to take the front of the game off than it did to mount them 
I mean, they're working great. Saved me a lot of time and a lot of effort. It was all, it was a one stop shop. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, he he's got good stuff, man. I I, I kind of wish his selection was a little bit bigger. That that he that he produced more parts than he does, but uh, everything that he does is quality. I, I will say that. So, well, Brent, I tell you what, that's a deep dive. And dude, uh, I think anybody uh, listening said that we dive deep. You know, on, on this uh, on this episode, man. So I, this is one of my favorite I, man, parts of the I, episode. I, I, I love get, it. I get gave my all it, it, Brent Brent gave yeah some, some gave uh, what's old I, I guess I guess the you know some gave all I think that was a, a title to a movie or, or a book or something I don't know but Brent gave all too so you know, it's um it's been several days just to get my voice to this point and I've probably I'm gonna <laughs> I bet I'm gonna wake up in the morning and I've lost all that ground <laughs> but hey it, the show must the go show, on the show goes on Brent hey well, listen, uh, Brent. What we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to uh, flip over uh, into the next segment. We've got a little bit of uh, technical and restoration uh, items to cover that are new for this month. Okay, on the video side, and uh, then uh, we're going to get into our interview with uh, Mr. Larry Pavey and uh, talk a little bit about uh, what made that so much fun and, uh, and and talk about his setup and everything like that. So, Brent, why don't we? Uh, uh, why don't we go ahead and move over and let's talk about some resto parts. I'd like to welcome everybody back to uh, what is the uh, the technical and restoration discussion segment uh, here of this month's episode. And, and Brent, just as a quick recap, and for everybody out there listening as well, just to just kind of jog your memory real quick. Last month, I talked about two reproduction uh, projects that are underway. Uh, the reproduction Robotron bezels that are going to be offered up by Phoenix Arcade, as well as the Rally X bezel and marquees that are going to be offered up by Phoenix Arcade. And this month, Brent, uh, and just real quick before I hop into uh, hop into to what we're going to cover this month, we do have links in last month's show notes. Uh, for the Rally X bezels and marquees and the Robotron bezels. So I, I urge everyone uh, to go back and, and listen to last month's episode and uh, take a look at the blog post and the show notes because uh, all that information is in there in case you're interested in hopping in on either one of those. Now, this month we have uh, we have three new de- uh, three new confirmed projects and, hope- and one hopeful project. So... Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm sorry, two new confirmed projects and one hopeful project. So I'm going to cover the confirmed ones here first. Now, it seems like every year there is a game. <laughs> there is a game, and I've even seen threads on Clov on this as well. It seems like every year there is a game that captures uh, the the collector's imagination and a game that that I think deserves the credit. And that uh, that seems to get a lot of reproduction uh, reproduction love right now is Major Havoc. Okay, Brent, have you ever had a Major Havoc by any chance? I have not. Have you ever played Major Havoc by uh, any chance? The, the last time I played Major Havoc, there was actually one in the game room at uh-huh. a pizza place. Really, on the other end of town. Okay, back in the day. Back in the day. So I, the last one I saw was in the wild. Yeah, so to speak. the only major I, I have played Major Havoc as well. Uh, I played it in an arcade down in Tennessee. Um, it, I went with a, a couple friends of mine, uh, friends of the show as well, uh, local collectors. We did a road trip down uh, to this one particular arcade down in uh, Tennessee. And they had a major havoc there, so I got to play that there. But outside of that, I've never seen a major havoc in the wild. 
But uh, on Cloth, there are a couple threads running for Major Havoc parts. Okay, now uh, Brent, I don't know if you've ever bought any uh, any uh, reproduction metal parts that are offered up by uh, a gentleman uh, by the name of Troy uh, Troy Aikman, and uh, he goes by the thread handle of Take Man on on Cloth. Okay. And that's his screen name, so to speak. And uh, Troy is essentially a master, a master of metal. He has reproduced all kinds of uh, parts for the arcade community, whether it be mis- silkscreen missile command uh, control panels, reproduction missile missile command control panels, asteroid control panels. He has reproduced uh, metal for quantum. Okay, whether that be speaker panels, uh, whether that be uh, marquee retainers, bezel retainers, things things along those lines all the things for quantum that you just can't buy but he reproduced those i think he reproduced those uh early last year uh, or maybe even back in 2012 I, I just have to go back and look at the threads to see uh but uh, brent uh troy is lending his skills uh to helping the major havoc crowd out and so two threads are going on right now uh for reproduction major havoc door hinges and speaker grills. Okay, if you're building a dedicated major havoc, uh, then these are these two parts are necessities in order to have a proper reproduction uh, done. Or if you're restoring your existing major havoc, and then he is also producing what are called Tempest major havoc control panels, so that you can convert a Tempest, uh, the, the Tempest style cabinet, or convert a Tempest game to major havoc. And uh, Brent, I just doing a little bit of research on this before the show and it looks like uh it, you know major havoc was done in, in in two it was offered in two varieties either a dedicated variety or a kit variety and the kit variety or conversion kit variety was for converting a tempest to a major havoc so it had a major havoc uh, that kit offered a major havoc uh, marquee done in the tempest style marquee as well as a uh, conversion control panel uh, that that would convert uh, that would convert um, the spinner and the buttons um, on a on a tempest over to the proper roller and everything that's required for major havoc. Now I thought, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong or uh-huh. if you know different. I thought the conversion kit for a tempest used the tempest spinner, and uh, is part of Troy's. I've seen uh-huh. folks do this where they've taken a Tempest panel and they've adapted it back for a roller. Oh, is that is that right? Okay. So that's when when you started talking about um, the conversion kit, or excuse me, the, he was making uh, the conversion control p- panel. That was my thought is, is he from the get-go stamping it out to have the opening for the roller? Yes, it, it does. It, okay. Yeah, his does because... Uh, his um, uh, his conversion has the stu- has uh, the studs installed into the control panel and it, that allow for the mounting for the, for the dedicated for roller. roller. Okay. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so he's producing a tempest panel that is already cut for the roller. Yeah, the studs okay. awesome. and ready for the roller. Okay. okay. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is that Troy Take Man. He does these the, he does these reproductions and he gets uh, enough enough interested parties in okay uh, for for buy in on this on do, on doing a run of these metal parts and typically uh, he does not rerun these and so if he does it may be years in between the reruns so if you're thinking about uh, hopping on the major havoc bandwagon or if you're already on the major havoc bandwagon. 
uh, you really need to give this some some consideration for the simple fact that, uh, especially if you have a Tempest and you're thinking about converting it to a Major Havoc, you may not have access to these parts for the next five or six years if you don't get them now, okay? And, and that's the big thing. And what I wanted to add on to this, Brent, is that he is uh, offering up um, a, a he's offering up um, a also uh, he, he's teaming up. That's probably the better way to say this. He's teaming up with uh, Phoenix Arcade, and they're also going to be offering a um, a um, conversion overlay in a marquee combo to go along with this control panel. Okay, and so it's nice because you can knock out the control panel overlay that that is uh, that is custom cut for this control panel with a roller on it and you can knock out a marquee along with this this special control panel all in one fell swoop all for one money and we will have links in the blog post for this episode for anybody that is interested in getting on that now Brent I don't have a major havoc I don't have anything for major havoc I don't have a PCB and I just I just don't have anything so I'm really kind of torn the 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 um obsessive compulsive portion of me says but because you may not ever have have access to it again but at the same point I I just don't really have any interest in building a major havoc right now but I think this is cool because yeah, this, kind is, of a, this is a great service to the community. Oh, I think it's an awesome service. I mean, yes, I know it that, is. I know that there's a, at least somewhat of a need because I've seen people yeah. do it, I guess, the old-fashioned way, which is to take an existing Tempest panel yeah. and retrofit the roller. Okay. You know, if they can get the roller. I, 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 I want to stand corrected then. I thought I thought that the roller was part of what Atari, uh, Atari included. I've since gone back and looked at that, and you are right, Brent. Yeah. So, yeah, I stand corrected on that. I'm sorry, sorry for any okay, confusion. Okay, I thought that, I thought I, that was the case. Yeah, I apologize for any confusion. I knew, I knew that there was a, a, a slight difference in the boards You're between right. a dedicated conversion and that difference being yep. a crystal for the timing circuit of the either if you're using a, a roller or a spinner. Uh, okay, so, got you. You know, I freely admit I've got kits and pieces and parts for games that I don't own but would like to own. And, you know, you may not be in that boat, but I'm, I bet there's plenty of folks out there in the arcade community that they're in the would like to own boat for that combo. Yeah. Yeah. And, know? and, and I, and I understand I, there, there has been talk Brent on Clove of doing a run of reproduction, major havoc PCBs. Okay. Oh, there has just like just like there was uh, the reproduction quantum PCBs from a couple of years back, and um, I I think quantum is a cool game. Okay, I've uh, at some point, Brent, I will build a quantum. Have okay? you ever you, have you played quantum? Oh yes. See, I've never gotten yes. to play quantum. Yeah, quantum quantum's quantum's cool. Quantum's fun. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a unique game. I don't think it's for everybody, but if you watch the gameplay, go out to YouTube, watch the gameplay of it. It doesn't, Brent. I don't think it plays that well in main because you have to have the setup for it, and even then, the the yes, you get the effect and you see the colors and, and you you get the effect of the game, but it's hard to really enjoy the game as Atari intended for it to be enjoyed with the color vector, you know, with the color vector monitor and everything like that. Plus, you really need a trackball, okay, in, in order to play. It's just on a keyboard. It doesn't translate well at all. But uh, go out to YouTube. In fact, uh, if, if, I can, uh, if I can remember remember to do this, I'll, I'll even include a couple of Major Havoc and Quantum uh, play videos uh, uh, from, from YouTube. But they're, they're easily found I'll as well. I'll make a note in the old Mead notebook. An old Mead notebook. Thank you, Brent. And um, 
and so we'll be sure to sync at me notebook with the internet so that I've got it um, when it comes time to write the blog post. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, there is talk about doing a major Havoc reproduction PCB. And, uh, you know, that's not been confirmed at this point. It's all speculation. It's all, uh, you know, it's all uh, discussion on cloth right now. So we'll have to see if that actually comes to pass. But uh, like I say, if if there's enough interest, I'm sure it'll be done. Who would have ever had thought, Brent, that there would be enough parts on the uh, on the arcade market to build a quantum? It's just, it's just unheard of in in my mind. But uh, yeah, reproduce the PCB for that. All the metal and everything looks like ta- it looks like uh, Take Man is going to help with uh, making uh, Major Havoc a reality along those lines as well. And Brent, the last thing I want to cover before we get into uh, our next segment uh, and the interview with uh, with Mr. Larry Pavey is the unconfirmed uh, project that I am seriously hoping would someday come to fruition. And Brent, that is a reproduction mappy marquee. You may say, "Well, why is that so? Why, why is that so hard? Or why, why is that? Uh, why is that? You know, something that uh, that." is not being considered to be done well brent um now just the mark here that like the artwork or the box uh, no this is the artwork that goes into the box okay okay, okay. And, and so and you, you hit the nail on the head why is that why is this something that um that probably may not ever be done again and uh for for everybody who doesn't know uh mappy uh the marquee on mappy is not actually attached to the game uh, to the game itself the marquee on Mappy is contained in its own box, a, a fluorescent lit box that is uh, attached by hinges to the top of the Mappy cabinet and then is folded up uh, upright and then supported by a prop rod. Okay, on and, the back. And the marquee is much larger than. Oh, the marquee is huge. Typical quote yeah, unquote marquee. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it is a full. It's almost like a, a window dressing or something like that. I mean, it's prominent, and that's what gives uh, Mappy a lot of its charm. Okay, is that it makes the cabinet very unique. It gives it a visual style, and um, the thing is, is, is Brent, is that almost all Mappy marquees that I've ever seen are severely faded, okay? They've lost that luster. They don't have the richness to the color to them. They, they just don't pop like they you know, like I'm sure they did 30 years ago. Now, Phoenix Arcade has ran these, uh, has, has done a run of Mappy marquees at one point in the past, okay? But that's not today, Brent, and uh, they're no longer for sale by Phoenix. And um, it was interesting because there is an interest thread, uh, at least discussing that, uh, on Clove. And the last Mappy Marquee that was uh, ran by Phoenix Arcade uh, to go on uh, to go on eBay uh, fetched, like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me correctly, three hundred and twenty-five dollars wow. for a marquee. Now, admittedly, this is unique. Uh, this isn't, uh, you know, it's si- size wise. It makes it very, uh, very specific, but 325 bucks, Brent, for a marquee. For a reproduction marquee. For a reproduction marquee. Now, granted, it's beautiful. Everything that Phoenix Arcade does is beautiful. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it is picture perfect. That all being said, Brent, it's still $325, you know, so we're, we're, we're getting, we're getting into some cash. And, uh, and, and so, 
I'm sure that myself, uh, you know, I'm sure that myself, along with other Mappy owners, uh, would love to have a reproduction Mappy marquee. So, Brent, I'll include a link to that thread, that cloth thread in the blog post as well. I just ask the listener public uh, if you have a Mappy or think you ever would have a Mappy at some point in the future, uh, click on that link and go register your uh, your desire to to see the Mappy marquees rerun at some point in the future because we would uh, we would love to have them. I, I tell you, I would I would love to have them as well. So. So that's that's all that we have for uh, for you know restoration parts you know uh, arcade or video restoration parts uh, and projects that are new for this month. So um, with that, I think it's time to get into the interview for this month's episode. And Brent, we have got a treat for everybody. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Mr. Larry Pavey. He is a local pinball collector. He lives in Southern Indiana. And uh, just to kind of set this up for everybody, Brent and I had the uh, had the privilege of going and playing in Larry's uh, Larry's game room uh, a couple of weeks back, and we we had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Larry for uh, gosh, Brent, what was it? A couple of hours anyway, and so we we got to uh, got to talk about uh, Larry's collection, uh, how he got into the hobby, what drives him, and uh, Brent, I would say. Uh, if I said that his collection is anything other than a list, we would be doing his collection a disservice. Uh, and so, uh, with that, uh, why don't we uh, why don't we talk to Larry and uh, find out uh, all about his awesome pinball machines and his game room and uh, everything that he has going on. Welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, Brent and I are in the basement of uh, Mr. Larry Pavey, and uh, Larry was kind enough to invite uh, both Brent and I over uh, to do an interview segment with him. And uh, Larry, we certainly appreciate you making the time for us here tonight. Uh, you know, normally this is a school night, and, and <laughs> I myself couldn't make it out this late. You know, but uh, it's Christmas break, and uh, here towards the end of the year when, when we're recording this this interview segment, so uh, we've got a little extra time. So. It's um, uh, you know it's nice that it worked out this way. So thank you for having the podcast uh, here here in your house tonight. I'm very honored to have you guys here. Thank oh, you for coming. Well, I, you know what's really cool, Brent, is he actually said that after seeing us set everything up. I was going to say yeah. After we've come in here, we've taken over his basement, and <laughs> yes. set all this equipment up, and we, we've strapped him in a chair with everything on his head yeah. and in front of his face. <laughs> it's a, you've got to talk, Larry. You've got to talk. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love all this new tech. It's just amazing. It really is. Well, Larry, you have. Uh, You've been you've been very kind with us, you know, on on the logistics on this, getting everything you know sorted out, you know, schedule wise. So I definitely appreciate it. No now, I think what everybody wants to know that's listening to the show is why are we here? And so I'll set I'll set up the kind of the the backstory on this, Brent, and uh, how how we kind of uh, how we kind of you know came across Larry. And uh, I will say that that the the recommendation delivered the goods. Okay, and so <laughs> so for everybody listening. So Larry, you're gonna you're now going to get to hear who sent us over here, so you know who to blame. Oh no, no, I, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not oh, going to okay. mention names. All right, but we'll just we'll just say a, a fellow friend of the show, a uh, pinball collector uh, that, uh, that that both Brent, Brent and I know, uh, recommended that we talk to Larry, and uh, I think the statement was, uh, Whitney, you you guys should go talk to Larry because he has probably the nicest and most complete collection of A-list titles of anyone and anywhere that I know, and immediately that kind of 
piqued my interest there, and I, I thought, man, if, if there's so many A-list titles in one place, and Larry's close, we need to know Larry, so, <laughs> well, so we, we can we go have, talk to Larry. Well, we have to talk to Larry, which is a, f- a thinly veiled excuse to come play some titles. <laughs> yes, yes, it's extremely thinly veiled, but but you know, it, you know, we did bring everything here, we got it all set up, so, so we so might as well record to something, Larry. So it's, you know, Larry, it's like half legitimate, how about that, you know? <laughs> that sounds good, fellas, that sounds good. <laughs> no, Larry, it's, it's really cool, and, and, and for everybody listening, we are down here in Larry's basement. He rolled out the red carpet for us. All the machines are on, and uh, you know, pool table. We've got a storm, you know, Star Wars stormtrooper sitting over in the corner, and you know, food Snacks, and drinks yeah, and everything. Drinks. Someone, someone's got to guard the machines, fellas. Yeah, someone's got to guard that, the machines. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> And, and it's it's nice and Larry I by my count you've got uh, se- is it 17 machines here in the in the basement right now I actually have another one in a storage a Congo and no reason why I have oh. it out here now because I thought it'd be a little too uh, too cramped if I put 18 in here so I gotcha. put him in there he's he's getting lonely but I try to give him some attention when I can yeah, Congo is a good game yes it is it's, it's very Congo, fun Congo is a great game I think it's uh, I think it's somewhat underrated actually yes it is very yeah. fun pin yeah it's it's nice but uh, the, the recommendation on the A list titles and, and and the quality of the collection was not uh, was was not misplaced. I mean, uh, this individual turned turned us on right, and uh, Larry, you've got a very nice collection. Thank a you. A lot of good machines here. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of spinning around here a little bit, and I say, well, and Larry, people, why don't you just want to know about A list titles? So let, let's talk about what you've got. Okay. So once you kind of just roll through the collection, and yeah. then uh, um, maybe after that, then we'll back up and see how the madness kind of got started. Yes, so, yeah, because, sure. Th- because for this many titles of this quality to be in one place, there's definitely stories behind it. Yes. And, and this room is like pinball unobtainium to me anyway, <laughs> you know? And so I'm kind of curious as to how all this got where it is. So yeah, Larry, why don't you take us through, through the collection and, and uh, everybody out there listening to the show, I know they're dying to hear what all you have. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, in the other room, I have the Congo. Um, then uh, we're in the, the uh, big part of the man cave where I call it. I have uh, Medieval Manus, Attack mm-hmm. uh, Mars, uh, the Monster Bash, yep. uh, Tales of Arabian Night. I have the Williams Indiana Jones. And if I could swing around here, I got uh, Theater Magic, mm-hmm. uh, Circus Voltaire, and Family, Scared Stiff, Whitewater, Flintstones, uh, Wizard of Oz, ACDC, uh, Simpsons Pinball Party, Lord of the Rings, and Star Trek Limited Collector Edition from Stern. Yes, yeah, and ACDC is a premium, it uh, looks yes. like, yes. and Wizard of Oz, I think you'd said earlier before we started uh, before we uh, started recording the show, you said it's an LE as well, correct? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, okay. No, it, this, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very good lineup, a very good lineup. And, Thank you. And so, uh, right before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about the Star Trek and about the Wizard of Oz. You mm-hmm. said that you've got those, what, just within a, a, a day or two of each other? Almost, almost, actually, like two, three weeks. Oh, um, I'm sorry, okay. Yeah, we, uh, I ordered the Lord of the Rings like two and a half years ago. I'm sorry, not Lord of the Rings. Uh, Wiz of Oz about two and a half years ago. Okay. And it came in the first week of November. And then um, and then the, the Star Trek actually came in the first week of December. And so those almost uh, back to back to each other. And I just, I very rarely get two pins that quick, that fast. Because, you know, um, but I was lucky enough to... Uh, I have a uh, Wiz of Oz uh, come in, and then it was a month later. There, here comes my Star Trek. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a good Christmas present right there. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you if if you were on the wait list for Wizard of Oz for mm-hmm. two and a half years, mm-hmm. then I take it you you participated in the initial buy in of, of yes. that of that title. Yes. 
Okay, so what what was what was that that whole experience like? I'm, I'm just kind of curious before before we start talking about you know Attack from Mars and 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 all of those games. I'm kind of hyper, uh, I guess, kind of hyper focused on Wizard of Oz yes. at this point, mm-hmm. and, and it's sitting in front of me, and and it, it Wizard of Oz has an aura about it at yes. this point. So, yes. uh, I'm and to see one here, um, kind of in the flesh like this, it's it, it's it's nice. You know, it's it's nice to see one uh, see one here here in your collection. So what was that whole process like? I mean, did did you find that it was uh, that, that it was that it was tough to wait it out for that long? Did you have second thoughts about buying the pen? I mean, it's a lot of money to tie up for something for a product that's not even built yet. I mean, you're buying on a promise rather right. than a product, right? Yeah, I like I said, I ordered this thing about two and a half years ago, and okay. I bought from a Jack before on Pinball Sales. I actually got two stern new boxes from him, the RK Legends um, from him as well. And I like Jack as a businessman. He always treated me right. He always made sure uh, he gave me a good price, made sure it shipped right to my house. And so when um, I was looking at Wizard of Oz, he made the announcement on Spooky Podcast that he was going to make the Wizard of Oz. I was, I was really tempted because I'm a huge movie fan. Um, my wife is a big, huge fan of Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I thought, I said, I'll take the dare. I'm going to send some money into Jack because I trust him. He had the same ideas. I like the toys, like the interaction. Um, everything that he offered on this for an LE pinball for the price was just was awesome i couldn't believe uh you know like i said the shaker motor the visit glass the topper everything he's throwing in for the price i couldn't pass it up and i knew he's wanting to uh show his customers hey you know i'm i'm gonna give you a, a great pin a great product with all these added features at a really good price that to help me i think he kind of did kind of me get him on the feet to show him hey, i'm in for the for real yeah here's one of you for my first loyal customers for my first venture in this uh to this business i do recall that when you know some of the playfield art came out and that was passed around and yeah. you know i eventually saw it in klv which yeah. is where i mainly hung out at that time yeah it when you jumped on board had had jack gotten far enough to have any artwork out there or was it just a title nothing just a, just a wow. title yeah it's just yeah. a word out there saying this will be a wide body uh he had list out there saying all the features is going to be on the pin uh-huh and i thought wow this is this is a lot of stuff here for for the pin and the way he's talking i mean he he was a, he's a salesman i mean he really is and yeah had, had they even discussed the lcd display at that point in time or do you he, even remember i think he did i mean uh, to me i wouldn't very uh lcd screen was i thought it'd be really cool for pinball innovation but I never really, very rarely look at the DMD screen or, or the LCD screen, but I thought it'd be really cool to have because it'd be first pinball machine that would have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it'd be really, and plus it's very first pinball made by a brand new uh, company. Yeah. And I thought that'd be ideal for my collection. And that's kind of, um, besides my wife loving was, don't get me wrong, let me rephrase that's the first one. <laughs> yeah. But the second one was because it's a brand new company, first pinball made. And I thought, gosh, what would it be like if I went and bought the Williams first pinball, Bally's first pinball, yeah. Stern's first pinball, anything like that. And it'd just be ideal having a collection yeah. stuff. Well, you did touch on an important topic, though. Happy wife, happy life. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it, during during the process, uh, the, the whole pre-order was it was the communication good with, yes. with, with Jersey Jack? I mean, as a company, were you getting good good information back on on your investment, on your buy-in, and 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 how the build-out was going, and things like that? I, right. I'm I'm kind of curious as to. 
uh, how much of a black box process was it versus how much did you get to see inside Jersey Jack as they were building the company, as they were building the pinball? They actually, uh, when you first send your payment in, they, they keep you updated with emails and show you mm-hmm. pictures of the progress, what's going on. Then they start sending you some play field pictures. Um, I was invited to several parties at uh, Jersey Jack's oh, warehouse. Were? Yes. Uh, okay. Anybody really had a, uh, any money down was getting an in, open invite and they asked you, if, you know, who would you like to bring and so forth. Of course, obviously, he uh, is so far away from me to travel, so I yeah. never went to him, but I've seen pictures and everything. And uh, So would they send you stuff before it would make it? Obviously, as soon as it gets out, it's out. It's going to oh, be yeah. on forum yeah. somewhere. Right. Speed of light. Right. But yeah. I mean, would would they give you a personalized website or did they email you stuff was it like factory shots it was actually factory shots it was uh personalized emails i mean i think it could send there by it didn't really really address to a certain person i, yeah. I, I don't believe it was but uh obviously they when you send money and they show you seats and when you get uh, get it paid off and everything and everybody always asked me okay it's Two and a half years for this thing. Two yeah. and a half years. Was it really worth the wait? I'm thinking. That was going to be my next question. Yes. Was it worth the wait? Hindsight, yes. Okay. Um, I like the pin. I really do. It's it's kind of like a... Now, I'm, I'm the type of uh, pinball player. Uh, I like the fast games. Uh-huh. Uh, like the... Uh, Attack from Mars. Um, the uh, the Star Trek LE. Um, those are fast pins. Uh, Wise reminds me of Twilight Zone. And the only time I ever had any doubts is when I start, actually when they start shipping the pins. Okay. Uh, everybody start talking to how the, the things were going down. Uh, the LED lights were, wasn't working right. Boards were, were screwing up. And I thought, well, that, I knew that's going to happen because yeah. it's a brand new company. They're going to make mistakes. <laughs> brand and, new company, the, brand new product, and brand new right, process. You're going to have a few, I mean, it is what it is. You're going to have a few squeaky wheels. I mean, you, exactly. you may produce a hundred machines and if you have one led problem on one box you're going to hear about it well exactly and then you get on the forums and the forums provide a forum uh, for someone to make a lot of noise behind a keyboard mm-hmm. that may or may not uh may or may not have a legitimate beef they may yes. and or they may just like to uh you know just kind of hear themselves talk so obviously degree. you stuck it out yeah yes i did and it's weird because i had people who who's has no idea or never played a pinball but they would hear me talk about it and they always ask okay. me has was come in yet as what has your was <laughs> pin come in they have no idea what it looks like who made it the whole pinball community nothing and uh so they knew towards the end of my little bit of frustration i guess i wasn't really getting too nervous about it but i during that time, they was releasing so many good pins. Yeah. And I'm thinking, gosh, I take this money out and uh, get my money back, sell it now, let me go get another one. And I had a buddy of mine who actually, who did, who did that. He sold his was and uh, his reservation, and yeah. he got a Metallica. And he, he liked Metallica, but when he came over and he played the was, he goes, I said, so I asked him, because he has ACDC as well. I said, yeah. so, I said uh, which, so which one do you like better? you like uh, ACDC or do you like Metallica? He goes, was. Yeah, so he literally held out if you, Metallica. He literally held out to, I guess, the end. What I would yes. consider the, the, oh, yeah. the bitter end. Yeah, right to the very. And they start. They about ready ship him. I believe it was, and he said, "You know what? I, I, I'm not into the hype now. Maybe I'm. I'm kind of looking Metallica because they are expensive, obviously. Yeah, and he goes, "I'm going. I'm going back out. I'm going to get me the. I'm going to get my Metallica." And, and I'll be lying to you guys if I, if I didn't think about that myself. I thought, but you know, believe it or not, my wife's always the voice of reason. She kept on saying, "You know, you waited this long." Why don't you just wait it out just a couple more weeks, you know, because yeah. they kept on saying you're going to get yours at the end of October. Yeah. Kept saying that. And I said, yeah, you know, two and a half years. Why can't I wait two, two more weeks? And Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, my gosh. When I got the uh, 
when I finally got the uh, call, um, I was just elated. I just couldn't believe it. And I, I, I started texting everybody I could think of. And, yeah. <laughs> and everybody was uh, laughing, joking. Hey, do I, oh, um, everybody over that day. I yeah. said, was there a line at the door before the, the Pretty delivery much, showed up? Almost. Yeah. I was taking pictures of the box. I was taking pictures of the truck pulling in because, you know, I, I never had to wait for a pen before. And, yeah. and it's not just that. It's not well, just a pen. It's special, though. Right. Yeah. It, it's just the idea the money was out there. Yeah. You know, I, I think $6,400 originally. And, and I kept on thinking, God, six four hundred dollars out there. And when you tell that to anybody, regardless of what you're buying, they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's been two and a half years, you haven't got your product yet? And, yeah. you know, they got a little nervous for me. And then a couple of buddies tried to talk me out about it. I thought, now I'm going to stick with it. And in the long run, I'm glad I did. It's, yeah. it's a fantastic pen, it really is. Well, you know, in, in, in my mind anyway, if you're, if you're into a pen for that type of money, and you've got two, you know, you've got two years under your belt. The mm-hmm. only way to realize your investment is to get it and exactly. So, so you have to do whatever it takes just to wait it out and mm-hmm. make sure that it shows up. Yes. Because if you don't like it, then then I feel that you've got grounds to to make a move. But until it's actually here, you've, you you're committed and you, you just need to see it through. You're saying not not to get too deep into the dollars and cents of it, but yeah. what what they're going for now, you know, after you've got through the initial buy-in, right. And then the line of folks that are still, you know, would want it mm-hmm. or what any pen for that matter. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't care if you have the worst pen in front of you. There's going to be most likely a buyer at the right price. Right. Sure. Other than your time, at least, you know, you could have done something with it. Yeah. But, you know. Now, I had a friend of mine actually. Apparently, you're, you're happy that you did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and it's, it's here. So, yeah, yeah, and, and that's and the main thing. I had a friend of mine who's, uh, who's worried for me. He actually had a buyer for my pen. And he's actually giving me a lot more money than what I actually put into it. Oh, and wow. Really? Yeah, that, that's very tempting. Very, very tempting. I'm thinking, I kept thinking to myself, God, what if I sell this and I don't get a chance? Yeah, I don't get a chance to play it. I don't get a chance to look at it. And, yeah. And uh, with this hobby, it's not so, really. So you hadn't been anywhere yet to play it. I know that there Nothing. was one at Louisville Arcade Expo. Yes. Um, yeah. That, 2013 yeah, there, there was and, and did you get a chance to play it there it was when i got there um there was a not a bad crowd in front of me, just a couple of people but the code wasn't there just like you was hitting the ball around you weren't really doing anything and i couldn't really tell too much because was was my number one pin i wanted to play but there gosh so many pins there that i wanted to give a there chance a, to try a lot yeah uh they i think at the time they had avengers there as well uh of course stern's throwing all their big hitters out there in yep. front of was and you and you're kind of looking at the uh, one candy bar and there's a candy bar right next to you think you'd rather have so uh, yeah. but I put a couple games on Waz and uh, first impressions I liked it it wasn't like it blew me out of the water I don't think the cold was there yet like I said I just think you were sitting around the, the balls and wouldn't really do anything so uh, yeah but I did like it, and I think, you know what, that gave me enough to whet my appetite to say, hey, Larry, just stick through this and see how it turns out. Well, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's very good. I mean, it looks it, it looks fantastic at this point. Yes, the, light, the light show on it is, yes. is amazing, and mm-hmm. so I... I know just from playing uh, from playing it the seven or eight times that I played it at the arcade ex- at the Louisville Arcade Expo uh, mm-hmm. last year. It's so you were one it, of those line hoggers. I was one of the line hoggers. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I made sure I made sure my daughter could get in line and play. So I wanted to. Jeez. I'm trying to. I swear it's trying she, to put, she hit down. She hit the four player game, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 I had no idea she did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we were we were we were sitting there hammering on it. But the game, just in looking at just the the general illumination and everything, it looks like it's come a long way. It does. That yeah. LCD screen just really puts it into the 21st century. I mean, it really does. It, it, you, when you look at that pen and look at the other pens, uh, no other pens match its quality when you look at it. Now, uh, Stern, I think, does have uh, upper hand reference light shows. I, I think uh, no one can really top their light shows yet. I mean, it's f- phenomenal how much different looks even with the like a star trek le next to 
was uh, I don't I can't explain it. It's just one of those things people have to come in and look at it. Yeah. And they can see, oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, don't get me wrong. Waz has a fantastic light show on it, but I think Stern's got the marking on right now. They just do <laughs> such a phenomenal job. Well, Stern's stepping it up, and, yes. and, and it's good that they are because yeah. it, we, we all benefit from from having that competition. So. Yeah, and I remember I said this a while back. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for uh, Jack getting the business, and we did, and um, putting the uh, pressure on Stern, saying, you know, because I think from what I understand was he wanted um, – a Lord of the Rings LE and when it came out it was just nothing there and, and so Jack upset with that so he said you know I'm gonna show you what LE looks like and so I think he came out and did was and uh and I think that put the heat on uh Stern and um to Stern's credit as well they 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 knocked out some phenomenal pins since then they really have I mean I, I you know ACDC um obviously uh Star Trek um, I'm trying to think some Spider-Man was I think yeah, I think Spider-Man's Spider- Spider- a perennial favorite I think yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't remember if that came out uh, after Waz or what it was but they had some uh, you know even Metallica everybody argues about the code but it's still a, a good looking pin and, and yeah. I think uh, Stern is really starting to uh they're, keep, they're competing with Jack and vice versa. So yeah. I think it's good for all players to yeah. have something like that. Yeah, I think they compete in a little different ways, mm-hmm. but that's okay, you know, yes. because we have choice and, and we have companies that stand behind the product, and that's that's the main thing. So, so Larry, as I, as I look here, you know, around the room, uh, just to kind of uh, just kind of bring bring the conversation back around, I mean, you, you've got some very, some very, very desirable pinball titles here. How long have you been in this hobby? You know, start kind of kind of from when you started, when you bought your first pin, you know, leading up to today. I mean, what's, what's your time investment like? I think uh, I started probably about eight years ago. Eight and years ago. Eight okay. years ago. And um, it's kind of weird because when people ask me the question, they say, uh, you've got some big eight titles. And it's kind of weird when I hear it because originally when I buy a pin – Obviously, I bought them before they got two out of hand. Okay. Uh, I was lucky. I got in right before the big big market hit, and everybody was paying outrageous prices for them. So I was able to get a lot of them uh, at a good uh, price. Um, but on the uh, flip side coin, when I look at a pin, I, I didn't know Manil Madison was such a high-demand pin. I, yeah. I just thought, oh, that castle looks pretty cool. I like the way you <laughs> shoot for the dragon. I like the way you shoot the UFOs and, and attack Mars. And that's the reason why I bought them. And then afterwards, because when I first came in, I was green as green could be. I was a pinball newbie. I had no idea um, who to buy from. What was the big pins? What is they really worth? You know, yeah. I, I'm sure overpaid on several of them. Um, um, maybe one, two, I, I get prices I on. We, I think we all overpay yes, at exactly. some point. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I, I kind of like the idea that you looked at it because, for what you liked, not yes. necessarily what the market would bear. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, one of the, this is one of the comments I make all the time is whenever I have a piece, whether it's pen or, or video, I try to look at it from a, I don't want to overbuild for the neighborhood perspective, mm-hmm. you know, try to do a little bit of research and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the mm-hmm. first one, like you said, you make the, the first mistake and you, you overpay. That's the, oh, yeah. the perennial initial mistake, yeah. Yeah. but you bought what you liked. Yes. And, um, you know, at some point in time, the cost obviously had to, had to come into perspective, but exactly. you weren't looking at it of, well, I can say I've got this. Right. You liked it for what it was. Exactly. And it could be anything. It could be, buying motorcycles buying a vehicle you know you could go out there and they could everybody would have a tendency to say oh how much the first thing you always look at is how much you pay for this or and not just pinball it's just anything in general and, and true. My, my theory on is that if you enjoy get it you live once yes, and uh very and, true. And it's so uh it's so uh, nostalgic for me um uh come down here and and the great thing about it is that is that when i have my my friend my pinball buddies over 
uh, that I just recently met five, maybe, probably less than that, maybe one, two, five years ago. It depends. Okay. I came so, such good friends with them. I consider them all of them good friends of mine. Um, yeah. It don't matter if you own a one pinball or two hundred pinballs. It's all this. We all get together. We talk. We laugh. We we have memories of each pin, and and that's what makes it so enjoyable. Just a group uh, meeting such a great group of people on this hobby. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it, and I think it. Uh, I think there's there's a lot to be said for that because it, it it's definitely it definitely seems to be somewhat of a brotherhood. Yes. You know, when it when it comes down to that. Yes, so, it sure is. So you bought first what eight nine years ago yes were you at a pizza place and played a pin i thought man this would be cool and started looking or did you have a buddy that you didn't realize how did how did that ball get rolling this is a strange story okay but back in the day uh back in the 80s when i was a kid and um when i go to the arcade um you know that's the place to go to meet that's where you met your friends where you met some girls uh that's when you got your pizza and hung around and played the games i was a video game player i never really played pinball and i know it's shocking to say that now but uh i i, I played galaga i played uh you know all the way down to Mortal combat to uh space invaders and um about eight years ago my i have a twin brother named gary and uh he he has four pinballs himself and what happened was he had a man cave and uh he uh He's talking. He called me up one day. He goes, "You know, Larry, I'm, I'm thinking about buying something unique for my game room. You know, I had a pool table. We just got a jukebox. Okay, I like, said, a, like a life size stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, like a life size stormtrooper. I beam to it. So yeah, it's all about the timing with we'll, that. We'll, we'll, we'll take a picture uh, when we get a pictures of the game room. It'll make sense. Please, yes, yeah. check it out on the on, on the on the website. I yeah. love him. I love him. But uh, oh, he's awesome, man. I mean, <laughs> he's very imposing. <laughs> Everybody freaks out when they come yeah. out and see him. They think in the, he's probably shooting with a blaster. But yeah, uh, cool. my brother said, "I'm going to go look at a pinball machine." I said, "Pinball machine?" He goes, "Yeah." I goes, "This guy's selling one, and I'm going to look at." It. And uh, I'm thinking I might be totally wrong on this. I think it's called Lost World. I just remember I had a barbarian with a. Um, on this big sword it just looked like something of conan the barbarian type of uh back glass on it and he bought it um he probably all paid for it and he brought it home we start playing it and i thought it was pretty cool mm-hmm. and i thought you know what i had a, I had a little uh man cave pool table myself i thought it'd be pretty nice to have so my brother actually started doing some um research on pinball machines and i think he actually st- found one in southern indiana and uh, he went down there and ended up being Treasure Cove. And uh, Gary ended up uh, uh, buying one. Then I went down there and I said, I'm going to buy one too. And I actually found one. My very first pinball was the uh, Pinball 2000 pin, oh, the Star Wars. Interesting. And um, I took it home. Um, I played for like 20 minutes and kept going down. I kept having repairmen coming down, come down, repairmen come down, and there could get fixed. And uh, so finally sold back to the guy. And I still wanted to have a, a good playing pinball machine. Um, I even bought it back thinking I could have someone else look at it and fix it. And, um, but anyway, long story short, I ended up, uh, finally getting a pin. And from there, uh, it just grew. I think my first pinball I actually bought, uh, besides pinball 2000 was Terminator 2. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. after that, as anybody pinball collector enthusiast would tell you, pinball machines like Lay's potato chips, you buy one, you got to go get another one. They, they multiply. They, they, they multiply do. like rabbits. Yes. yes and so, do. uh, and, and sooner or later, um, I start to, uh, I buying some and uh i started to uh look in the i started getting to watching youtube videos uh-huh. i started listening to pinball podcast uh, i started watching um get on pinside international pinball database um i started to uh read up on what pinball machines were out there and uh like i said i had no idea of prices just i just bought because i looked at the pictures and thought they looked cool and uh thank god for youtube because that gave me an idea to 
to see what they look like, what they play like, and what they sound like. So that yeah. influenced me quite a bit. Well, it, it, I, it's it's pretty evident where where you've gone with your collection. You know, by the titles that that you, that you have here and, and that we that we mentioned here at the open of, of the interview. What I mean, have you have you bought and sold a lot of titles to kind of graduate up to these a-list titles or uh, or or were these just the titles that you that you sought out you know you know lock stock and barrel it's like okay i next on my list is a monster bash and then you just seek out a monster bash i mean what was kind of the method to the to the madness i i, I know you were talking about what you would do to kind of research the title but you know did you have to trade up or, or what yeah I, I tell you it's kind of weird because i did it seemed like I always do everything backwards. You know, <laughs> I actually went and bought the. Uh, well, it, it seems to be working. here, here. <laughs> yeah, bought, yes. yeah, I start to. Uh, I bought some of the uh, cl- uh, the title A titles, I guess you call them, because um, I I liked them. Uh, the Universal Monsters. I love the monster theme. Like I said, movies again. Um, at the time, I was playing in a band, and I thought it was a really cool theme to have. And when I saw the, uh, I had no idea what Monster Bash was. I just thought those got some pretty cool monster toys on them. And so I had the guy find one for me and, and fix it up for me, and I bought it, and it's been here uh, since then. And uh, the only uh, A title I bought uh, recently uh, was uh, Tales of Arabian Night. That one I knew was a, a big title, and yeah. uh, that's really – now, my brother used to have Indian Jones. He bought it from a guy on eBay. It, it came to him in such a sorry shape, and he fixed up the best he could. Uh, and uh, he ended up getting rid of it because it just – it was a bad one. It really was. And uh, – so after he got rid of it, I remember how we talked about how we always want to get it. And so normally what my brother would, would get, I would not get because I figured. Oh, you could go over and play it. Right, yeah. go over yeah. and play it out. Exactly. And, play it. and so I thought, I'll tell you, well, if you get uh, Twilight Zone, I'll get Dan Jones. Yeah. And Gary would say, well, if you get um, Attack from Mars, I'll get Creature from Black Lagoon. That's, that's okay. That's a good system. So, <laughs> and so yeah, like I say, I go in his house and play his pins and, and I get the feel for him. And then uh, he would come over to my house and play my pins. And it kind of, it, it went from there. It basically went from there. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad at all. It was, uh, the collection kind of grew on me after a while. And, um, and uh, the toughest part, just trying to keep them in good shape and operating because I, I'm, I'm not the type who just buy one and put them in storage. I like having my friends over. I like playing them. I like my friends playing them. Yeah. I like talk about them i like uh people and buddies come over and say hey larry i noticed this uh flipper's not quite working right you might say yeah go ahead go ahead yeah. and look, take that glass off and yeah that because they love tinkering with them and yeah. i and if they want to come on and work on that they have my blessing <laughs> I, said, I was going to ask that have you learned it a little bit talk before the interview it, you kind of mentioned that you're more of a player than, yes. than the, on the tinkering side yeah which um you know i'm more of a tinkerer than i am the player yes so have you gotten to the point where you're doing some of your own, or are you are you afraid? Well, afraid might not be the word. No, it's a good word. The, well, okay. <laughs> are you afraid? I mean, there's a lot of money at stake here, Brent. Are you afraid to slide the glass off and say, okay, I'm going to get in here and and hey, the fl- this flipper isn't responding, or you know, I'm getting a, an error that I can see and I need to go and take a look at it. I'm intimidated by the wires. I'm intimidated by the computer boards. Uh, I do probably about ten percent of the work, if that much. Uh, luckily, I have friends of mine who uh, who come over and uh, I like to mention my name if it's okay with you guys uh mike mills and mark murphy two of my best buddies who uh who come over and they like tinkering with me they're they're great friends and uh i would i like the modding i like i like cleaning them i like playing them obviously um but sometimes when it comes too technical i'm always afraid i'm going to mess something up so i'll uh they'll come over and they'll walk me through it a lot of times uh they will show me okay here's what you do here and you yeah. know and, and and then they're super nice guys they don't try to oh very uh, much so yeah they don't talk to you like you're an idiot uh, yeah. they just say okay here's what you need to do and uh and that's what i like about them so much they're just 
great guys and, and a great hobby. That's yeah. what's great about the, the yeah. lion share of the folks in the pen and the video side. Yes. You know, you've always had your outliers, but if, if everyone has a little different skill set. So, yes. you know, we all complement one another. Yeah. And right. when you get that group of folks together, you know, it just, it works. And that's yes. what's great about the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot, some guys, are, they're, they're, they're always uh, cordial, but they, they come there and say, hey, would you mind if I... Uh, take the glass off here and look underneath here because i kind of know something not going right with the pop bumper or the flipper i said yeah and they say i want to be sure i'm not finished so you're not finning me at all and like i have a buddy uh who come over he'll look at the pen he'll know something there and uh and bring to my attention and which ends up we end up uh i should say he end up fixing it for me and i thought oh thank you because because you know at one time i would have repairmen come over and they're so expensive they was yes. they charged me 60 dollars an hour and uh after a while i feel like i don't mind paying the money yeah but a lot of times it seemed like they would fix something and something else go off and and i'm not i'm not blaming their workmanship i'm just saying it seemed like when i had them over it seemed like they would start coming over more and more and more <laughs> uh, you, so. you probably start to get a little bit uh paranoid things, paranoid things would stand yes. out yes you know yes yes yeah yeah, I, yeah. Well, I made the comment to you earlier, the the few pins that I've worked my way through in the bigger picture, it, and you can ask Whitney, I tend to be pretty detailed. I know Whitney is as well, really yes. detail-oriented, and it it does not take a few plays, and you just, well, that ain't, that's not right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you're, as soon as everyone's gone, it, it, the glass is off of it. You're, <laughs> right, you're, yeah, pulling, exactly. Right, and you're exactly pulling right. it apart. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, um, you know, like if I have a friend over and they, they – uh, he might have a lax action hero. Let's just say I'm just bringing that up for instance, or um, and I'll be giddy talking about his last action hero more so. He'll be giddy talking about my medieval madness, yeah. and you know, you talk about class A tiles and, and whatever. But uh, it's kind of weird because to me, um, I met there's very rarely pinballs I've met that I didn't like. Yeah, you know, um, I I enjoy the hobby a lot, and to me, each pin's got a certain shot or a certain toy or, or something that's really unique to that pin and to me they're all class a tiles you know, i know it sounds corny saying that now but you know i i have much love in my uh say my congo machine than i would in my tack mars i love both of them i yeah. really do and uh well, and that, that's what's important yeah and, exactly and, and, you know and that's good to hear because because what i hear coming uh, what i what i hear co- coming out of your voice is is the affinity for the game yes. ra- rather than the hyper focus on the title right and i think it's fair to say that there there are a lot of people that probably get hyper focused on the title as well as the affinity for the game but right. uh, but I, I hear i hear in your voice just a lot of love for pinball yeah and the people this is one hobby i got into that i i'm just i'm, I'm just so uh I don't want to say the word shocked, but just um, just great people, just great guys. I mean, we we have when they come over, um, we all go out to dinner, or we they come over for go swimming, or we just get together just to just have a couple of drinks, turn on the jukebox, and play some pinball. And they're just just I can say them the great friends. You know, Christmas yeah. time we we try to spend time with them and, and everything. And it's just shocking because a year or two ago these are complete strangers to me. Now I can't imagine not going in a couple of days without calling the guys up or my friends up and say, Hey man, what, what do you think about, uh, starting, uh, bring out that Mustang pin? <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. Because <laughs> are, are we going to go there? Brent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I, did I crack an egg? Oh, no, 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 I, I, no, 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 it's, no, no, no. I, I think, uh, I think the internet is, is uh, a buzz yes. and on, on the whole Mustang. <laughs> Some of the podcasts are a buzz. The podcasts oh, are yeah. a buzz. It, it, it is, it is a polarizing topic right now. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just interesting that, that you said, that so so 
to back up, you um, you had the the Pen Two Thousand, mm-hmm. and yeah. then uh, you had an Indiana, or your brother had the Indiana Jones. Yes, and there were some issues with it, and it ended up moving on. Yes. So, as you all continued to trade off. You know, you buy this and I'll get one of these. Did you all tend to stick with the DMDs or did you kind of go through a phase of some of the some of the solid states, the late 80s, early 90s? I think the the uh, oldest pinball machine I actually owned was actually a funhouse. I love the funhouse. My wife hated funhouse. She thought Rudy creeped her out. She just <laughs> she did not like Rudy. In fact, it's a teaser. I, we put on the on the DMD screen. Uh, Rudy loves Marsha. That's my oh wife's my name. Oh my gosh! <laughs> just to freak yeah. her out, you know. And uh, yeah. and she did not care for that one too much. But uh, that's probably the earliest one that. I had. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. Well, then I, I went back and got Roadshow just to really freak her out, you know. So, uh, but I I um like I said, I I'm more of a DMD pinball. Um, to me. Some of the older pinball machines, I like the nostalgic in it, but yeah. to me, it's just it's just too much flippers and bumpers. I like it when they start having a theme to it, uh-huh. like in high speed, where you got to uh, you got to do certain objectives or whatever yeah, pinballs got yes. objectives. Yeah, well, when you have objectives versus right. just batting the ball around. Exactly, yeah, and, and uh, trying to get the high score. It's the same way the DMD, but in this one here, you kind of you're trying to accomplish a goal. You're trying to medieval match, trying to beat all the king's men. Attack from Mars, you try and blow up all the UFOs, and I wouldn't like to pin so much if it didn't have DMD, if we didn't have the uh, the theme to it. Um, yeah. So that, I, but you know, I'm more DMD guy more than myself. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think that's fair. Hey, have have you or your brother ever owned an EM title? Just out of curiosity. My brother owned that first one that I think it's called Lost World. Maybe um, I can't. I don't quote me on it. it. Might have been Lost Viking and Lost World. I really wish I could remember the title I, on I it. I think it's Lost World. Lost World. Okay, yeah. he owned that one, and uh, he had for a while. But after when uh, we went back and started looking at other pins, we realized that, wow, look at this thing. You know, it's got it's got more lights on. It's got uh, DMD on. It's got uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, we we owned a couple, but uh, it I never felt the love for them like I did for the DMD pins. I, I can understand that. I, I think I, I think I probably fall into the same category as you. I've yes. I've got a uh, I've got a friend of mine uh, that lives in uh, lives in Chicago. He has a, a, a very large collection, and uh, he has quite a few uh, quite a few EM titles, like mm-hmm. some of the Gottlieb Wedgeheads and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. They they are they are very interesting machines to play and, and mm-hmm. they, they have their own soul about them. They have their own characteristics about them. But, uh, I, I think for me, I like the light shows. I like the sound. I like, uh, kind of have an objective. Yeah, having, exactly. having, sets yes, and, having rule sets and everything. And I, I love, you know, hooking a sub up to the machine. I, I like the machine to have that presentation to it. That, yes. That, that draws me back time and time again. And the, the EMs to me are like classic cars. I appreciate them for what they are right and i like to play them but i don't know that i for me i just don't know that there's enough there to hold my interest right exactly yeah. and in this hobby you know everybody asking what's what's the biggest grade on on the uh on this hobby and pinball machines in general and i said what the, it's just they're not out there you i mean uh at least not around my area i mean if i like so no say uh i want to uh I want to play Medieval Madness, or I want to play, say, uh, whatever. <laughs> we I, have I, to do that at Larry's basement. Exactly, right? and you That's can. I, 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 you got to open an invite. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. But I, uh, it's weird because I, I when I, most of the pins I bought, I should say probably about 90% of them I never played before. I just watch YouTube videos. I talk to other people wow. about them. Wow. Yeah, it's shocking. And, and a lot of people say, oh, you should never do that. But the thing is, uh, I think I've, the only story I could think of, I found Lord of the Rings, which one I have now. Uh, it was in a laundromat. And um, it had scratches on it, and uh, 
and it was dirty. It was, it was absolutely filthy. And I remember the guy gave me. He, I kept asking for it because I thought it was just a really cool pen. And yeah. he gave he actually gave me a good price. I was actually able to buy it. I remember calling my brother, and first thing I wanted to do was I didn't want to play it. I wanted to clean it. Yeah. I, I wanted to clean that <laughs> playfield. Touche. That playfield yes. so bad and grimy and filthy. I, and I remember handle the the dirt and the grime. Yeah, I cannot. And, and it's funny because I remember we went to a uh, over at uh, over in Louisville at this. Uh, um, it's like a uh, oh well, what's the one that used to have the uh, the fairgrounds where they had the uh, Kentucky Kingdom. And uh, oh yeah, someone had a scared stiff over there, and I walked over side, and it was it was terrible looking absolute terrible dirty it wasn't lights were half working and i i called my wife over and I said uh, come here and look at this pen and she looked down and she goes oh, that's scared stiff and i said and, and she looked down and my wife don't play pens mm-hmm. you know but um she looked down and she goes oh my god look how filthy this thing is and she goes lights are out and, and i think she appreciated uh, the what we're doing to this place we're, we're getting them we're, we're, you know take them out and we're out of the wild i appreciate uh, anyone who does it who takes them out and and cleans them and fixes them up and makes them look nice I, i'm always applied that the guys can do that or girls and uh um that's what great about the hobby you're, you're rescuing these dinosaurs before they came to extinct well it, i think it's a good point i mean when, when you look around and uh, the same can be said for for for, uh, for video games is or arcade games as well is that mm-hmm. you know a lot of these machines are in in, in not the new stern titles or the or the jersey jack titles but we're talking about you know machines that are 20 25 years you know 15 20 25 years old Mm -hmm. you just don't find them out out on location per se that much or out in the wild so i do i i and i think i speak for everybody who would be listening to the podcast that has that kindred interest it's important that they're preserved because that's the only way they're going to see another hundred years exactly and i would have like i said we just moved this house and we have different people will come over um builders carpenters um the guys who does inspections and stuff and they walk downstairs and they go wow, wow. and i'm yes. not saying anything about my collection it's just that the first they're not thinking about the collection they're thinking about oh my god there's a pinball machine it, yeah. it, it, it's it looks nice it's lit up it, it's not working i mean yeah it, i remember this one I was, it takes them by surprise i'm yeah, sure yeah they, it brings back memories it, when you look at something that triggers your memory like a like looking at a pinball machine or or say a arcade machine that was that you played when you was a kid or in the arcade or have memories of playing on the old nintendo system whatever uh it's just it's just it brings back that uh the warmth should i say uh yeah. that part of your youth that you uh you don't want to forget about yeah you don't want to forget about for sure uh, and and i think that's i think that's what we all drive after to mm-hmm. some degree you know mm-hmm. it, it does my heart good to see uh, you know a, a, an arcade game uh cleaned up and everything works and when you flip the switch it makes the sounds the, all the lights come on and it does what it was supposed it does what it was supposed to do and designed to do 30 years ago exactly that's impressive and it is and it's shocking me to look at now thinking this machine's 25 20 years old you yep. kidding me and 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 uh it's just like a and people always compare pinball machines to cars because you buy a car you could a car you could put a, a brand new wham and jam and stereo in it you yeah. put uh, uh nice wheels on it you do spoilers you paint a certain way and and, and it's, it's just like a pinball machine you buy it fix it up get with collectors uh show the enthusiasm with the in the hobby um you can bling it out like they, they do with cars and that's why everybody sometimes you, you uh, read on pin side with different guys talking about how they compare pinballs to collecting cars and stuff yeah. that's i kind of see the similarities now oh, I, I can I definitely so. see a simula- similarity yeah definitely everything from the i bought it as a basket case to put it together <laughs> to i continue to maintain it you know, exactly um and now 
you know, with with the with the explosion, for lack of a better term, of the ex of expos across the country, you can take them and show them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've yeah. had folks. Well, what do you what you know talking about the Little Arcade Expo? What do you do? Well, excellent it's, show. It's like a car show. Exactly. Oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> then they get it. Yeah, yeah, and they, they get, get it. it. And it's it's weird because I remember uh, two instances when my uh, wife she would she you know she had no problem buying pinball machines. She really doesn't, but. Uh, she she didn't understand that, what that, I was doing. That, that's a good woman, Larry. Yeah, yes, she did. It's a, it's yeah, a she, good woman. And and she uh she couldn't understand uh really the concept of it all. And then one day uh we was having a party for my daughter and uh we had the uh I, I went downstairs turn on the pinball machines. I'm thinking, well if they play it, they play it, you know, I turn on the jukebox and take the cover off the pool table and see what they do and stuff. And and uh my wife and I was upstairs and I was gonna help her clean we know where's all the guests yeah we know where everybody went to we thought they went outside something like that and we went downstairs and my wife went downstairs with me walked downstairs and all of a sudden you could hear the 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 music playing the 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 pinball machines the chimes did the bells going off the 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 noises and she goes oh my god yeah i I, I get it i get get it it. i get it now and when she went to little arcade expo which is by the way uh, an excellent show um when she went to that we walked in and she sees all these people in there and and enjoying it with their kids and everything that and she goes wow well, and 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 she she understands now. And then we have, like a right for the holidays, I had um, a three day week where I had different uh, people over, and everyone I went downstairs and pin on the pinball machines, and we and it's just a, a great place to gather. We and and they love going out and look at and playing them, and uh, it's just a it's just a great hobby. And people just love get together, look at stuff from the Americana past. Yeah. Well, Larry, I'm curious, what machine down here, and, and I'm not going to ask you what your favorite one is, because yeah. because you've you've said a couple times that you like them all for different reasons. Mm-hmm. They all they all have a unique characteristic. They all yes. have a certain shot that that has draw you know has drawn you to that particular title. Yeah. So it may be kind of hard for me to for me to press you for you know like what's Larry's favorite. Although I'm sure you have one. Uh-huh. But wh- what what gets the most play down here when pe- when other people are here? And, and I'm kind of curious. Is it is it one of the A list titles? Is it the Flintstones? Is it you know, what, what does it turn out to be? It's weird because if I have the non pinball players come over who yeah. people would like coming over and playing the pool and turning on the music and um, drinking a couple of drinks stuff they kind of gravitate towards um acdc because it's oh, that, i can totally see that it's that thumping music they yes. it's, it's usually that's their my age group they like hearing that uh, music blaring stuff and uh, they're fascinated with watts they get up there and they play it they're kind of intimidated by it but they they will play it and stuff and uh do you find that they warm up to it over time oh yeah okay. yeah they they uh kind of look because everybody knows why everybody knows the theme um those i would say those are two pins but right now i don't know if because it's new kid on the block uh, everybody's kind of we'll have my pinball buddies over they like hitting a star trek le uh, oh i'm sure they're gunning for that they're yeah. gunning for that one it's it's flashier it's fast it's, it's a blast to play like i said it's very simplistic looking in nature i'm not not including the lights i'm saying but it's just a, the play field layout itself and they just they they love it, it they love playing it and like i, said, I don't know if it's called the new kid on the block but they just uh they like putting a lot of attention on that one so so the non-pinball folks that come over do they tend to gravitate toward the, the themes that they know so for example yeah. an indiana jones versus a theater of magic yes they'll go to uh they seem to gravitate towards the movies more so uh, movie themed should i say the pinballs and stuff now a lot of them also a lot of the non-pinball players not only acdc but they also like the pins like uh, the attack from mars and Benio mass because they can look at it and thinking okay well there's a big saucer right here and I say, yeah just when i try to explain the rules and everything to them they have no idea but i say okay hit that big saucer a lot that's what that's what, so yeah. that's what they hit do what's flashing yeah, hit, yeah. The, what's fla- hit that flashing light or hit that castle and uh and that's and and so they they like doing that and this one lady came over and she uh 
she loved Tack from Mars. She and I bet she put in twelve games, if not more. As soon as it, it went in, she hit the start button. And I think once he start learning how to play it, they start a lot more time on him and stuff. And uh, and like I said, um, you mentioned Flintstones. Uh, that one there. When I first got, it, that's just one of the pins I like. It's it's just one. It's not a big. It's a kind of a Class B title, but yeah, uh, yeah. I love the Class Bs. I mean. Uh, that one's just a lot of fun. It's got a lot of cool shots on it. I love the multi-ball. I love the three different shots you make during multi-ball. It's a good thing. Everybody knows the Flintstones. So they kind of grabbed, oh, I remember that cartoon when I was a kid. So they go and hit yeah. the start button. I and say, there I, they go. I don't know if you know this or not, but someone, and I don't even know if they're still available, but not too long ago, someone remade that Translite yes. with the classic cartoon Flintstones. Yes. They, uh, the guy, actually, I have a Congo. He made an alternate translate for Congo as well. And um, apparently he had to uh, quit making the alternate translates because it has some kind of license agreement well, with, with the yeah. Williams. And so he said, okay, I won't do it anymore. So uh, he quit making them. And it's a shame because I was really, I, I really like the alternate translate. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I the the translate on now is nice, but I, I like the cartoon one. It brings back my childhood. You know, the yeah. movie's not too much my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me ask you this. Sure. I mean, are you... Um, are, are you are you hunting the next title at this point? Oh, or, you're, you're always or, on the hunt. Well, let, let me ask you. So, 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 what does Larry hunt? I mean, what, what's the next three? What's the next three titles that you want to bring in the house? If I had. Uh my big thing is the room because I don't want to bring somebody in that's so cluttered in here. You can't, you can't, like you can't go play pool because you hit someone playing a Star Trek. Or you, so I try to always remember that. And I got a little storage area there. Well, I'm thinking that my pool table needs to leave. Yeah, that might have to go. Yeah, <laughs> that Brent, that I, might have no, to roll I mean, here. I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> since you said it. There's a nice big door right here. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, yes. That'd be a walkout yeah, basement or get them in here. That, that baby can, can move right on out. I, uh, I really like... The Tron. Uh, for, oh, I, yeah. I kicked myself in the head because a couple years ago, a buddy of mine. Tron's, um, a Tron's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's a futuristic pin that would just really, when you walk down there. It's very good a, choice. Yes. If you walk downstairs the game room see a Tron and hear the music, you think, oh, this futuristic game room. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, John, uh, goes by Coast on Penn side, me and him, great friends. Uh, he was actually going to sell me a Tron LE two years ago for the price of six four hundred dollars i'm thinking i kept on thinking wow. my wife said yeah go and get you've been talking about going yeah, buy one and i thought good. i thought i passed on it i passed on that was the stupidest pinball decision ever made um when i heard that and uh and i i really regret now because you can't even look at a tron le right now without ten thousand dollars your pocket and i, and I don't want to spend that kind of money on it um so i think if i could find one later on maybe i'd like to try to get a tron pro maybe mod it out like yeah. uh, a buddy of mine um did we'll, jason did we'll wait for the hobbit to hit and wait for yeah the, wait for mustang people yeah. are, are, they're gonna start unloading <laughs> uh, their you, game you rooms. know brent you brought it up again yeah. I'm, he I'm must really he must be on he wants to talk about it yeah, well I'm, I'm looking i'm really looking forward to the hobbit mustang it's uh, you know jury's out on that i'm not you know i'm not a big car guy uh i'm not flam throwing flames on anyone who is a big car guy maybe oh, they no. can't wait to look for the for the mustang pen to but to me <laughs> i'm kind of glad stern announced it because if you the can look at has, the hobbit yeah, what well, the <laughs> hobbit believe it or not they stern was talking about i mean everybody's rumor was they're gonna make a walking dead pen yes and we love the walking dead show and uh and my wife said, if they make a Walking Dead pen, you have got to get that pen. Immediate, it's immediately, immediately I thought, buy. well, okay, sure, honey, if you're going to twist my arm. <laughs> and so uh, I told her, yeah, sure. Uh, 
so when they announced, I'm thinking, how in the heck am I going to get the money to get this? You know, and yeah. and, uh, and all of a sudden they announced it. The Mustang went yes. It's so, like, okay, not a problem. I've got, some, problem. I've got some breathing room in case yeah. it's the next pen. Yeah, I've got, I've got another. I've got another four months. I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, thinking if 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 history tends to repeat itself, I think they'll release a theme uh, like a like a Ford Mustang, and I think the next one will probably be a music band. Yeah, uh, that's the way they've been doing. Um, so I'm thinking maybe the F that. But someone said Stern's going to try to think about releasing is it six pens a year. Oh, I, I don't, I don't Four know. Maybe a like recent that? interview I heard, uh, I listened to that uh, with Jack. I think he said they were doing like three year now. Yeah, and I haven't heard that he's going to try to do more. Yeah, know? and you know, in the lineup for 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 what the you know what could have been released, I know mm-hmm. people were talking about Walking Dead, Iron Maiden, um, Led Zeppelin. I heard really well. That's yeah. a, there. There's a there's a licensing thing with that. Oh, okay, and it's just a matter of getting it because apparently the the band they get together like quarterly or the rights holders get together quarterly so you've got to get you you've, got, gotta, you've got to get on their dock yeah you've yeah. got to get wow. you know okay. uh, you've got to get something you can't just go and say i want to make a pinball i presume you've yeah. got to actually have already invested the time to have a, a fair amount of the design done i would assume and then yeah. show up on their docket yeah. you know you got to yeah. kind of get ahead of it a little bit yeah. so you know it's funny I, I you were talking about the uh with Oz earlier about the long wait and stuff and everybody asked me oh you're gonna get the hobbit i said I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I, you know, I think The Hobbit will complement the uh, Lord of the Rings I have. But yeah. I really don't want to get into another two and a half year wait on it. And I think it's going to be. You think it's going to be that long? I, I, I would figure I, by this time you'd have it streamlined. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll. Personally, from the outside looking in, I don't see how it could be that long. But, yeah. but I'm sure it's still going to be longer than what you would expect simply right. because th- they now have to repeat what they've done yeah and yeah. i think he's already got the factor going and everything i think you know i'm thinking you know i mean it's just two and a half years i'm thinking with another year away um but i'm going to do it this time is that i'm going to wait and see when the pictures and start coming out maybe some youtube videos on i could always buy one if it comes oh, yeah. back later mm-hmm. on yeah. and, I, and and i'm not uh spooky's got a great looking uh pinball america's most haunted yes uh, I, yeah, I just, i've looked at that yes you know, it's pretty neat we looking. talked quite a bit about it yeah right and it, and it's a good theme i, I always did like it. It, it to me it reminds me of a, a board game when i was a kid called green ghost and they had a ghost in the middle of it and he was green and he would actually uh he was he was somehow another turn you have to f- turn him or something it's called green ghost game and uh have to look that up yeah look, check it out and and uh the ghost in the middle kind of looks like the green ghost uh yeah. the only difference is the ghost on america's most haunted both arms are raised whereas green ghost has just got one arm extended out i don't remember the premise of the game but if you if you look it up on say ebay and type in green ghost game you'll see it but uh i like i like the elevator shot on that uh america's most haunted i think that's yeah. super cool i like the idea of chasing those ghosts um the theme yeah i think they've started they've priced that pin out if i'm not mistaken they've actually got a distributor online now so oh good what's what's the price on it in here i uh, think it's 62 and some change 62 okay don't hold me to that yeah and i heard they could start making production on next month i heard and so. i'm not sure when the production is i yeah. have seen a few things on pin side like uh, um you know like in the market you know yes. where, where almost like a reserve i guess reserve your slot or reserve your pin and yes. then they just made a, a, an announcement of their uh their first distributor so and oh, they put a good. lot of videos on youtube so i'll get on youtube which i think is a great idea uh, to do that and stern used to do that on their 
Pins, when they first uh, get all set and ready to go, they release a promo video. And they did one for Star Trek, but it's very, very vague. It's only like 30 seconds long, if that yeah. long. It, uh, it had a lot of movie. It had it had a lot of the movie feel to it. Yes. And you just really couldn't tell much about the game. It exactly. Just, it was almost just like a... You mean kind of like the Mustang promo? Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, it's more product. It, it was more pro- licensed product in the video than it was the actual product you were going to buy. Yeah. So, yeah. so that you know, uh, Larry, we talked about Mustang in our last podcast just because the announcement was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it all kind of boiled down to, and I, I think this is the this is the same point that most everyone makes is, how are you going to translate that into a pen? I know. Yeah. You know, what's the, you know, it. you, you were talking about rule sets and mm-hmm. you like the DMDs because with DMDs came the toys and, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the technology to drive the pen, you could do the deeper rules mm-hmm. and have the sound all that go along with it. Yep older machine you could uh, and i don't want to downplay the older machines you can get away with the art mm-hmm. yeah. i mean if you listen to some of the interviews of some of the old school designers they would design the game and then they'd hand it off and then someone else they'd have no input on the art package it, they would just art it up and it mm-hmm. would be done yeah i could see maybe doing a car theme like that but we're just we were kind of batting around kind of goofy ideas is how would you theme a Mustang. Well, you and, know? And, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I, I don't. I don't want. Well, then to, he'll be right. <laughs> exactly. See, and, and always bet against Whitney. Yeah, always bet against. And, and it's, Golden it's, rule. It's a solid choice, you know. But I do. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope Mustang's great. I really do because. Yeah. Stern, oh, I want to see Stern go. I yeah. want to yeah, see. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Stern needs to hit it out of the park every single time. Right. Because if we want the next six titles from Stern, they cannot have too many flops in a row. So I don't want Mustang to be a flop but i don't see how it's not going to be i see it across between um corvette and high speed two i could see when they when you get down look at the play field uh, when they finally release it i think it's going to be a cross between those two pins i think yeah. it's going to have some kind of a uh, track w- where you could loop the ball around quickly uh, uh, i could see um some kind of racing cars uh theme uh, like the uh like the corvette um I, I can see that. I, I really can. And I think that's something that really work with that thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be a variation mm-hmm. of what's already been well, done. Well, that's better than my idea because my idea was you, you walked a factory and you built a Mustang. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, now, if he's right, we're going to have to. <laughs> that would put me straight to sleep, you know. <laughs> You know, no, no, no slam on, no slam on doing that. I just don't, I just don't know how that would translate well into the game. So, yeah, I think it's going to have to be a combination, like, like I said a second ago, of w- of what has been done in the past. So, yeah, and I give kudos out to uh, to Spooky because he actually took a, um, he's taking original theme, an original mean, idea. Yeah, and and that's what's missing because Stern, you know, he's going to be a movie release. Uh, I got tired of what looking superheroes. I'm not saying it gets depends. I'm not saying that, but I'm getting tired of looking superheroes. And I, th- I hear that a lot of talk out there. But, you know, if it sells, it sells, you know, and that's and more power it, to them. If it keeps the company around, then, mm-hmm. then I think it, it, despite our personal misgivings on, on a particular theme, yeah. we cannot afford to have Jersey Jack or Stern go away. Right. Because, because Nobody it, wants that. It, it will be a serious blow to the hobby. Serious well, blow. Know, the thing about Spooky, and I don't know the spectrum of the, the boutique companies, mm-hmm. but it seems like you've got some companies out there that are looking at maybe producing a pen and a few of those yeah you know i don't know what what is it um dutch that's going to do the big lebowski and that was just announced what a couple of days ago yeah yeah that shocked me that one did yeah so and it's a great theme yeah so now i don't know what what their what their mindset is but it seems like from what i can tell spooky is ramping up to do a okay we're going to be a pinball company we're not going to produce a we're not going to be boutique where we're going to have a 
design and then we might do two or three hundred of them mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's all you'll ever hear from right us. yeah i mean are you you're you're probably following it much closer than i am I and mean, what do you, what's your opinion i think uh i think it's a good idea i think spooky's getting to it they got the original theme uh ben hex actually doing the uh all the uh um tech on it should i say not all of it but most of it and uh he, the guy knows what he's doing oh, my yeah. god he un- could take un- a shoebox un- and build a satellite un- out of it un- for un- Christ's un- sakes but, undoubtedly uh, <laughs> undoubtedly yes but uh i think they're on the right track uh yep. i think their first pinball is actually something that uh it's something I would want to buy. Uh, me too. From, from a theme perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's original. The idea's there. It, it appeals. Yeah, and I, more power to them as well. I think the more yeah, people we have out there. Now, I, I was kind of shocked at the at the big Pinball Expo of them uh, releasing a Medieval Madness remake. Um, I was really kind of surprised about that because it's kind of funny because I remember at, at one time Medieval Madness was still is, is, it fetched such a high price. Um, w- would I buy one again for that price? No. No, I love the pen. Um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, that'd probably be one of the last ones to leave my collection to answer your question. Okay. Because uh, I, I love the uh, pens, not because the price of it. I don't hang on to it for monetary reasons, but I just love playing it. But um, well, I'm glad you brought that up. I, yes. I, that crossed my mind, and, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Honestly, I decided not to ask about that. Oh yeah. And you know, I, we've all we've discussed that you that you don't look at it from a monetary perspective. You look at it because you you enjoy it. Yes. But you th- that's still kind of a I mean, how did you take that when when you first heard that they're that they're producing it? You know, what what was your thought? Well, and, and Larry, let me let me piggyback on that and say, if you did not have a medieval madness already, you've watched the YouTube videos, you d- you determined that you like it, mm-hmm. and it's something, it's a theme you want to go after. Would would you then buy into the repro? It'd be very tempting. I think the only reason I would spend uh, that kind of money on a pen, um, and like when I got my Star Trek LE, I actually. Uh, I actually bought, I'm sorry, I actually sold about three or four of my pinballs in order to get the money up uh, to get that when I decided to. What did to, you uh, sell, just out of curiosity? Yeah, I, I had um, I had Dracula, Bram Stark with Dracula. I sold oh, that to my brother. That's a good game. Oh, I, 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 Excellent game. I, almost, it, it's heartbreaking to, to uh, sell it, but I knew my brother wanted it. I knew he would take it, mod out, max it out, and, uh, and like I said, if I, if I want to come out and you play, play it. You play it, yeah. And I'm glad he got it. Well, um, at least you know where your money's at. Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I had a road show. Um, I sold that to uh, Mike Mills. Yeah, and that's he's, a good game. Yeah, and uh, um, I sold it to him, and I wanted him to have it because he actually, when I bought that pen, um, it was such a sad shape. I couldn't get the thing fixed. I spent a lot of money into it. Uh, and that one almost, I don't want to say it almost got me out of the hobby, but it got me pretty close. And when I got hooked I up with Mike have, Mills. I think we oh, all yeah. have our stories Everybody's like got a horror story. Yeah. I, when I got Mike Mills, he actually took the pen and fixed up for me. And I'm a, I was a complete stranger to him. He goes, you know what? I could tell you really miss this pen. You didn't really get a chance to get the full enjoyment out of it because of, the, uh, because of what the pen could play and, and show you. Let me fix up for you. I'm only going to charge you what it's going to cost to get fixed up in the parts. And he did. And this is a complete stranger. And he fixed up. I, I bought it back from him for just what he put into it. And um, wow. so when I sold it, yeah, I said, he's the nice. first guy uh, First guy I called. It's Mike, I, I'm going to sell my road show. I want you to have it. And um, then I sold uh, Junkyard okay. uh, to a gentleman in, in um, Edensville. And, uh, and then I, I'm trying to think the other one. Oh, I did actually have uh, X-Men. And has Spider Man. Oh, and did you buy the X Men new? Out of I, curiosity, I, I actually bought it from the guy who sold me the Tron, and uh, he uh, got hold of me when X Men came out, and I bought it. And I'm a big superhero nut. I love the uh, love the comics and stuff. But uh, I, I, I do too. I'm I'm, it, I'm a big nut that way as well. You know, but when I had it, um, now it's just my opinion. Obviously, of course, I I just couldn't feel the love for that one like I normally would. Um, 
you know, when I boxed, I played it, and it was there. I played a little bit of it, and, and I just couldn't feel love for it. So when um, Buddy was actually looking for an, uh, a Spider-Man pen, I believe it was, and I said, and so I uh, texted him through Pinside, and I said, hey, hey, Buddy, I got X-Men and Spider-Man. I'll give you a combo deal if you'd be interested. And he goes, yeah. So I ended up selling those two. So and then I sold the RK Legends to Buddy Mai, who won one for his kids for nostalgia reasons. So when I got that money, I was, uh, that's why I used to uh, get the Star Trek LE. Okay. And I don't regret the decision because Star Trek LE is just a super blast to play. <laughs> it's uh, it it's is. impressive. I'm looking forward to playing it after yes, after definitely after we stop the reels definitely. from rolling. Definitely. I'm, I'm going to give it uh, I'm, I'm going to give it some love. So and like I said, I I know I don't know. I like bringing the guys' names uh, that I brought the names up so far because they're so uh, instrumental of me uh, falling in love with this hobby. Um, That's fair. My twin brother, of course, my wife, and my uh, two buddies, uh, Mark and Murphy, Mike Mills. I met so many other nice guys from Patrick and Jason Cause. I call him Wizard of Cause because he's such a phenomenal guy. Comes over and, <laughs> and fixes his pins, helps me out with these things. And um, those guys are considered my close brothers, you know, and uh, and I just want to give a shout out to them because they oh, no, they're, that's fine. They're just a great group of guys, and if you're a good chance to meet them at the arcade expo, we'll definitely go up there and say hi to them because they uh, have love the hobby just as much as I do. Oh, we, we're we're going to have a we're going to have a, an opportunity for everybody to come to, to see us as well. So yeah, definitely that, that ought to work out good. Definitely, yeah, that, that ought to work out good. So, so Larry, you'd mentioned Tron earlier is one that you mm-hmm. one that you're looking for. What 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 else are what else are you trying to hunt down? I you know what I'm. I'm kind of leaning towards that spooky pinball a little bit, and I'm because uh, so Charlie, if, if you hear it, man, Charlie, you, come you on, got, you've got a sale good ending, price, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think I would love to be able to buy one as well. Oh, I, I, I would too. I just, I just, I would be lying if I said that I, you know, I hadn't looked at the at the videos pretty, pretty heavily. Yes. I'd love to yeah, play yes. one. I'd love to see one in, in person. Um, I'm, I, I know they're working on the. A lot of complaints uh, on the pin. I'm gonna say a lot of complaints, but the only minor complaints he had was voice acting, too much talking. I can't really tell. Uh, but I, I know the fix up and, and get looking right. I love the uh, oh, yeah. what they did, the translate, the the play. I love the play field. Yeah, absolutely love the theme. Yeah, um, you can tell that 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 particular title is a pinball machine made for pinball lovers exactly. by people who love pinball. Yes, and so I don't I, I don't feel that I can say that about every title that I see. A lot of titles that you see are you look at it and you say, Yeah, that was merchandising. Yeah, that was just to keep the doors open. And and not taking not you know, I don't want to take anything away from that, but when you look at America's most haunted, it it has a feel for it that that says, uh, this was well, four you, pinball by pinball to pinball. I mean mm-hmm. Stern Stern will tell you that their titles they want I can't recall the exact wording like the that I've heard Jack, not Jack, I've heard uh, uh, Sam use, but mm-hmm. he wants a pen that anyone can walk up to and play uh-huh. and enjoy themselves, uh, but yet... And that's commendable. And that's commendable. It is. But that also that a pinball person can get into and enjoy, and there's stuff there that if you're a little bit more of a talented player, you can get into and, un- and unlock. Definitely. You know, so... Yeah, I think all the companies, they're, they're listening to us. I mean, I, Jersey Jack listened to, to us. You know, I, I talked to him uh, on the phone. Um, a Stern, you know, they, they put out the code updates. They just released a great code update for Star Trek Ellie around Christmas time. It's Christmas present from Stern. They did that last year, I think, with X-Men. Yeah, now, now, and Larry, you're talking about just the, the 1.41 that came out, right? Yes, excellent. Yeah, because for everybody listening, we're recording in, in the time segment between, or the time period between Christmas 2013 and New Year's 2014. So mm-hmm. it, it'll probably be mid-January before everybody hears the hears this, this interview. But j- just to give everybody a, a sense of the time that we're talking yeah. about well, yeah let's talk about that for a second later sure. since you've got several uh, and had several newer 
mm-hmm. quote unquote mm-hmm. pins, you know, mm-hmm. uh, current production, recent production, Stern, and now the Wizard of Oz. Um, what do you? What's your take on kind of chasing the code? You know, there's been a lot of folks that say, you know, the game isn't done. Uh, why are they releasing it? It feels like it might. Some folks get that. Okay, why did they rush? You yeah. know, I think what it is that I think they're under pressure to to bring them out. And um, I think when they when they per, first put the pen in, in the players' hands and they start playing the pen, the heavy pen players will see something wrong. Well, I know when you do this loop shot or when I do a certain shot or, or the combo should be added up, and you know, and that's the big play in pen players. Um, and I, when I hear that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well. They're updating them. I mean, if you look at all the old pens they had out before, they all update every one of them. They all make sure. Um, and I think it's great to do that. I mean, they don't have to. They could just put the pen out saying, hey, okay. Well, I guess I, I think I'd look at that from a, from a technical perspective. The argument mm-hmm. would be that, you know, prior to your, your modern, really modern pens, mm-hmm. It, you had you were base it was EPROM based so I mean it was a it was a pretty ma- it was a major deal to mm-hmm. to provide updates either you know you had to you had to get the EPROMs programmed and you had to either you had to have there was no internet so you had to have some way for an operator to get it and then they had to have equipment to program it which they might not like having having around because it was really expensive it's expensive today yes yeah. I can only imagine the price at the time oh yeah you know especially you know just even looking as quote unquote recent as as the whole line of Williams like WPC era pens mm-hmm. so um there were releases just looking back at code but there wasn't it you know and i haven't had newer pins i guess that's why i'm asking um there 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 was releases but they were i don't know almost kind of if you look back at a lot of the release notes kind of minor minor type stuff minor Mm -hmm, maybe some scoring changes i mean you weren't adding modes and you weren't you know it was it was to me it's almost like okay well you know here's your brand new Corvette and engineering will be with it done with the doors in May. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I can understand the rush and some of the street level players wouldn't necessarily understand or see it, mm-hmm. but what kind of what, what's your take on it from a, a, a pin person's perspective. So that fast three times, Whitney, that, that'd be a tough one to say. <laughs> um, it, it would make it to the blooper reel. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I, I think uh, with the way they've been doing the codes, especially for a guy like me, uh, who's not very, uh, uh, computer savvy or you know the way they put on nowadays updates you put on flash drive and you put it inside a computer and it's updated uh, they put the modes in which I like they like putting different um, I'll bring them for instance up I remember uh, on Star Trek LE one of the big things is the big vengeance ship in the middle it's the big toy and you shoot the ball up there and you can lock the ball there well in order to uh, you could shoot the ball another ball up there and knock that ball loose if you hit it you get a three ball multi-ball if you miss it during a certain time you get two ball multi-ball and the reason why i bring that up because they change their code so that now when you when you launch a ball if the ball freezes the first time it used to drop down the pop bumpers and that thing could step there for eternity and, as, and you might miss a time to hit the shot now they fix it so now it goes all the way around it comes all the way around you flipping you get more time to shoot and i think they look at the players and i'm not just the, the big pin players because I, I, we talk, me and Whitney talked about it beforehand. I said, I suck at pinball. I'll be first admitted. I, I had to put all my pinball machines on five ball. <laughs> Larry, I'm not far behind <laughs> you, buddy, so don't worry about that. But for for a novice player like myself, uh, doing something like that, that made a big difference in me enjoying the pin more. And, and I think they listen to players. And um, I remember when I uh, I sent an email uh, through Pinside, and I didn't think uh, uh, Ben Heck would answer it, but I said, Ben would really be cool that America's most haunted pinball if you had some kind of ghost multi-ball where if it's the ball would come across like a mist on Dracula 
and be really cool if you could, if that thing come out and you make a spooky noise over the uh, air, on the uh, speaker system inside Spooky Pinball and shoot the ball. If you knock it loose, it gets a two ball multi ball like in Dracula. And he actually answered me back. He said we was going to do that. We we talked about that earlier, and uh, we couldn't do it for cost efficient reasons. And we couldn't. I think he said not so much cost, but I think it was uh, not much, enough room on the play field to do that added addition. And I thought that's really cool. I mean, yeah. these guys are out here listening players, and and um, and I think Jersey Jack listens to him. Um, Stern does the same thing. I think they listen to and they bring out the whole code. You're not going to make everybody happy all the time. No, it's you impossible. Just, you just put out what you can so and hope they enjoy that, it. That's a perspective I hadn't, I hadn't thought of from a, from a, like my background and in, in my career, I was looking at it uh, in, in the terms of, well, this is, this is a somewhat incomplete product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thought was, is that if they're constantly chasing code, yeah, once they have, th- there'll be a point, no matter who it is, right. you know, there'll be uh there there will be a point where you have to just abandon something because you're going to spend all your time chasing code for existing product yes you know you've got to draw a line you've got to quit right and it just i i i've heard that quite a bit about modern machines well you know the 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 like whitney he was just able to spit out a version of code for a given machine you know Mm -hmm. well code such and such and such and such and it's just it's it it just strikes me as different Mm mm-hmm and I so. remember when they released the latest code for Star Trek, uh, Christmas Eve, they released it. And uh, guys right. started downloading and playing it. And they noticed the LE owners uh, that the uh, on the outside of the uh, LE machine, you had the Enterprise shooting the phasers on LED lights. Well, they took that out. And the players was complaining about it. And before you knew it, uh, Richie came on there and said, hey, yeah. it's our mistake. We, we, we screwed up. We tested the mode on a premium model, which didn't have it on the outside the, like they do have on the LE box. So... They uh, took the code down, and I know it's I know it's less than twenty four hours. They had the new code up, and and they put everything back in it. And I thought that's really cool the way they did that. I was really you know it, impressed. It was it was interesting because I saw it flow through my timeline on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Steve Ritchie, you know the Steve Ritchie right. actually chimed in and said, "Hey, this is what we did. This is how we're going to fix it." a new update is coming and I'm sitting there thinking it's like you know that is so neat right that that you have the designer of the machine chiming in saying hey look we're going to add this back or we're going to fix this or this is what we're going to do and they can in and they make the machines field serviceable to where all of us, if we had a Star Trek machine, we all we have to do is just wait wait with our little thumb drives and, and we can actually change the physics yeah. of the machine and the game stays I don't want to say the game stays new because that implies that, that you get tired of it. And maybe you do, maybe you don't, but the the product has more of a lifespan that way, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's nice to see that uh, that the companies can respond to user feedback. Yes, and and that the game doesn't just die. It, it, it's not stagnant the day that it rolls out the door. Yeah, I, that, that that's what I that's the value that I see. So yeah, let's um let's shift away uh, from Stern and the industry a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about Larry's collection. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> there's we, so much there's so much that we, we could chase down a rabbit hole I, I'm, you know? I'm almost thinking you know uh maybe we should bring larry on as a third and i'm a talker i'm thinking industry talk with larry yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. i mean larry we can't pay you anything because but hey, we're behind as i enjoy this guys but, this is great yeah no we're talkers too yes i know i've been a little quiet i've been kind of main on the board but um 
so of the games that are down here, mm-hmm. what get what which game has the most interesting story in terms of what it took to get it? I mean, is there something here that yeah, it's a good you, question. You said I've watched YouTube, I've played this game, I've done whatever, and I've absolutely really just want X. Yeah, and I. I had to get a dog sled team in Alaska and get it, you know, out of a, an igloo. Yeah. Is there something? And I want to know who had to save it from falling down a flight of stairs and oh my everything gosh, like yeah. that. We've read yeah. so many stories on those. You know, <laughs> let me uh, look around because, I mean, uh, each each pin, believe it or not, has its own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of weird because each one has a story to me uh, that I remember, like, going down. And it's weird because, like, uh, if my – let's just say I go on a, on a road trip and I go pick up a pin. And my wife goes with me, uh, and uh, I might have a buddy of mine, whatever. And we go pick up the pen. If it came down to selling it, and and, and I mean it's it, it's like a tough decision for me. Which one do I want to sell? Because I I've, I'm not really a flipper. I don't. I, I sold some pens in the past, but most of them I keep. Um, my wife would sit there and say, I'll say something like, Well, how about uh, how about Roadshow? And she goes, Oh no, wait a minute. That's one I went on a youth trip to yeah, buy. <laughs> yeah, um, But I would think, think about uh, what it took to get it. I think if, if when I look around the uh, collection here, um, I remember my attack from Mars. It was uh, it was in good shape, but it wasn't the best. And uh, I remember I had to go through a lot of stories to get that one going. But I, I think uh, if I had to sit there and say a story, Whitney with, is lovingly petting the attack yes, from yes, Mars. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I was. I, I was. I was just you know just rubbing on it there a little bit. So. I remember um, uh, like Lord of the Rings, the guy uh, old dirty old. Uh, um, uh, laundromat. I mean, did you like see that from the side of the road or? You know, I went to the laundromat and uh, I remember it was inside there and the guy who had the pinball 2000 pin, it, I think it because he had it in laundromat and it gets so hot in there, it just, it kind of, it, it just, uh, it wouldn't act up right. So I ended up getting the uh, Lord of the Rings and for some reason my trans lights flash ain't crazy now. Uh, but, uh, but I remember getting that one cleaned up. But, but I think if I look at all the, uh, because each pin has a story i think of all of them i i, I have to say the wizard of oz just because the uh um it's first time i actually went on an adventure to spend that kind of money at the time and wait that long uh for the Oz come in and uh just wait, waiting for the rival um because like i said people who didn't wasn't even involved in the hobby kept asking about it and yeah. I, I i don't know if they asked about the money involved or what the deal was but they kind of film so that one's kind of but uh but we talked about that before but uh Gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think because I got so many uh, stories here I could think of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, all the all these titles they 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 just don't show up. I mean, so yeah. it, it's uh, I know I remember when I got Medieval Madness. Um, that was probably my big Holy Grail pin I wanted. Uh, like I said, I didn't know about the price, but I remember my uh, my distributor told me. Or my vendor who's who's going to make up for me and said, you know, this is a pretty big pen. It's hard to get and blah, blah, blah. And he finally found one for me. And I remember it. I just I just couldn't wait to, for the thing to get ready. I remember um, and I would come over and just look at it dismantled. Um, he would have it apart and in the castle. I remember... You when, know, you, when you see him like that, do you ever wonder if it'll go back together? <laughs> yes, sometimes I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, oh there's, a lot, of, there's how, a lot of parts in that How box. did all of this come out of that? Yes. I'm, I remember picking up the castle thinking... How many times I watch you on video thinking, uh, you know, I'll never be able to uh, to get something like this, and and uh, luckily uh, I was able to uh, to uh, get one. And I remember when he got done, I I took it home and, and played it, and I just remember I I just loved it so much. And yeah. that pen really hadn't really gave me enough trouble, knock on wood. Uh, but uh, but you know, I have a lot of fond memories of that one. Um, I got the attack from Mars because my um, 
both my brother and I, we wanted to get one, and I ended up uh, uh, buying it. Uh, <laughs> drawing the string on that I one. a string on that yeah. one. The uh, Monster Bash, I love the uh, Universe Monsters. Uh, the uh, the uh, Tales of Raby Night I got from uh, my buddy, uh, Mark Murphy. Uh, and uh, like I said, was so special by that pen because we ended up being uh, like brothers now. And I, if, I, if I didn't find that Tales of Raby Night and buy that from him, I wouldn't you know we wouldn't came good friends and uh so that that one's got some uh, good stories on acdc uh i bought that when i moved to my house i remember we uh it we had a torrential downpour uh, come in and we tried to uh drive the uh the truck uh through my front yard and we got stuck in mud <laughs> so yeah I, I can't, that's a bad story there uh, so, so you'd recently moved in you already four-wheeled <laughs> exactly you four-wheeling through just, the yeah, front just yard just get pinball in yes yeah, so ruts it, in the yard did, did every that, time did that bring on uh, interesting looks from the neighbors <laughs> I, oh yeah that kind of thing what's, what's he keep bringing him back in there and stuff like that what's i don't know got, what that guy's know? moving but th- it's a lot <laughs> if they probably think i'm some kind of a dracula bringing bodies in and out of the house all the time those big boxes i had on it uh um i'm trying to think here just kind of glancing around the room here i remember uh, the Anth family i remember I, I walked in i talked to the vendor and i said uh i really want to give me a pen i don't know which one i want he kept on saying Anne Family. Well, I was a big fan of the movie. I thought I love the TV show. I wasn't a fan of the movie. He kept on saying, you got to try Anne Family. I, I kept on blowing him off. I said, yeah, okay, what about this uh, Lord of the Rings over here? And he goes, I-, I tell you what, come here. Let me show you something. He walks over to me. I think he's getting frustrated with me. He goes, look down his play field. And I, I saw a big hole in the play field where the wood, wood uh, was worn down. And, um, and I, I said, okay. And he goes, this is worn down because so many people – players play this thing it's played a lot it's there's no one pin out there I, like i said i had no idea what these pins were what was the big big pin and uh he talked me into it and uh, i bought it and i took it home when i first played it, i thought okay i don't see what the hype is but now, after, is that the adams family that's here yes and when i start to uh now did he go through it because i glanced at it, i don't recall having a big worn spot in the middle yeah, of the he, yeah he, uh, he he fixed it up for me um he i think it was the same one I, i'm pretty sure it was and uh once he got fixed up and I started playing, I realized, oh, wow, I, I see why everybody likes it so much. And, uh, and it's been with me since then, hadn't left. And, uh, um, and I'm trying to think, uh, going, whoops, trying to go around the room here. Um, Scare Stiff's another one that uh, he told me, you're going to like this one. Yeah. And I said, and I said okay, you know, I, I, you know, these guys have been doing pinball for a long time. So I ended up uh, listening to him and I bought that one. I love that one as well. It's, it's simplistic. It's probably the only one I get to, uh, get to the, the very end uh but i never could beat it i mean i think i did it one time and i think i raised the score by pl- replacing batteries or something i don't remember that's where my luck goes but uh, uh um and like i said indian jones because i remember my brother had such a bad one he said he got it from ebay from this guy and as a stock picture he and we was just new in the hobby we did not know what we was doing and he got it he said literally when he took open the box, he said a, a tear came to my eyes. Oh, was you happy? He goes, no, I'm crying because it's in terrible shape. The guy had bubblegum stickers on the uh, Target decals. It was nowhere near where he said it was. He was going to follow a claim on, the, on eBay with the guy, and the guy said, uh, you know, I'll give you uh, some money back on this. So my brother fixed the best he could, but on so much and went left. Um, when it came open there, and I found one, I, I told Gary, we, we got to get this one back. We got to get this one here. And uh, – and so he was just as happy as I got it. So he came over That's and we, we both played it and we loved it. And we think, okay, there is there is good people out there. There is good uh, pinballs, good Indian Jones that looks good out there. Let's, and and uh, it's just out there. You got to find them. And uh, that's the stories, most of the stories I have for him. So from, um, I tend to favor the techie side of the house. Yes. So I, 
for of the pins that are down here, and and you know, of course, we all know they have problems, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you know, um, you like to have them gone through in a nice working order, and you've mm-hmm. got a lot of folks that help you. Um, have you had one part, or you know, a, a, a ramp or something on, on one of them where you just st- stepped back and said, "You have got to be kidding me! <laughs> that is how much for X?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, mostly. Um, I remember when I had Funhouse, and that's what pin I had. I, I, I told you I sold. I, I kind of miss it. I mean, it's kind of nostalgic, but uh, I remember just looking at Rudy's head and seeing all the moving parts on and stuff. I said, oh, my gosh. And I, that one scared me. Um, one of the pins, I remember, like I said, Tax Mars gave me uh, all kinds of problems. I don't know uh, to this day what was the hardest part with that pin. Uh, it seemed like whenever the uh, ball uh, went behind the UFO, it got stuck back there. And I had guys come over and fix it and try to work on it and everything like that. And uh, but it, they end up getting fixed right. And it's one of my favorite pins. I wanted I wanted to spend the money on that one. Uh, would I do it again? Probably not. I'll be honest with you because uh, because something that's the one of the bad things about pins. You got there's so many moving parts, obviously. And um, I think once they're inside a home, and once you get the things going. They don't really give you that much problems. They really don't. Uh, and you might tinker here and there, but most of the time you get them out of the wallet, you fix them up, you put them in your in your game room man cave. Um, They're not in a laundromat being pounded. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I remember when I went to Arcade Expo. This guy was playing Jurassic Park, and um, this guy was just absolutely beating this machine. He's manhandling. Oh it, my huh? gosh! I never. I mean, he would pick the thing up and drop it down, and I guess the ball gets stuck, and he get frustrated. He would shake the machine so violently and i thought oh my i i, I never can understand why why they wouldn't want to do something like that you know uh, it's like going up there and uh kicking your car's body you just yeah. make sure it's got a good frame on it you know so uh <laughs> but uh but each his own i guess but uh but uh yeah i i'm trying to i just one pin uh the roadshow pin uh i bought from the guy was very very bad shape and uh, for the money I paid for, it should be in a lot better shape than what it was. So, yeah. um, uh, and luckily, um, I was able to get that thing fixed up right. Uh, I shouldn't say not me, but uh, Mike was. And uh, and that's the funny thing about it. We'd never know how fun Roadshow was unless Mike fixed it up for me. Because yeah. um, mine constantly broke. It, it would reset in the middle of the game. Um, Rudy's, uh, not Rudy's, I'm sorry. Uh, Ted's eyes would, would sometimes fall down or whatever. So, uh but all in all, you know, it got it was worked out, and I, I we I learned a lot of lessons. I met a lot of good people since then, and, yeah. and uh, they helped me out with this. So I appreciate them. Well, I, I'm kind of curious. What's the furthest you've had to travel for for one for for a pinball title? And and, and the second question that I've got is where where are you finding uh, where, where where are you finding your games? Oh. If if you're willing to talk about no, that. sure, no, uh, most of my first star collecting, I, I bought most of mine from Treasure Cove because I live only. At the time, I only lived probably seven minutes away from um, Alan Shop and Treasure Cove. I bought oh, most of wow, them okay. from him. But uh, as 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 time went on, I ended up uh, with my buddies, word mouth. That's basic. I, I wish I could tell you one person, but uh, word mouth, I would say, hey, I'm kind of thinking about looking for a, uh, a Tron pen. Yeah. He goes, yeah, let me let me check around. I might have some guys here. I might have someone who might have one new in box. I might have this person wanting to do this. I might trade you for that. Even if I even want to try to sell my pen, I, I might say, anybody be interested in uh, put the word out? And before you know it, within 24, 48, 72 hours, I have someone calling, hey, I'm interested. Would you mind coming out? Like, yeah, sure. Come on down. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of good when you get to know. It's kind of weird because when you first get in the hobby, you're so green. You don't know what who, what to buy, who to buy from. Uh, but now, once you get into it and get to know the people into it, 
it's like you said brotherhood yeah and they try to hook you up with good deals and they try not to jack you too much on the price and uh hook you up and a lot of these when i do buy from the pens from the from the collectors they're in great shape you don't have to really do too much to them they yeah. uh they love them and care for them and uh it very rarely happens it does happen quite a bit but very rarely anymore with me so, so and we've heard that a million times yes. in terms of, whitney and i've been through that ourselves where the first few the first few you pass this through if you will you're you're really green you're you're over oh, yes. you're overpaying oh, yes. oh yeah and uh, um uh, i think all of us have have had our fair share of uh, i put a little too much into that oh yes you know that but you know on the back side of it i'm sure we've also got the stories of i i, I did really well here yes so I, I just step back and i look at it as you know it's a hobby and it's a wash and i'm having fun so right yeah yeah, if you make people look at sometimes it's a monetary thing. I could I could buy this one and make money on this. Yeah, that's great. If you you know if you if you buy one and make money on it, more power to you. Yeah, uh, that's why I look at. It. If you buy one and you lose money on it, if you buy it because you enjoyed it and you played it, that's all that matters. And uh, you know you can't fret over any money because I think people lost more money on on uh, uh, business shakes or bad bad stock funds or whatever it might be and so forth. And you know uh, to each his own. Take your money, buy what you want, have fun with it. Um, you go around this God's green earth only one time, and I think it's the you know, and 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 like I said, if if I had to start over again, I don't think I'd do anything different. There's a couple of pins I wouldn't buy probably from uh, yeah. some, <laughs> some from shady ones, but would I do over again? Yeah, I wouldn't. I I enjoy the hobby that much. Yeah, no, they, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I just wish uh, I just wish everybody could have the same t- you know the same kind of outlook because. Uh, if that was the case, maybe, maybe we wouldn't, uh, you know, have fifteen thousand dollars paid list titles. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Whitney and I've talked about that a little bit. What's your opinion on that? You know, we had touched earlier on the uh, on Medieval Madness and, mm-hmm. and, and the remake. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's your opinion on what that brings, and then the potential for them the, uh, uh, to produce other Williams, or I guess even at that point, the sky's the limit if they can relicense. You know, what, what's your opinion on that? How it affects the hobby. Well, I think when I first heard the news that it was going to release the medieval mass, I remember uh, beforehand, I mean, you, you could sell medieval mass for thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars, and uh, I, this one vendor actually gave me a call, one off me ten thousand dollars for mine, and I said no because it's my favorite one. I ended up finding out this guy was going to sell his for like twenty-two thousand, uh, same what? pen. Yeah, what? so that's a big, big jump. Twenty-two thousand dollars, and uh, that—that's what he was going to resell the pen for. Yes, and. Uh, so, so he must have had someone on the hook. For yes, 20, oh, 20. yeah. Yes, yes. I was close by. He knew if he got mine, he wouldn't have to do too much to it. So, and you know, I, I believe in God making money, but that's kind of outrageous. I, I wouldn't. There's no way I spend that kind of money. And yeah. I think they're going for high prices back then. But everybody asks me, you know, when you ask your favorite pen, are you saying medieval mask because it's so high? No, I like the pen, and and uh, and it's kind of funny because when medieval mask was was made the announcement was going to be released everybody jumped on bandwagon everybody put money down everybody had to have one and they it's kind of unfair to look to someone who had one like oh you bought because you wanted uh you wanted the extra money because you had the money because you went one make investment now now you're now you're not getting your money out of it i never felt that way and, and um yeah and it's good that you did right and, and you can't and and uh but now the people who's on the bandwagon bashing the people who had one are now on the bandwagon saying oh that's a great pen i could I, I could see why you really want it now and why you had it now and i said yeah that's and and i think once i, I think everybody should have a chance to play one Obviously, it's my my uh, my opinion on it, but it's a fun pen, and I think once they get their remake and they play it, they're gonna realize, wow, I can see why it's number one on pen side, why it's number one or two on 
pinball database, they can see why now. It's, it's not a money thing. It's, it's just because it's a fun pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think it's great they're remaking it. Uh, it gives everybody a chance to get one and play one. Um, but uh, I, I don't want them to go through it just remaking all the classics. I want them, because there's, there's so much they could take their resources and build and make uh, newer pins with new uh, new ideas, should I say? And and I, because I heard they're going to remake Attack from Mars. They're going to do uh, Cactus Canyon. They're going, and that's just rumors, obviously. But uh, Cactus Canyon, yes, that's a, that that'll be something to see. Yes, yes, it will. Well, yeah. I mean, from from their side, I don't know if you've heard this argument. From their side, the design work is done. If they get the licensing and. And my assumption is is that they're not having to repattern anything. Uh, my assumption is is that no, they part, just, all they have to do is just do that. Yeah, you know? if, if part yeah. if part of the deal is okay, here's here's the artwork, here's the uh, here's the technical drawings for what you need to do to produce any of the metalwork. Here's mm-hmm. the molds for the plat, whatever you know. Right. Even if they had to go through and do fifty percent of it, they've all they're already ahead of the game. Yeah. You right. know. So to me, they're bringing more folks into pinball. You know, yes. there more people can play the game. Right. Um, I don't from a, from a purely dollar perspective. My take on it is is that there's always going to be an original, and you know you're not yes. going to sell one as the other. Right. And uh, when I look at uh, when they first announced Medieval Mass remake, I thought to myself the only thing I, I thought was right was just the price. I thought it was eight thousand dollars. Just my personal opinion. Why I thought it was kind of high. I thought if they was going to release one, I thought they should bring around because you know you could buy a Stern Pro uh, for what forty six hundred dollars maybe. Yeah, uh, you yeah, buy for, a premium forty three forty six. Just, yeah. just depending upon where you buy. Yeah. yeah, and you could buy a premium for sixty two sixty four. So I thought six two sixty four be a, a or in between that price range for Medieval Mass for a remake. Uh, f- to give everybody a chance to enjoy one. And now, when I look at the boards in the back, uh, just from my perspective, because when I take off the back glass and look at the back boards, that's intimidating to a guy like me because you know, I'm not very computer savvy. Uh, I know enough just to get me in trouble. But uh, when I look at the uh, the new um, new mass and the board, it, it looks it doesn't look as, as intimidating to me when I look at it. But it looks it, it seems like if it goes do- goes down, um, it'd be easier for me for a guy like me to uh, fix it. Um, yeah, well, it's one board, right? Yeah. It's you one just, board. You you have. It, I don't yeah. even know if you could would even call that repairable, right? It's you just know, because you, you get into that point where it's just swappable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, when you look at like manual mass now, I, I agree with you 100. percent I think uh, the the class the uh, the original would be um, probably more uh, I want to say collectible, but more desirable, should I say? But I think in the long run, uh, when people look at the pen, the way it's being made. They're gonna look at the board, saying, oh, "Okay, it's pretty easy for me for me to uh, fix and just buy the board, and it's gonna look the same. It's gonna play the same. It's gonna give you the same feeling as though you get a high score on a Wims or on on the uh, other company. Uh, I can't think who made the who's making the Medieval Mass remake. Right oh, now. Uh, um, Planetary Pinball. Planet, yeah, yeah, Planetary. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, like I said, more power to him. I, I wish uh, you know they maybe after they get a couple of these uh, remakes out, they focus on something new. Uh, I like I like to see something new. There's so much stuff out here that I like to see. I, uh, you mentioned the price. I was a little surprised mm-hmm. from the price perspective. Uh, I think they're pricing what they think the market will bear. And, I mean, yeah. and I, I can't blame them. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would have thought though, and of course I haven't seen the numbers, and I, I wouldn't pretend to know. But my thought would have been, you could have come, you could have come in at a lower price point, assuming that. And, and I don't know what they've got in licensing. I don't mm-hmm. know what they have to do, even if they've got the plans to produce. But my gut tells me that you're going to come in lower. I would have thought that they could have they could have come in at a lower price point and done just as good, if not better, mm-hmm. because it, 
if I'm set, the, the the most recent pin I've looked at, and you've talked about this, Larry is Spookies. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I'm setting, I'm looking at that, and I've got uh, a medieval a medieval madness that mm-hmm. I I could probably go and play. I've got some tracker, you know, there's a tracker there. I could actually go and experience it as opposed to maybe just kind of YouTubing it. Mm-hmm. If they came in lower, if they come in in fifty five, six thousand, exactly. Uh, that's that's really attractive. Yeah, very attractive. Yeah, so and, and to explain to someone, well, I'm buying a remade pin for this price here, and everybody's like, "Well, gosh, you go down there and buy a a brand a, new concept, a brand a, new theme. You could buy a Star Trek LE pinball, the latest 20th century, 21st century uh, gadgets on it, and you're buying a a, a pin that's remade that's uh, 15, 20 years old. Um, yeah. So uh, now, have you seen? I, I I know you're not a technical person. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen under the playfield? No, I haven't. I have not it's, seen. It's not it? wired. It's, there's actually a series of PCBs. Oh that, wow. That basically are. It's the wiring. It's all done with traces on. So you raise the playfield, and it's however many it was, five or six PCBs that that cover the bottom of the playfield. That's field. amazing. Yeah. So you know, that that's another. That's kind of a. As far as I know, they're the first to do that. Yeah. And it's a. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of folks. I, I'm surprised folks haven't done it. I'm surprised Stern hasn't done it. Yeah. I know. I think. I think everybody eventually gravitate towards that. Like everybody's thinking. Uh, everybody. Was, you don't think gripe they had about uh, said about Stern's uh, Star Trek was they saying? Uh, I thought they go LCD on this one. I really did. And and uh, and Jersey Jack beat him to the punch. And uh, I think eventually everybody will somehow they'll go to that. Um, but like I said, right now, you know, like when I sit down, I should say sit down, when I sit there and play uh, was, I'm concentrating so much on the ball and the play field. I don't, every once I look at the LCD because you got four screens glaring at you saying, you know, here's what you need to do. But uh, I think it's a good concept. I think it, it will, because you, you want to put a machine out there when people walk by and they're going to look over and see that big thing glaring at you. And and with the light show going off, that's going to pull the people in like it did back in the eighties. That all with the, the DMDs. What right. is that? It's there's something. There's motion. It's right. doing something. They're going to drag, get their attention. They're going to look over there. They put video modes in the, some of the pinball machines uh, to, uh, like, say Terminator Two. Uh, put a video mode in to have that little aspect of a video game in there, because that's what Pinball Two Thousand tried to do. They tried to uh, put a video game and a pinball mixed together. And when they did, obviously, it didn't work out, which I, I kind of like the concept. I see what they was trying to do, but because everybody was grabbing towards video games at the time. And um, I think that's what they tried to do back in the early 90s when they released Pinball Machines. You see a lot of the video mode still in some up to the late uh, mid-90s uh, where they have video mode in there. Because I think they're trying to attract uh, the arcade player to come in and try to beat the uh, video mode. I've seen some of the Data East games. They'll do mm-hmm. the skill shot. It's a video mode on the DMD. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen this code version on, on Wizard of Oz. Is is there any aspect to that where you get to a point where you're interacting with the LCD and you know the, the ball's captured in the play field, or, or are they not utilizing it for that? Um, from what I've seen, not yet. Uh, I have not uh, get too far in the game, but I have not seen anything yet. But it does show a lot of, uh, like when it, the ball does stop, the animations are fantastic. When you look up there and see the... Uh, color team going off when the wizard yells you saying extra ball or when you get a free play uh you see the beautiful light show of the emerald city going on whenever you uh knock lock the ball behind the crystal ball the uh the witch will show up and she'll award you but she's rubbing the crystal ball and and uh everything's like that and so uh, they're tying more with the gameplay as opposed right to now, making yes. a game right the, which yes you know I, I almost don't i almost think i would not want if that that's proper english 
I would not want a modern <laughs> baby pack. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah. Now the baby pack all the baby pack fan, uh, fans are gonna be hating on us, but <laughs> they're they're gonna start their own super pack and then they're coming after you, Brent. So <laughs> Yeah, but I mean all in all, I mean uh um you know, on sometimes I think they make stick with pinball and pinball arcade arcade. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I think it's cool the way uh, Joyce Jack has the LCD screen going on the pinball machine. Uh, you don't have to have any kind of video mode on there. I, it it doesn't really need it. I think some people when they talk about the Star Trek LE, they when well, some people many people comment saying that it don't feel like I'm playing pinball. I forget I'm playing pinball. I said you're doing this and doing that and whatever, and you forget you're immersed in a pinball machine, which I think is really cool. I think that's the way it should be and yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, I, I'll certainly agree with that. I and, and I would hope as we see the technology shift, you know, to to these LCD screens or like what you were talking about, Brent, where you know the entire underbelly of of the play field is just one series of PCBs that are that are just strung together yes you would hope that the reliability factor of the games increases over time and and it keeps them there longer and it and it helps us and it helps us all to enjoy the game rather than mm-hmm. fixing the game but and, and there's there's an aspect of fixing that's fun i mean you know now we're talking last night just over over some issues but you don't want to be doing that all the time yeah, right exactly yeah you know and from a game perspective i really i, I am shocked of course there's a lot of things through history not just in pen and video that I can't, you know, why did it take so long to think of this one little <laughs> yeah, widget right. that yes. then set right. this market off yeah. in a different direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just shocked that it's taken so long to get away from just the conventional wire-loomed, you know, play fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, that's one of, even if the cost point, the price point stays the same, mm-hmm. I, I think you can take that if you're going to cost the game at the same value, if you if you can do the, do PCB versus wire, just imagine what you could do on the play field in terms of not having to cost things out that designers really want to get in there. Yeah. As long as you don't make it a toy box, yeah. you know, you keep the game interesting. But Yeah, and I look at some of the pinballs, and they say it, it, a lot of the pinballs are similar in fashion. They're, I mean, obviously, you only got ramps and loops and, and uh, certain interactive toys on and stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I really like the idea. I remember watching a video on Pinball Circus, that three-tier uh, pinball machine where it kind of goes from up there. And I, I thought that was a really cool concept. And, um, and you know when you look at like medieval mass attack from Mars it's kind of basically the same play field um, someone said that if you take Funhouse and reverse it it looks like Jurassic Park and some and some guy posted on Pinside and I saw the two pictures side by side I said my god I think he's on to something here yeah. and, uh, and, and it's like that I mean uh, I could go down and look at the list of pins and everything and to me they all uh, kind of look the uh, same uh, you know to me uh, Star Trek looks a tad like medieval mass attack from Mars uh, and layout but you know what it works I, I, you know I, I can't explain it um, I know we're on a good road a good track here I think they're going more and more interaction they're making better lights they're making bigger screens and I think the next thing they're going to do is better toys I think they're going to do more interactive hopefully because I think that's what's so cool when they could make a toy that interacts with the pinball yeah yeah well I, I, w- I will say this just kind of bring it back around full circle just sitting here from my vantage point and for for everybody listening to the show uh larry's game room is is laid out uh kind of like a bowling alley so to speak it's it's kind of long and there's there's two rows of pins on on either wall and just sitting here for where from where i am behind behind my microphone i have watched every single game as we've been talking and i look at the attract modes of every single game and no not a single game 
Wizard of Oz included is beating out that Star Trek LE as far as as far as just from being 10 feet away mm-hmm. which one it, draws presence. your eye yeah. which one has the presence if I just walked in here and, and stood still for 5 seconds I'd go play that Star Trek first and foremost mm-hmm. because it is it is just speaking I mean the light show is it screams at you it, it, it just it screams at you it does and, and you know that's I, I think that's an interesting point when I look at all the other machines that are here. Yes. Yeah. And that's the idea. They they want to print the arcade saying, hey, come here and check me out. Come here and check, look at this and stuff. And uh, Star Trek does it. It does. There's no doubt. It, it does. It really does. And when, when I turn off uh, the lights in here and you go upstairs, you actually see the flashing lights uh, from the Star Trek, even from upstairs. Yeah. And uh, my wife knows that. And I, said, and I looked around and said, oh, my God, you're right. And uh, it, it works. Uh, <laughs> well, Star- you're getting your money's worth, Larry. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to look at. The, 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 do, do the, the neighbors ever call about one, one in the morning, Larry? <laughs> T- turn off the Star Trek. Buddy. Yeah, yeah Larry, we're, we're trying to go to work, buddy. We got to go work. You got to kill the Star Trek. The, kid, the kids, we, we got school. In Nobody can sleep. <laughs> we we can't get our heater in the house because uh, you got all your pinball machines on, straining all the power in the neighborhood. Yeah, and stuff, so yeah, I, I was just I was just curious, Larry. I mean, when when you moved in, mm-hmm. did did you have to refit some of the electrical work here, or was or was this part of the build, or or what? You know, it's funny when uh, we we looked at the floor plans of the house, my wife actually saw the floor plan and she uh, she called me up. She you gotta come down and look at this floor plan and we uh we went down the house and we looked at it and she goes this is perfect for your pinball game room that you always want yeah and when we had it built uh, my builder actually uh told me i said i, I want you to come out of my house and, and look what i'm talking about first what i have have here and he said he came down and he, he looked at it goes oh my god and and i said this is this is my game room and so uh he actually, when he had the electricians come over, apparently the electrician, uh, when he had electricians, is a big pinball fan. And okay. he goes, I know exactly what you're talking about. He, he said, look, this my is client it, is here. Is it a local electrician? Yes, it is. I, I think, yeah, I'm fairly certain I know who it is. I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I know who it is. And he, well. goes, yeah, yes. he goes, look, I said. Uh, Have you ever I, seen his game room? No, I haven't. It's pretty <laughs> nice. It's, it's oh, quite, yeah. It's quite impressive. Okay. Yes, it is. He goes, uh, we, we hope to have him on the show. It's oh, yeah, I'd love to see it. it, what, it we're kind of tap dancing. One thing we do is we don't necessarily name drop until we've spoken with somebody. Yeah, you I know, understand. You know, yeah. your friends you know and right, all that. Right, right. And so that's why we're like we're just kind of bat we're sitting we're, here shaking yeah, our heads no, I understand. yeah i understand yeah, yeah. yeah you, they, you understand how the yeah your your friends you're, you're obviously comfortable with it i'm sure that they are because you mentioned a couple folks right. mike mills so we talked to mike mills um yep. but yeah we kind of i'm pretty sure we know who you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he came over and goes i know exactly what you're talking about so i told him i need outlets here and here and here and here for this uh he goes how many machines guy because he got 16 17 so uh he was able to uh hook it up that way and uh when my builder uh, came downstairs after we had the finished product in hand and we put everything down and he came down and says okay I see what you're talking about now yeah. and after I, everything so the in, builder still didn't get it he still didn't get it uh, uh, and, interesting yeah, yeah because I mean they look at like uh, pinball machines well okay pinball machines and they're thinking yeah it's just it's a good place to get together have people all together have like a turn them all on we get the pool table going we get the jukebox, uh, box playing some music we have a couple of drinks we have fun down here and it's just a, it's a gathering place for us when we have friends over and they all love it and uh, we came downstairs he goes ah Okay, I I get you yeah, now. The, the, I got build, you. the builder understands where ductwork needs to go. Exactly, he, does, he right. doesn't understand the, exactly, the current yeah. draw and right. And this electrician, he came in. Yeah, I know exactly what he's so talking you, about. Do you turn every machine on individually, or do you have a master switch that turns on? I all turn them all individually okay. uh, because sometimes when I come down here, uh, I don't 
obviously I don't want to play all of them. So what I do is I go over to a certain one I feel like playing. I might get the urge to play Flintstones to kick on Flintstones. And when, yeah. And it's always kind of, when I'm playing Flintstones, you know what? I'm going to go play Attack Mars, put one more game in that one, and I'll go play on Waz or I'll play on Star Trek or Theater Magic, something like that. And then, then I'll play a game on each and then I'll turn them off. I, I like to turn them on individually because a lot of times I just want to play one and not screw around all, screw around to all, all of them all together. Well, I've got a couple questions on that, Larry. How, how many games are you running on, on a circuit at this point? Let me think here. Um, I think there's. I think he told me there's six, four or six on a circuit. I believe maybe. Okay, and what what are you doing about surge protection? I mean, are you leaving them plugged in all the time, or yeah. what, what do you what do you do there? Yeah, I got most of them. Uh, not all of them, but I got most of them on a surge protector. Um, the guy he's got some kind. He told me he's got some kind of surge protector uh, behind the walls or oh, something. Okay, okay. I think he told me. Probably Yeah, yeah. Whole he house. Uh, he's got. Uh, wire in the back um somebody's got rigged up so they would because i told him what i would have here and then and, and uh and i even told him in the storage room i want i want a couple over there with search protectors as well just in case i uh get one too many or something like that so he answered that so he ran it that way and okay I told him, here's what here's what i got here's what i want and uh he said okay we do it this way so he uh he, uh, he did this way for us and stuff. And I told him, it's got to have a walkout basement, fellas. I'm not walking through these things. <laughs> yeah. It's got to have a walkout basement. That's what my old house had. And, I, and so that's what we did. We put, we put a walkout basement so we able to uh, scoot the pins in and out if we need to and well, so forth. The reason I ask, it, the reason I ask is because I know that's probably uh, probably a question that a lot of people listening to the show right now yes. w- would want to know. It's like, yes. oh, man, with, with all those games, how many does he run per circuit and, 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 along, the, and along those lines? And I was just looking underneath each one of the games and you know your room is like really clean and and i'm going to take some pictures and uh if you don't mind we'll, yeah, we'll, sure. po- we'll post yeah, them and everything definitely. just so everybody can can see what we've been sitting in and what we've been talking about and the, you know i don't see any visible surge protectors i don't see anything everything is just nice and clean oh, that's the that yeah. that's the benefit of yeah being able to say this is what i'm gonna have Let's yeah, space it, up for yeah. unlike at my house where i move in with the house already built and then you have to do a lot of you have to you do a retro. lot of, you got to do a lot of retrofit work and you, you do it as cleanly as possible mm-hmm. but you spend a lot of cycles and a lot of time on trying to make it look like it was never there yeah and yeah. my old house we had uh when the pinball machines i turned them on and i think i had 15 at the old house and we uh we'd be playing all of a sudden this great big loud buzz would come out it was almost like a door buzz like someone's trying to reach upstairs and uh it, it, it happened every time it would do it one time and it kind of worried me a little bit and it seemed like i it came from one pin i couldn't figure out what it was <laughs> was it the pin or was it the breaker panel because it sounded like you had a, a breaker buzzing yeah it, it sounded like it, it, a weak one or something yeah i think it's yeah. breaker buzz but it, it it came from uh, it came from one of the pins and and because uh, the breaker box is actually in another room and uh, I might, could actually might have been hear current or something. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to say where it came from, but I remember telling the guy this this is what I really want. Uh, yeah. This is my hobby and uh, and so uh, and like I said, when you you go to, when you have a house built, whatever you get with the builder, you tell them what the stuff you have, what you want have done in the house, and then, and what we basically told him is that this is what I want. This yeah. this is what I like. Did the to builder have. find your electrician or did you? He actually uh, had the electrician, I guess, yeah. contracted with him and. Oh, well, uh, it, it it may well then it's a it's a 50 50 split brand if it's who we're thinking about or not so. i think i know you guys talking about i ain't gonna mention no names but yeah. i think i know you're talking about i think it might be the same guy because he told me it, it's kind of weird because uh, i remember uh i went to this uh doctor's office in and uh i sent him to talk to the doctor and some, somehow the other uh friend of mine was a nurse there and she told him and she said uh this guy loves pinball and uh the doctor goes he came in and me and him hit right off he goes i got uh, uh, my doctor here who works with my colleague should i say 
huge pinball nut. I bet he's got 25, 30 pins at his house. He loves talking to us. Oh my God, is he working right now? He goes, no, he's on some <laughs> other case or doing something the other end. Uh, he's removing a spleen. Yeah, yeah he's removing a spleen while he's talking about uh, stirring. <laughs> while he's so, talking uh, about, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, it's kind of weird because it, it's kind of, I come across a lot of people who, uh, I guess I hate to use the term "come out of the closet," but they kind of goes, "Oh my God, you got a pinball machine?" Yeah. Oh, they asked me about. I'm thinking about buying a pinball machine. It, it's a catalyst, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird because they come out and they start talking to me about it, and uh, it's 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 just fascinating. I I never realized what kind of hobby this was until I got into it. And like I said, more so than anything else, not just my friends, my brother. Um, I get my brother. We that's something we talk about. We we talk about family matters, but then uh, but he'll call me up just, "Hey, Larry, I." I Put some LED lights underneath my Dracula pin. That's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very it, fortunate, man. Oh very yeah, fortunate. I'm very fortunate. Uh, we we're, that's why I guess we're twins. We almost have same likes and dislikes. So uh, he got me in this crazy hobby. So well, I kind of thank him for it. You know, yeah. I, from from my perspective, you you made that point a few times, and that there are a lot of folks in my life now. You know, Whitney included for better or worse mm-hmm. that, oh, it's all for better, Brent. <laughs> all for better. All for better. That, you know, you know I, you I, love would, me? I wouldn't know from for anything if it wasn't for for the hobby and i've had a you know i've had a few other hobbies i've had you know i'm I'm kind of a car guy Mm -hmm. and some there but not so much as as it is the the kind of that fellowship among a core good group group of good folks within wholeheartedly you know yeah and you know car the car if it makes any difference you know the car side is the same thing you know uh I've I had a doctor that it's been one of my doctors forever, and I didn't realize he was a car person until yeah. somehow I made an offhanded comment, and the next thing you know, you're down this long you conversation, and yeah. you've got this other commonality, you know, that brings you kind of together. And it's weird because like, I'm not a big fan of Metallica. I love ACDC. I'm, I'm a Metallica, but uh, I uh, remember when I watched that pin and played it, I thought. I like his pin. Now yeah. I'm not a big fan of Metallica, but I love the pin, and they might bring out this Mustang. And I'll get it, and I'll play it. I might love it. I'm not a car guy, but I'll probably pay the pen and love it. Like Congo? Or like Congo, yes. You ever, you ever played yeah. Johnny Mnemonic? <laughs> a you know, great I, game. I've not, I've not played either, yeah. and I, that's another one that I hear is... I love playing Johnny Mnemonic. I love the, the class, but those are class B tiles, but you know what? I, I'm, I love the class Bs. I love class As. Yes. I love class Cs and Ds. You know, there's only a couple of pins I actually came across that I didn't really... Uh, care for but there's not very many uh the most pins i sold i wish i had back you know, I wish I had the room to keep them yeah um, well for those couple titles it seems like you know and, and everybody likes something different mm-hmm. you know um um and pe- you know obviously people have different likes some people like at all some people are ems or those seem to be the standout that and nba fast break seem to be the standout why do not why do these pins not get the quote-unquote love well, yeah. world cup soccer is another one that yes that seems to get uh you know that, that love seems that to one. be discussed in that same fashion yeah yeah i, I don't like soccer but i love that pin and yeah. we played at the first louisville arcade expo that's the one of the best pins there and uh i think uh it was a uh, I think World Cup of Soccer, and there was was a Doctor Who, was it? Doctor Who, yeah. was right next to it, and yeah. I, I never played those before, and I loved them. I Doctor, thought they was really, Doctor really Who's good. fun. Very yeah. fun pins. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing about about the, the, the Dalek on top, though, when it gets yes. rolling pretty good, yeah. it, it kind of wigged my daughter out initially, <laughs> and I can and I can understand why. She was a couple years younger at, at, at that point. I think she was six at that time, but yeah, it, I, I would love to have a Doctor Who, and I think she would... I think she would probably cotton to it a little bit better now, but yeah, I I, I go play a pinball anywhere. I, I would just uh, if I walk in this place to see it, I, I like going to my buddy's house uh, when they have a little get together. I like going and playing the, their pins just much. I enjoy them having them come on and play mine. I just yeah. uh, like I said, don't matter if you have a medieval mass or like I said, last action hero. I, I I'll play it and 
probably fall in love with them just much as I would medial mass, and that's kind of a curse because, <laughs> you know, obviously you can't get the money up all the time, and you can't have the room, but the big room. Uh, so, uh, but you do what you can. Well, I, I'd say with that, Brent, he's talking about medieval madness. I want to go play medieval madness. <laughs> I'm like wanting to bad. I'm wanting to play the Star Trek. Yeah, I'm going to play the Wizard of Oz, and I'm going to play the Star Trek, and I think I'm going to play them all until Larry kicks so, me Larry, out. So, Larry, while we're playing, if you can break down all of our equipment, I, yeah, you, you uh, watch sure. the setup. So you, you should. <laughs> Just put it all back. Just put where, it all back. Uh, sure. Just yeah. do the opposite of what we did. Exactly. Exactly. I could figure out how to unplug it, and that's about it. <laughs> hey, it. It's always easier to take it apart than it is to put it back together. But, Larry, listen, I, I, I want to say that we, we thank you for your time. It's a pleasure it's, to have you it's guys. It's been a very interesting discussion. Same here. I, I think we've covered a lot of ground, but I, I think the... The, the thing that I find the most rewarding out of this time together is just is is just hearing about you know your love for the game mm-hmm. and uh, all of that is the reason why Brent and I you know started the podcast and I think it's I think it's good it's good for the soul to and, and I think everybody will love to hear to hear this because you bring a lot of enthusiasm to it yes. and, uh, and and hopefully it, it rekindles a little bit in everybody that listens to the show you know I know it does me and so it's a it, it's really cool we thank you for it well I thank you for guys coming i had a blast uh, talking to you guys about pinball and more welcome come over anytime you want to all right well just oh, wait, don't wait, don't leave an open invitation <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah leave an open invitation <laughs> it's open and, boys i threw it on the floor well and, and for every for everybody listening you know larry is in law enforcement so larry <laughs> just don't make me ride in the cruiser if i do something bad okay and i, I don't man i can't I can't handle another just, one all right just mention your pinball nut and you're, yeah i'll get you to state line how's that sound <laughs> Then I'm out of jurisdiction and I'm good. <laughs> so listen, Larry, thanks a lot. Thank you guys. All Thank right. you very much. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Brent, we have made it to the end of another episode uh, of the podcast, and uh, I think episode number five uh, has been just as much fun. And we've gone, we've talked through a lot of interesting topics as any of the episodes uh, come before. So uh, this, this has been a good show, Brent, and I, I appreciate you sticking it through, uh, even being sick, man. It's been it's been a little taxing, but you know, I I, 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 I have fun it, doing it. Brent, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's come through. I good. Enjoy it. It's come through good, man. So it, it, well, hopefully, I sound much better to everyone out there than I sound to myself. <laughs> well, and I think that's just headphone itis there, Brent. <laughs> and if, if any coughing or gagging, or perhaps that period of time when I think I passed out on the floor, if any of that noise makes it through, yeah. I apologize for the poor quality. Yeah, I mean, Brenda, you, on this side of the mic, you was looking pretty poor there for a minute or two, no, dude. T- I'll say that it was touch and go. Yeah, it was touch and go. But no, Brent, it, you sound you sound fine. I think it came through just fine. And, and Brent, uh, you know, I, I want to give a special uh, shout out and a thanks to to Larry Pavey as well. I mean that interview i thought was fantastic in his collection brent i I hate to to use a cliched term like off the hook but brent his i mean his collection was off the hook it was it was a stellar collection it 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 was it was it was and larry you've done good there's no doubt i mean brent to walk into a collection and see essentially mint examples of medieval madness tales of the arabian nights monster bash theater of magic yeah theater of magic i mean wizard of oz scared stiff 
you know, the, the newest Star Trek, Ellie. Indiana I'm, Jones. Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. I mean, it, 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 he had an ACDC premium. I mean, just he just had fantastic games, and it was it was pretty impressive. So, like I say, that was a great interview. I had a lot of fun doing that. But, Brent, uh, real quick, before we talk about the upcoming shows and events, uh, it looks like we've had some special feedback for, for this month. And, uh, and Brent, why don't, you, why don't you lead us into that? Well, in a prior episode, I talked quite a bit about Spooky Pinball. Yeah. Big fan, big fans big, of their show. Big fan. Their, their 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 podcast is great. I mean, the work that they've done for for pinball is is great. So yeah, big fans. America's Most Haunted has yeah. come along very yeah. well. It's looking uh, great. Uh, I would encourage everyone to check out uh, Spooky Pinball's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. There's always pictures making their way up of, of yes. work that's going on. Yeah. And, and, and listen to their podcast if you're not already. I mean. Uh, like I say, Charlie and, and the gang, they put on a, a quality, quality show, and we listen to them every month. Well, when I was speaking a little bit of the history, uh-huh. or at least my understanding of the history, I had a misunderstanding as it's, to... It's all good, Brent. It's all I, good. I, I, Brent, I do it 42 times a show. What are you talking about, <laughs> man? <laughs> and uh, uh, I misstated some of Charlie's history okay. and what, uh, what work was done where and by uh, who and you know, some work that's out there, some awesome work that's out there yeah. in the the pinball community yeah. today uh, that Charlie had a hand in was actually carried out uh, at a prior employer, yeah. not necessarily by Spooky. Yeah. So, okay. okay. And, and, and something Brent, minor. And, and completely unintentional. But what was really cool about this, though, Brent, is we got an email from Charlie's son, Bug. And Bug uh, sent us uh, sent us uh, a reply and said, "Hey guys, I got something that uh, that I wanted uh, to put back in front of you and get the you know get this on the show. So uh, we've got it queued up. So Brent, why don't you uh, why don't you play what Bug sent us and let's uh, let, let's hear what the the spooky guys had to say. All right, here it comes. All right." And now, pinball words of guidance and harmony with Mr. Brian Kelly. It already sounds good, Brent. Bug from the Spooky Pinball Podcast here, pretending to be Brian Kelly, and coming to you once again from lovely Benton, Wisconsin. Charlie, this month I'd like to talk to you about podcasts. Now, there are lots of pinball podcasts out there these days. Many of them are great sources of news, entertainment, interviews, tech tips, and stories about chasing games. Just plain quality ear candy for pinball guys to absorb and digest. (laughs) What do all these quality podcasts and the people who put them together have in common? I mean, besides the obvious passion and love of pinball, of course. I listen to many of them, and here's what the quality podcasts all have in common. They aren't called the Broken Choken the Token or something podcast. I mean, who are these guys? And when your name is Whitney, I use the term guys loosely. Here comes Brent. Who in their right mind names their son Whitney? Was they hoping he'd turn out to be a pop singing diva crackhead or something? <laughs> That's it. But okay, maybe I'm being a little hard on Brent and Whitney. They sound like nice southern red, I mean gentlemen, who really love pinball. And in all fairness, I did hear them say some really nice things about my dad, our game America's Most Haunted, and Spooky Pinball's the podcast and LLC game making company. 
So thanks for the kindness of Brent and Whitney. That was super cool of you. If only That's you had sweet, gotten man. some of the facts that... straight, it would have been even better. <laughs> but hey, no worries. We understand it's hard to read your show notes with your f***ing heads that far up each other's ass. Well, that's it for now, Broken Token Podcast fans. Until next time. Ooh, Brent. What about that? My poor mom and dad. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I think. I think that boy needs to see a doctor. I'm telling you, I, you know, Brent. I, I'm going to say it. I, I'm going to say that that all had to be done in love. Brent had to be done in love. <laughs> but and all, all, all joking aside, uh, we would like to extend our sincere thanks to Charlie and his son Bug for taking the time to uh, for taking the time to do that for our show. So absolutely, yeah, uh, we re- we greatly appreciate it, and. Uh, we encourage everyone to go out to uh, the Spooky Pinball site, check out the Spooky Pinball uh, Facebook page, and we'll go ahead and include some links to that in the most show, certain, show notes certainly. for this episode as well. <laughs> well, it, they're uh, kind of tough, though, Brent, because they're stuck up one of ours. And I'm not pulling them out, Brent. I'm not, because, I mean, the notebook is kind of big, and those spirals, yeah, I that mean. Yeah, that spiral's going to hurt. <laughs> my word. Oh, my goodness. Well, man, it, like I say, Bug, Charlie, you guys knocked it out of the park, guys. Thanks a bunch for that. Appreciate you taking the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Brent, let's uh, let's let's talk about some upcoming shows uh, and events that we've got going on in the community. And I'd just like to extend the offer uh, for, for anybody, if they want to be mentioned in this segment of the show, just contact us, okay? And uh, just contact the show, uh, either via Facebook, uh, Twitter, or uh, email, uh, brokentokenatoutlook.com, and we will make sure that we get, uh, get your information uh, here in this segment of the show. But Brent, we've got, uh, we've got four upcoming uh, shows, that, that, uh, three upcoming shows and one event that I want to talk about. Uh, first and foremost is our own home, Louisville Arcade Expo. That's March 7th through the 9th, 2014, at the Ramada Plaza, Louisville, Kentucky. And Brent, I, I have heard that the hotel block is selling out very quickly. And just, uh, just as of the past couple of days, which, uh, which I know doesn't mean a whole lot to everybody listening just due to the recording date, but they have started advanced registration for the show at this point in time, okay, Mid, mid-January. I would uh, it, I would really suggest that if you, you plan on coming and staying that you tr- you try to get in and take advantage of that hotel block. Yes. Um, I don't know if you have it in front of you, Whitney, but I believe the price is $69 a it night. Is. That, that's what it is, $69 a night. And yeah. the hotel is located in the same parking lot, more or less. As, as the expo floor. As the expo floor. Yes. So you come out of the hotel and you're literally feet away from a door that takes you right into all the expo space. Yeah. And so so you get to essentially, you know, live by the madness, so to speak, for, for a couple of days. It's a fun, like I say, it's a fun time. Uh, and we, we do appreciate, again, uh, Matt and Jeremy Flights uh, you know, doing the interview with us uh, there on, on episode number four. So, Brent, some of the things that we have going on uh, while at the Expo, we are going to be recording live. We are going to have a booth set up. Uh, if everything works out okay, we might even have a little bit of swag. 
and uh, and everything should uh, everything should really uh, really work out well uh, if all of our plans kind of fall into place in time. And we're certainly working very hard on that uh, behind the scenes to make to make all that uh, to make all that happen. And uh, one of the nice things uh, as well is uh, just to kind of throw this out here is uh, Brent and I are also going to be chairing some uh, some of the panel discussions uh, that it's happening at the uh, Arcade Expo this year, and we will be recording those. And uh, Brent, if the internet uh, gods smile on us we will be streaming all of this as well okay if everything works out so we've got uh, we've got some some technical items to address before that happens but that is certainly uh, certainly the goal so live streaming live recording and uh, streaming some of the panel discussions from uh, the arcade expo this year so that ought to be a lot of fun but if nothing else We'll have the Broken Token podcast table uh, slash booth at this at this year's show. So uh, come on, say hi. Uh, sit down with Brent and I, talk for a little bit. We'll make you internet famous, uh, but uh, you won't be any more internet famous than us, which means you won't be. So, but anyway, I like to say but it because we, it sounds good. We, we can play at the end. We, we can play we, along. Oh, we, we'll just play along. It'll be fun, and you know something. If nothing else, uh, everybody uh, everybody will have a good time. And uh, it's always neat to just capture people uh, that are attending the show and uh, reliving some uh, reliving some some really good childhood memories. Now, uh, the next event that's coming up, Brent, uh, it's not a show per se, but I do want to I do want to plug this because this is one that I'm going to be involved in, and it is the uh, CAG DC or the uh, the ClassicArcadeGaming.com. Uh, classic arcade tournament. Now, uh, this is a tournament that is hosted by uh, by a personal friend of mine, uh, Mr. Jim Zespi, who runs uh, Logan Hardware in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, Jim works with the the arcade uh, the arcade tournament organizer and essentially the MC of the event, uh, Mr. Mark Alpiger. Mark lives here in Louisville. And uh, Mark, like I say, runs the tournament, organizes and works with uh, Jim in order to put this on. So what makes this special, Brent, is uh, a couple of things. First and foremost, the venue. Uh, Jim uh, runs, uh, like I say, Logan Hardware, which is a it's a um, classic style vinyl record music store with an arcade museum in, in the other half of the Logan Hardware store itself. So the reason that it's called Logan's uh, Logan's Hardware is, Brent, it is it is located in what's called Logan Square. Uh, which is a small shopping center uh, block there in what's considered the Bucktown neighborhood in Chicago. Very, it's a very historic uh, portion of, of, of Chicago, very nice. Uh, and uh, Logan's, Logan's Hardware is just a really neat place, Brent. If you, if you haven't been, and for anybody listening to the show, if they haven't been, it's, it's worth the trip just to go and see the venue in and of itself. Uh, Jim runs a very nice business, uh, takes a very good care of, of the machines and makes sure, that, uh, makes sure that, that all the tournament machines are there and ready for play. Uh, Mark, of course, is, uh, is famous. He's a uh, world record holder on, on a couple of games, most notably uh, Crystal Castles. And so uh, he was also featured on, a, on uh, a portion of the King of Kong movie, which was the, the Donkey Kong documentary. Mark, uh, in, in his tournament, is uh, really first class, Brent. I mean, his, his rule set. Uh, is uh, is documented very well. It's very fair to all the people that are playing in the arcade, especially for people like me who are who are not world record class players. But what's interesting is you will get to play right alongside world record holders, the likes of Donald Hayes, David Cruz. Uh, 
it will be there and it's just a it's, it's just a, a really neat tournament and uh you see you see players of all calibers playing at this tournament and what's cool is the way that the scores are weighted everybody has a chance to win and on top of that when you register you get to pick your own game that goes into the tournament so if you're if you are good on pole position and you want to see pole position in the tournament you get to specify a game that is guaranteed to be in the tournament so you can so you have a little bit of control over the lineup and what you choose to play so it, it's it's really good like i say this this will be the third year that i've participated in the tournament uh, and again, it is uh, it is March 28th, uh, starts on Friday, March 28th, 2014, and runs through Sunday afternoon, March the 30th. So I will make sure that I have a link to the uh, to the tournament sign up page and the uh, the more information link on the CAG DC forums. And we'll also have a link to uh, to Jim Zespi's uh, Jim Jim Zespi's uh, business, Logan Hardware, uh, in the blog uh, in the blog post as well. Would love to see some listeners uh, make that out, uh, make it out to that uh, to that particular tournament. Uh, come by and say hi. And so, Brent, we've uh, we've also got the Texas Pinball Festival, which is uh, coming up on uh, March 28th through the 30th as well. It's taking place at the same time that the CAG DC tournament is uh, is uh, is going on as well. Uh, and Brent, what is really neat about the Texas Pinball Festival is what has been announced here recently. Uh, Planetary Pinball is remaking the Medieval Madness Pinball, and uh, Planetary has announced that they are actually that they are going to have actual playable remakes of the machine there for the public to uh, you know to kind of essentially beat up and take for a test drive. What I think is needed is that this uh, that this is coming about pretty soon, uh, based upon the timing that Planetary announced remaking Medieval Madness, and fast forward to. This being mid-January 2014 when we're recording this episode and then them committing to having some playable some playable copies of, of the game, of the remake there at the end of March. I mean, that's moving pretty fast, Brent. And yeah, I think it sounds to me like they've already had some some things in the works and oh, they, were, yes. they were ready to go. They, they were ready to go. So... So on top of everything that would make the Texas Pinball Festival worth going to, and I know there are many things, you get the added benefit of being able to play the re- the, the remake of Medieval Madness probably uh, before before anybody else is going to get to play it out in the public anyway. So so that's uh, that's awesome. I I wish I could make it to there, uh, you know, to to the Texas Pinball Festival and and play that and just uh, take in what the Texas Pinball Festival is. I it's. It's a very popular show, and it seems like it's gaining momentum year after year. Man, Brent, maybe maybe sometime we can make it down. That that would be a lot of fun. And then, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Brent is uh, is our friends Preston and Patrick over at the Game Room Junkies uh, in the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, uh, Expo, and that is going down on June twentieth through the twenty second, twenty fourteen, at the Atlanta Marriott Century Center. And uh, you can just go to www.southernfriedgameroomexpo.com for more information, pre-registration, hotel information. Uh, that's that looks to be a good show as well, Brent. Uh, there's going to be uh, several uh, panel discussions. Billy Mitchell's going to be there. So Preston and Patrick look like they've done a lot of advanced work on lining up uh, I w- what I would consider arcade and pinball dignitaries, so to speak, uh, to to really make uh, to really make the show worth it, worth coming to. 
uh, on top of the arcade games and the pinball uh, pinball machines that are going to be there. So we're, uh, we're definitely going to go down for that as well. Support those guys uh, as that's uh, as that will be the the first run of the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. So we certainly want to see that uh, that show uh, thrive and uh, and happen year after year as well. Uh, Britton, I wanted to say thanks to everyone for listening to the show. We appreciate uh, everybody who's downloading the show and finding us on either iTunes or Stitcher Radio, Xbox Music, or directly off of our website. And speaking of iTunes and Stitcher, I uh, just wanted to uh, ask everyone, if you haven't taken a few minutes already to go ahead and leave us a, leave us a review and rate the podcast, uh, please consider doing so. It really helps us to get noticed, and it, and it increases our reach greatly. Uh, we're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Broken Token Blog. Uh, we're on Twitter at Broken Token, and, of course, on our website at www.brokentoken.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you all next month, and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us, podcast at brokentoken.com. Follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog. Want to talk to us in person? Call us, 502 517-7199 and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token Podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com, that's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com, for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. Well, Whitney, we're back. We've made it to episode five. Brent, we... (laughs) Start over. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to go get make you a pie or get you a sandwich or something? Ham sandwich. Yeah, I need me a ham sandwich. All right, we'd like to welcome everybody back. Uh, This shoot. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't. I don't really know where I want to go with this afterwards. So. And this this stretches back for folk, guys like me or girls mm-hmm. like me. Well, girls like me. <laughs> so are there any females out here that would be like listening and tinkering with things? Like where are my ladies at? <laughs> <laughs>